Hey, this is Scotty Young. You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 500. What's up? You'd think after 500 we would have got it down by now. Do you remember what you just answered? What you just just ordered him to do. I don't order anyone to do anything. That's the misconception. And they're crushing me, and I I can't Oh, you're such a jerk, dude. Why did you do that? (laughs) No, I'm a jerk! 500 episodes, I'm finally a jerk. You're cute, but you're a jerk. Yeah. yeah. And here, I, I, I made a special trip... To somewhere tonight, just to make you smile. Ooh, I did. You made me smile when I, I, I know, I know, you, I know. You did. You absolutely did. And I, I love you for it. And I'm really looking forward to it. I just, I, I had to set my alarm for 11:30 because I have to wake Renee up so she can take her, uh, the, the next antibiotic. Dang! You got the blanket over there. She, she we had to rush to the dentist during. Uh, uh, this afternoon, infection. Ugh. Yeah. You should wash it off before you guys indulge in your little activities, David. Oh, dang. Oh, dang. <laughs> coming in hot. <laughs> coming, in, coming in hot for 500. Why is I guess so... we all get to be jerks tonight. Why is he so quiet? Who, me? <laughs> yeah, you. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh man, I get to like I get to be on an episode where you two you two are uh, you two are 500. Yeah, Jason, you would have loved it. My son has a fantasy basketball team. Okay, and I guess he he just lost his shit about it mm, about a half an hour ago. Mm-hmm. Somebody on his fantasy team broke his leg or his ankle 
right on right during the game and they showed it like his foot was all flopping around and oh, this, and this this is this guy is on Vinny's fantasy oh, team and now Gordon Hayward yeah 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 oh. yeah 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 so now he's not he's oh, fit to be tied rough. yeah the Celtics just signed him to a massive deal oh, oh. so wait that's rough so now he's depending on his recovery he could be oh, out for oh yeah, the whole but just a oh, year yeah he's done yeah, but yeah, yeah, but I mean, but this, this today is the today is the start of the NBA season, so it can't get any worse. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. that's that poor guy. Yeah, and a lot of times, like a thing, like a lot of times, a thing like this. I mean, we you've we've seen players. I mean, who uh, just like Penny Hardaway was one of those players, right? Like one of the biggest stars in the NBA, and then had a little leg. How he had a problem with was it a knee or ankle? What, what did he have issues with? I think it was his knee, but yeah, yeah. 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 But I mean, it just like a thing propped up, and then it was it kind of never got back. Like, yeah, uh, you know, the, the, that's it's tough stuff. It is, man. I mean, like I said, they, they Celtics just signed him to a massive deal, a max deal, meaning the, the NBA has uh, only NBA has a salary cap, and they give him the most money you're legally allowed to give him. And so, really poor Celtics because uh, the the thing about NBA contracts is they're guaranteed. This is guaranteed, right? So, they see that. So he's taking up. He's making his thirty right. million no matter what. But uh, yeah, they let, he's going to lay hands on every dollar of that no matter what. Thirty million down the drain for the Celtics. Yeah. Damn. Damn. Wow. Damn. You, you know what else is a massive deal? <laughs> no, dude. How it's five hundred episodes? No, it's not time for that. Do not do not assume that I was going there. You know what else is a massive deal? <laughs> this. This is a huge deal because it's 11 o'clock comics, episode 500, like Scotty said. And I am Vince B. So happy. Oh. I was more happy before we started this, but I'm still reasonably happy right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still mediocrely medium level happy. I'm amused. I'm still amused. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still here. I am David A. Price. Sexy yes, you bastard. are. Oh my, nothing changes. <laughs> and because I'm bringing the evolution, I'm the high evolutionary. Ah, oh, that's nice. But you're not the high evolutionary. Mm-mm. You're Jason Wood. And we have a little bit of a surprise. Well, we actually have a lot of surprises for you this episode. But the first one is leading off this episode, piloting the good ship EOC. We love him so much. Um, I hate fairyland. Oz, a bunch of books. He is incredibly prolific. He's an amazing talent, and he's our friend. We are so mm-hmm. glad to call him friend. It's Scotty Young. What's up, guys? Yes, yes. 500. You guys made it to 500. 500. It, it ain't no thing. We're, we're going to be doing 1,000, then we'll be doing 1,500. It's not, it's not a big deal, but to some people it is, so we're going to live it up a little bit this episode. Yeah. Love it, love it, love it. I'm just going to treat it like an ordinary episode. No, you're not. I don't think that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's a a blatant falsehood. No, seriously. That's like saying saying you're never going to like Marvel ever again. I've been... That's a lie. You're all ganging up on me. My rectum is stretched. (laughs) Um, Oh, it's going to be. Actually, I've been working on this since uh, Friday. Oh, as I say, the day after Mm -hmm. your Comic-Con. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And you don't have to put all your eggs in one basket to get cheap comics and brick a brack from the previews catalog. All you got to do is go where? Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. That's DCBService.com. You get all your favorite stuff at a fraction of the retail cost. For instance, from DC, 
It is The Lobo by Keith Giffen and Alan Grant, trade paperback volume one, which implies there will be more than one, thank God. It uh, is a twenty four ninety nine trade paperback, but you can have it for Jason. How much? Uh, twelve ninety nine. Twelve forty nine. But you were close. Close. That's good. Close. Yes, you save fifty percent. That's amazing. That's From Dynamite, it's uh, Mike Carey, Kenan Yanar or Yarar. I don't know who that is. Um, with gorgeous covers by Kenneth Rocafort. Uh, Joseph Michael Lindsner and others. It's Barbarella, number one, a mature reader's title, three ninety nine cover price. David, what can they buy it for? Oh, oh, one ninety nine. One ninety nine, and I'm finally glad that I have someone who understands the brilliance of this show in the house. From Boom, uh, written by Ryan Ferrer and Casey Green. Art by Ian McGinty. It is the very first issue of Rocco's Modern Life. Right, Scotty? Oh, I love that. There I you can't go. Wait to grab that. See? Uh cover price, three ninety nine. But Scotty, what can they get it for? Well, one ninety nine, is that the is That's, that the Yeah, you got it. Right on the nose. DCB <sighs> service. I, like, I I basically work for the company right now. You're the best. <laughs> I'm on the marketing team. DCBService.com does not mind late orders or order additions, and you get your books all shipped right up and safe and sound and delivered to your door. They don't bring a pizza, but they do bring comics, so it's better. Mm. Yeah, why? Come on. Comics are better than pizza. Pizza's pretty good. It is, but pizza is like a second on the lips. Comics are a lifetime in a brown Uh, cardboard box. Comics, Comics greater than pizza. Wow. Y'all didn't know that they call that that my nickname is Pizza Young, so we'll we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> yeah, but you make your Skrilla off them comics, son. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. And I spend it on pizza. That's right, baby. <laughs> but wait, wait, wait. Are we talking Chicago pizza or, or other or normal pizza? pizza. pizza. He didn't say cake. He didn't say Nah, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, there's only one there's only one place in Chicago that I'll do like the Chicago esque style of pizza, and that's at uh, Pequod's. Uh, it's amazing. All the other, all the other places I, I clown, like Giordano's and Gino's and all those places that everybody, Lou Malnati's or whatever, and like all that stuff is not my jam at all. Like you said, it's just like, that's just like cheese pie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think we did have Pequod's while we were there. Pequod's the- is out of this world. Huh. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, yeah. let's get this ball rolling. Scotty, since you are yeah, what's the, up? the guest of honor right now, what are you drinking? I am drinking some sort of Pinot Noir. I forgot to even look what what kind it was before I came down to the basement. I just poured a glass real quick and and uh, came down. I meant to bring the bottle so I could, you know, because you guys were doing the episode. I didn't know in what I didn't know if there'd be more people or whatever, so I didn't know I'd catch the drink roll call around. So mm-hmm. I didn't look. You still so it's do just it pe- just some sort of Pinot Noir. You know, it's good enough for me. Getting that red wine on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey guys, uh, this is uh, Frank from Boston here. Uh, just want to thank you for putting on a great show year after year. Been listening since uh, episode one, since the Bolton Bolton days. Um, I've got my daughter Robin here with me, and uh, we both listened to your review of Frank Miller's uh, Dark Knight, uh, The Master Race. And uh, we both enjoyed your review very much. Um, uh, Robin had one thing to tell you about it. It's not going to work, Hal. You got no hand. 
Once again, thank you very much, and we will uh, be listening in the future. Later. Bye. Well, then speaking of good enough for you, Vince, what are you drinking? Why, I'm very glad you asked, David A. Price, because with you in mind, I stopped oh. off at the uh, the liquor store after work because you only do episode 500 once, so I figured I'd, I'd, I'd go, <laughs> well, okay. Once, twice a week, but okay. Yeah. You figured I would uh, get some grape to make you smile, and I did. This is the uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, rich, rich and balanced from, and I hope you don't laugh because I liked the label, so I bought it. That's the, how the, I buy most of mine. Okay. The winery is called Barefoot? Yep. Have you ever heard of them? Oh, yes. I've had it. Oh, do you like it? It is not bad. Yes. No, I do like it. I do oh, like it. Oh, good. It says um, it? Barefoot Most Awarded Wine Brand. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't care about any of that. I just, you know, I'm concerned with the taste. I think it's really good. Nice. Yeah, and it's not bread. I I have not. No, it is not bread. It's not liquid bread. It's not <laughs> bread in a can. I I uh, I had some actually one ended in August. Um, there were little gift bags for everybody of of um, barefoot bread. And white, and and we grabbed a bunch of. Uh, I believe it was Pinot, but we grabbed a bunch of red on our way out. And, they had um, that there too. Yeah, it's it's. But I, I aside from that, I hadn't had barefoot in a while because I've been trying anything else that uh, catches my eye. But but I do I do like the barefoot. It is not it it's not expensive. It's it, but it the most important thing is it tastes good. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying it. It was twelve bucks. Yeah, I buy, I, I buy all my wine based on the label. Cool. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a yeah. good company. Yeah, and sometimes and, it bites me in the ass, but right. I thought no, but, I'm looking at the label and it has gold leaf on it, so yeah. I'm thinking that's not necessarily a cheap thing to do, print wise. So <laughs> if they can afford gold leaf, then why are you laughing, Jason? It's not cheap. Um, <laughs> and and it, and it has this Prince fan. There are sommeliers all over the world just shutting off their their eye devices right now. <laughs> Whatever. They are. If they don't know me by now, then they shouldn't That's be true. surprised. I love I mean, that there's I love that there's Somalis <laughs> right now listening to eleven o'clock comics. Oh, there's definitely a subgroup. We have probably every 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 job covered. Jason, you didn't do it this week. You were supposed to be that person from last week that you didn't do, and oh, now you didn't do it again. Damn, I just listen, damn, I just damn. Li- I just listened to that this morning, so I actually know oh. that you that you did blow it. Bollocks! You're right. <laughs> Completely forgot. Well, here's something you can't blow. What are you drinking? Ah, well, I I I want to do a little something special. It is episode 500, so we we started the show in May of 2008. God damn, I know, crazy, right? So I we have we have everyday wines, and then we have special occasion wines. So I ordered a special occasion wine a couple weeks ago in anticipation of this. And I poured my wife a glass of it so she wouldn't get mad and feel salty. Then I took the <laughs> bottle upstairs. This is Kilsada Creek 2008 Cabernet Sauvignon from Columbia Valley, Washington. And you might be saying, what's special about it? Well, it's Wine Spectator's Wine of the Year from 2008. It's uh, the only 2008 cab that got a 99 from them. 
And I figured it would be fitting to drink the best wine I could find from 2008 to celebrate our, our, our humble beginnings. So fancy. Oh, that's very thoughtful of you. Right? There we go. You know what's funny know. about I didn't realize that you guys you guys kicked off in in May of 2008 because it's that's interesting seeing as like uh two of you had a different podcast. Well, actually three of you guys at the time had different podcasts and this was kind of like a new life of podcasting for in mm-hmm. May of 2008 and in May of 2008 is when Casey and I left Chicago after 10 years and then went out oh, wow. and uh, like live where we live now. So also kind of like restarted our life in May of 2008. So everything that happened since then has been like the part of this new life. Uh, so it's interesting that, that these two things sync up at the exact same time. Auspicious indeed. Yes. Yeah. Well, I kind of feel like I should, I, I need to run downstairs then and change mine. It, <laughs> it, it kind of, it doesn't, it sort of ties into what y'all are drinking. Miller uh, light. This is, that's the champagne. Appears. The, uh, I, I saw this this afternoon and I figured it's episode 500. I'm going to kind of treat myself, try something different. And this is Amador Whiskey Company Double Barrel. It's Kentucky Bourbon Whiskey finished with Napa Valley Wine Barrels. So I got I, I got the little, little, little touch of wine in there. There is a slight hint in what I'm drinking, but it, it flips what I was drinking last week. I was going to say, last week, last week, weren't you drinking wine that was out of like a bourbon barrel? Yes. That's his jam now, yeah. Was it yeah. really good? It, it was. It, it's not the best I've had. The the um, the um the Mandavi isn't the best. I, I've had others that are lim- were limited edition at the time, so I can't get – Apothic also makes one called Inferno. That – that's that's got a little bit of a sting to it, but um, ooh, I'm into overall, that. You guys got me, yeah. you guys got me feeling like I got a problem because I'm listening to the episode like on my way to the studio like eight this morning, and I'm like at eight a.m. like oh, I kind of maybe I'll mm, I kind of want to drink some of that right now. Like, yeah. like why is that? Why is bourbon barrel wine sounding good to me in the car at, at while I'm getting, like a, <laughs> a car, like a low yeah. carb at Hardee's on the way to the studio. <laughs> Uh, but no, this is this is good. So I decided to flip it, and 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 I'm glad. I might actually run downstairs and, and have some wine in a little bit. But I think uh, I think we're all choosing wisely this evening. Wow, no scorn, so no no so division this episode. So we're nope. good. Nope. We're good. Nope. That's right. All right. Well, if if uh, no one has thank yous, let's segue. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. I mean, we should uh, premise uh, for those that that are new to the show, which I can't imagine there's, there's many listening to 500 that are new. But just in case, uh, we're going to be a little um, more than usual um, all up in our each other's business this this week. We're going to celebrate the the 500, and uh, so we've got some special things planned. Um, and then we'll be back to our regular programming next week. Yeah. Where we'll talk all about the comics. Yeah, I shudder to think how long this episode is going to be. Uh, when Everybody all, needs to strap in, rest up. Yeah, when all is said and done. jam on your commute. Actually, you know, that's, I, think, I, I think we do have some thank yous in the form. Um, I'm, I'm going to say thank you to everyone who called in this episode yes yes i'm i'm going through the uh 
the voicemails, and uh, there are a lot of them. So in an effort not to have a voicemail every five minutes in this episode, regardless of the length, what I'm going to do is I'm going to um, include enough to to make it fun, but should I have some left over, which I inevitably will, I'm going to yeah. play those in 501 and 502. Like I'm going to stretch it out. You'll, you'll hear your voicemail, maybe just not in, in 500. Right, because I'm thinking it's going to be like a six-hour show to begin with, and we and and the more trickled in this afternoon, so it it's doesn't look like it's going to stop anytime soon. Right. But I I def- I I appreciate you knowing that you know it's it's maybe overkill or just it it's not necessarily what uh, what everybody tunes in to listen to. But we definitely appreciate everybody who did take the the time yeah. to give us a call. Well, there's a couple hysterical ones. Of course there are. Yeah. Good, and, good. And very good. Without, without giving it away, um, have we been getting any from our old school m- frequent yes. callers into the hotline? Yes. Yes. Nice. That, w- that was the big surprise nice. um, as I was editing them. See, I'm kind of dumb. I just – oh, I import the, the audio file into my editor and I don't listen to it before I import it. Um, so – which is kind of – stupid because a lot of the times people screw up and they're like i'll call back and by that point i've already edited the first half of it um but so i'm listening to this voice and i said i i remember this voice and it was someone who used to make me laugh back in the day and now he called not once but twice excellent yes and all the ones you think you would assume would call called except for one and i don't know whether it's uh, in the batch that came today but I haven't heard from Dallin. Yes, it is. Oh, he's in there. He's yeah. I saw I saw the email attachment and and he does. Oh, I did good. see his name. I didn't listen to it, but yes, good. It's no. There. So okay, you, so I can sleep. Dallin. I can sleep soundly tonight. Then yes, you can. One of the things that uh, I did uh, because I'm a data nerd is go through our archives and our Libsyn feed and descriptions to pull up little fun. Fun facts about uh, the show. Neat. And I'm going to throw out one off the jump. So let me first say that um, I guess technically the person to miss the most episodes of the four uh, of the four original co-hosts would be Chris since he left the show. <laughs> so <laughs> yes. he, he, he takes the prize on that one. Far oh, right under the, the bus. Winner. That's great. But, but, yeah. <laughs> no, but of the three of us that still remain, uh, not, not surprisingly, I have missed – Far more episodes than y'all have. Um, in fact, in looking at it, I'm good for at least four or five missed episodes a year, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, sounds about. So right. I'm going to ask now. This is interesting. If we had to guess, what would be the first episode that King Dap missed, and would you remember what time frame it was that I missed? That I. We knew ahead of time I couldn't make it, or because I don't know. I'm reading the reviews that you weren't on, dude. No, no, I know there were episodes. I'm just saying, like there were there were episodes where he was either here at the start, which obviously we wouldn't be counting those. But um, okay, well then let me let me couch this because I'm I'm talking about episodes where in the show notes Vince mentions that you're not you weren't part of the episode. Well, that could also be Vince just being funny, but um, no, hmm. no, no, this was you not being there. Okay, I listened, I checked. Riveting. What, what is what is going on? 
<laughs> a riveting. Yeah, by asking, well, do you mean it's like a cross? No, that's fine. Nobody heard a word of that. Scotty, why don't you guess what episode? Oh, it was? Uh, let, let me reach into the riveting uh, lobe of my brain and say 253. <laughs> I'm just it's guessing. Big, you have a guess. Yeah. Um, the first episode David missed, since I have never done a show with just Jason alone, it would mean that we had a third, which would probably... Was it with me? I'm thinking, yeah, it was with you, yeah. I don't believe it was with Scotty. I I believe uh, it was... It was early. I'm not cheating. I don't have it up. Okay. Uh, it was it was early in our run. Um, it was around this time, actually, the year I believe it was maybe. I want to say it was maybe Zach who was on the episode. Maybe Tom Caters. Um, but I remember, I remember the discussion going around because um, it was going to be somewhat of a themed episode, and and I knew I wasn't going to be part of it. Okay. Well. It was way back in May 2009. Okay, so it wasn't Halloween. Episode 55. Okay. And your memory's pretty good. You missed the episode, and I brought it up now because it also happened to be the very first time our illustrious guest, Mr. Scotty Young, joined us. I knew, like, I knew that, I knew that there for a while my appearances on the show were when one of you guys were always gone. (laughs) That is true. Yeah, because I remember it, it for a while. Yeah, yeah, it was really it was a while before I ever was on with the whole group. Mm-hmm. And you also were correct, App, that it wasn't. There was no way we could replace you with just one guest. So it was Scotty and Tom Caters. Okay. Although it was not Tom's first appearance, it was in fact his third appearance. Hey uh, guys, uh, this is uh, Christopher Neesman. Uh How's it going? Uh, I hope you guys are all right. Hey, listen. Um, you know, I'm 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 through fooling around. Uh, you know, I didn't really mean it. You know, um, you know, I've been wanting to get back in. Uh, I I I uh, sold off all my hero clicks, and um, I just burned the ruckus stuff. I just burned it. I just burned it all. And um, you know, and I'm and I'm not drinking. Until two o'clock in the afternoon nowadays. So, I was hoping that you guys would, uh, you know, take me back and, uh, you know, we could get back in to the show and everything. And, uh, you know, uh, Vince, you know, I, you know, I've been trying to try to call you and text you and stuff. You know, maybe maybe you change your number. I don't know. Um, but, um, you know, you know, give me a ring, uh, drop me a line, send me an email. You know, whatever you're gonna do. Um, and so, you know, let me know. Uh, love, love to, love to, love to talk to you soon. And, um, hey, uh, meanwhile, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of out of a ride right now and I'm kind of stuck. So, could somebody, could somebody give me a ride? Now, here's a much tougher one because I didn't even remember this ever happening. When did Vince first miss an episode? Um, it was a while. It, 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 I think it took a while. Mm-hmm. Um, was it, uh, 
2013? Not quite that long. 2012? No, then no, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Vince, you missed episode 169 in July of 2011. Wow, that's not bad. Not bad. Not go, bad at go all. Go me. But I we think... did not have a guest. We did not have a guest. Wow. To replace you. It was just you and David? No, Chris. No, it was Chris and David. Oh, Chris, and Chris, Chris recorded it. Nice. Mm-hmm. I think it's safe to say that the person that has the lock on most appearances is Scotty Young. I am not done going through the archive because it's a long archive, but I would say based on muscle memory and what I've found so far, yes, Scotty does hold the title for most appearances. My man. Yeah, fists in the air like what? So now <laughs> now you know why you blew up because, you know, you're out. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> it. Yeah. That's you guys crushed now, it. Now, one last one. One last one before we move into something else. Uh, there's more. Can you remember the first episode that we had a guest and who was it? Phil Hester. Oh, 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 oh stop. Was Tom, <laughs> K- was Tom Caters Tom Caters your first guest? You are half correct. Tom and Sal? Nope. No, Tom, it, was it? it was Tom, though, right? Yes. I knew Tom was your first. Was it? I keep wanting to say so how can How can he be half correct? Oh, there were two. Oh. Two. Was it like Ron or something or Josh nope. or something? Nope. Well, who was I was it? I was legit stunned by this. I, I didn't remember this. Who? who, who I know Sal was on at one point. It's Episode Sal. fifteen, August two thousand and eight. While it was I was absent from the episode, and you you had on Tom Caters and Mister Jefferson Workman. Oh yeah, step. that's right. Yep. I, I miss Jefferson. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll cutting them hairs. Yep. Yes, sir. Yep. Making people pretty. Cool. So, all right, there you go. That's that was fun. That's cool. <laughs> What's wrong with you? You're messed up, man. I am. Really I'm just so happy to have Scotty here. I feel like you guys. I feel like I should be cut in on some of this Patreon action. Then. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. We're cutting on some of that. I hate fairly money. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. It's only money. We'll, I'll tell you. We'll give you. We'll give you. We'll give you two two percentage points of our of our net. And you give us two percentage points of your net. Call it a day. So Scotty, we're invited to the I Hate Alien premiere. We're good. This was your first New York Comic Con. What was the takeaway? Uh, it was yeah. What was the takeaway this year? You know what? It was good. Um, you know, everybody everybody really talks crazy about this con. Especially like uh, creators who attend it seem to really not like it that much. Um, so everybody's like, uh, they almost like everybody kind of reluctantly, you know, or you know, just like begrudgingly does it. And so every time I'm like, oh, it's my first time, I'm like, oh, I hate this con. Like everybody, right? Um, and I, I mean, I understand some of it. Like you know, the Javits is definitely in, in a weird place, um, and you know, there's no centralized location where everybody hangs out and meets up. So. You know, for the normal things that people usually get out of cons, I could see why maybe you don't like that. But and again, I never experienced the last Artist Alley, so I have no comparison. Um, but I don't know. I enjoyed it. I mean, the, I had not only was this my first New York Comic Con, this was my first New York signing ever. Um, what? I don't know how. I, yeah, I have no idea how wow. in 
in 16, 17 years in this business, I've never done a store signing or a convention in New York City. Um, I've done it some on the East Coast, you know, Boston and, and, and Baltimore and, you know, Annapolis and, and some other places on the East Coast, but never in New York. So, uh, so to say that like people had been waiting for a while would be putting mm-hmm. it lightly. It was awesome. Like the, the, the response and the, and the fans and everything were just awesome. Like, um, but also, you know, with, with with the amount of people that that show up at these things now, I, I've kind of fi- finally I finally cracked my convention code. Like I figured out a good schedule that allows like me to pretty much sign something for nearly everybody who who comes, but also not be there nine hours a day to the point where you know I might start getting shitty. Right. Um, because at some point, you know. At some point, eight hours into a day of of uh, of, of being on, it there's a good ch- you know, especially in a room that was hot like that. It, I mean, you guys were there; like it was a very hot room. Like, you know, like an hour into my first signing, I was like, I hope people don't notice that both of my arms are basically have yeah. like a, a straight sh- like sheen of sweat on it. You know, um, so you know, I do two. I usually do two two to three hour signing blocks each day at whatever convention I go to where I do two or three hours in the morning, take a break for lunch, actually be able to go, you know, you know, the, the days of like sitting behind the table, trying to scarf down a gross pizza, uh, or hot dog while people are still walking up to get into signing. I had to kind of do away with that. So I kind of do, you know, a two or three hour block in the morning, take a two hour lunch. Uh, you know, that gives me a chance to have a meeting if I need to, uh, or meet up with friends that I haven't seen for a while or, you know, and you go have a beer or whatever, uh, and then come back and do another two or three hour block in the afternoon and then get out of there in time to kind of beat the rush, get back to your hotel, like refresh. Cause there's always some sort of dinner or a business dinner or some sort of, you know, industry situation that you've got to go take part. Of. So I figured out a way to kind of like get to do all these things in a timely manner to where almost all conventions seem the same a little bit now. Um, but I will say, man, I mean, Hey, New York's great place to visit, right? Like you come in, it's got great food. There's a, there's a cool bar every three doors. <laughs> like, um, so I don't know. I had a great time and the people that like the, 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 the people that came out and stood in line and came and saw me, they were just awesome. Like it, it was, I, I had a blast. I never really went upstairs other than I did a signing at the CGC booth one day, but I did really walk around up there much to see what was going on. So I don't know if I missed anything, but uh, I, I, it was great. I thought it was, it was, it was cool. I said we were hovering around, uh, Felix's row, which included yeah. you most of the time. Mm-hmm. And I'll say seeing the people come up to you, like you instantly make people smile. You don't even open your mouth. You don't even put pen to paper. They come up to you and they're smiling. And I said, uh, I, I have family members who don't smile when they see me like this like it's 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 amazing you just there's like such a goodwill between your fans and and like you without a word being uttered it's it's incredible you know i think yeah i I appreciate you saying that and you know i just think it comes down to the fact that you know for a good portion of my career i've done you know i've 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 worked on fun books you know and so i I feel like the kind of people who who get down with my stuff are already kind of in that headspace, you know, they're, mm-hmm. I mean, I do the, I do the baby covers. I've done rocket. I do odds. I, you know, I do I fairyland. I do the little Marvel. So, so it's like, 
if you're into that stuff, you're already you're ready to have a good time. You know, you're kind of I, I feel like you're in the headspace mm-hmm. to be to be to be enjoying yourself, and and this is a kind of about fun for you. So, um, yeah, it's it's definitely a cool vibe. It definitely helps. It definitely helps. Uh, you know, make the day a lot funner when you can have some fun with people and everybody's everybody's excited to see you. And 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 I love I love being able to sit around and share stories. I mean, the amount of I mean, I'm the, I'm like the king of people, you know, covering their baby's nurseries and they've got a baby on the way and they're getting married and my art was on their invitation or whatever. So there's, there's a lot of cool things that I get to take part in, you know, a lot of, a lot of big life moments that my weird little art gets to take part in that, that makes me feel pretty good. Yeah. So not too many guys in line bitching about you killing their new warriors. Oh no, that's long gone. Those days are long gone. Man. We'll see. We'll see now that there's a TV show coming out based on uh, me and Seth's run. Now, now we're gonna they love us. <laughs> so, Scotty, yeah, you, 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 you handle you handle the signing like a boss. And uh, all kidding aside, you do do it well, and it seems like everybody, um, you know, comes away with a smile on their face. One of the things that we noticed this this New York Comic Con was the. Um, the back of Artist Alley had um, a certain company that specializes in signatures for 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 for, pri- for signings, you know, like like. Yeah. Uh, and it seems like there's a trend now where um, I guess more and more both writers and and cartoonists are um, through handlers are charging for signatures, and mm. so I, do, I mean. Do you ever get approached to do that kind of thing? And and also, like, what are the parameters? What are your thoughts on it? I mean, is it from your vantage? Is it just more about when people want CGC? Is it like X number of books? Is it like, do you think it's a, a, a good idea for people to do this? Should there be a limit? I mean, uh, yeah, I've been approached definitely, and and uh, you know, I know and 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 friends with the the people you, that you mentioned, and um, me and Jason, me and Jason Aaron have had this conversation a lot. Um, I personally am again, none, nothing I'm about ready to say is my statement on the business, the industry. This is all my table. This is all me and mm-hmm. my, 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 my jam. So mm-hmm. I, I have found it to be so difficult to bring myself to charge, to sign my name. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just one of the things that I feel like it's I I don't I mean and again I'm about I'm about my business so it's not like I'm like uh but I like this these are this is one of the areas that now this is where I'm starting so I don't like that 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 I I've approached a lot like oh I can't believe because like, I give there's a, there's a lot of parts to this answer. I don't like that that I feel like that's the way that everything's going because mm-hmm. I have a lot of people come up to me like I'll sign one book and they're like how much do I owe you and I'm like oh like nothing like <laughs> you right. know like and they're like oh my god thank you like it's it's changed that fast you know it's changed so fast that people expect to have to pay now um, and so the best thing that I've been, but 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 I've also found myself in a hard spot because I do I've done so many covers over the last five or six years that I've had to create a limit or else uh, I was getting myself in a, in a tough zone where people were coming up with literal, you know, short and long boxes and sometimes, you know, lit wagons full mm-hmm. of comics. Um, so I found that I will do 10 for free, right? So 
I have a 10, 10 book limit. I, I, I feel like 10 items, like that's a lot to get signed by a person that should be fun. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. I feel like anything past 10, like it's, it's cool if you want that, but I feel like it's unnecessary. Again, I'm not judging you if you want more than 10, but I'm just saying like, I feel like you shouldn't walk away unhappy if you just got 10 things signed by somebody, <laughs> you know? Right. And so, so, so far I've kept my limit at 10. Um, I do, I do charge. I have started to charge if you are CG seeing it, she CG seeing it mm-hmm. because again, this is just, this is just for me. The people who tend to come and get books slabbed for me are flipping them and they are, they are not making small money. So, yeah. uh, and, and, you know, so they'll come up and they'll have 10 of the same book or, you know, they'll have five of the venom, venom pool ones that I did, which is, you know, like a $600 book if you slab it and sell it, if it's signed by me. So, um, and even then I'm just like, okay, give, you know, $10, like give me $10 if you're going to CGC these books and people who do think they, they don't flinch. They're like, well, of course. Yeah. Cause we're, we're in a business mode right now. Um, so, uh, I found that that now, again, outside of that, will I make separate arrangements? Sure. Like, you know, I, I, this time around we had CGC go up and drop, you know, people drop everything off at the actual CGC booth. Then I just went up there and I signed dozens and dozens and dozens of books and just took care of it like that. Um, so the, everybody at my table was mainly just there. They had their 10, they, they knew the limit. They were fine with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, do I, you know, am I, you know, I'm not cr- I'm not a crazy stickler. I mean, I, I probably hesitate to say this, but like, if you come back in line the next day, you got another ten. I'm gonna sign them. You know, like I'm, this is it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not like there's no there's no security or anything. This is a like this. I'm at a I'm a, a cartoonist at a comic book convention. This is like that's the weird thing for me, right? Like, this is kind of it's and this is where Jason, Aaron, and I have talked a lot about this. Like, we still want. I don't. There's a part of me that doesn't like that we're creating such giant walls between mm-hmm. us and the people who read the books that we make, you know. And I feel like some of that thing where we're starting to charge for everything for me feels like I am going to start. I would then start building a wall up between me and the people who you know have basically made me be able to do this, you know. Right. Uh, and, and it's, so it's something that I, I, I got to keep an eye on it. I've got to watch to make sure nothing gets out of hand or whatever, but I feel like I've got a pretty solid thing going. Um, but I also feel like it's, it's, it's a, I don't know where that's going to be in, let's say five years, like in five years, will people be able to literally afford any of this? Like, like, you know, if you go to a convention and you want your book side, are you going to be able to, like, are you going to set aside $600? to just get autographs like because in five years i feel like that's what it's going to be right like or we're going to train people to not want to come and get autographs like if anything you know we might be in the danger of anybody but flippers um you know won't even bother with that side of things anymore so are we going to again are we going to create a paywall so high that 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 what artist alley and all that kind of thing used to be is no more um I don't know. You know, these are all just guesses. So for me, for now, I don't know. I like I said, I, I I like to keep it as free as possible without letting people, you know, take advantage. Uh, you know, and mm-hmm. like I said, pull up pull up a suitcase. You know, right? Yeah. Now, I mean, go ahead. Go ahead when did I was this... just going to ask what you guys thought that you what you two thought about this whole thing because you guys know that I'm I'm uh, 
I, I try not to get too alarmed about the business stuff uh, these days and just enjoy the comics. But I, I did think that it felt at New York Comic Con like, and Scotty made the point that it's it's gone from zero to sixty. It felt to me like it went from people sometimes charging, depending, and some CGC stuff to being okay. Now this is a business. Like we're going to all charge, and it's a business, and we're going to have handlers to make sure it stays a business. And I think for now it seems okay, but. But again, a lot of people come and, and you know, they, they have a budget and they spend 60, 70, 80 bucks to get in the con. And, you know, they maybe have five books of their five favorite creators and they just want them signed for posterity. And, right. you know, will the 10 bucks or five bucks turn them off to that? And look, I mean, Dap, I don't want to speak for you, but I know that you, you know, you had a, you had some books that you were going to get signed and, and, uh, and then you found out the guy was charging and you were like, well, that's cool. I'm not going to bother with that. So just wondering, do you, do you guys, are the hairs on the back of your neck sticking up over this too, or, or, or not so much? It, 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 it's, I don't have a hard and fast rule. I don't, mm-hmm. it's, it's not, I'm never going to say never. Um, it would really kind of depend on the situation. I, for example, I didn't, uh, on a particular creator who I'm pretty sure, you're implying was Chris Claremont and, mm-hmm. and he, he always had people online ready to get something signed by him. And, and, and that's great. I know I'm also, I remember when you know, I, I used to collect baseball cards during, during the eighties and, and it was Don Russ and it was, it, it was, it, that was usually the main brand i went for because everybody had tops but then upper deck started coming out and they had the holograms and then that's when upper deck memorabilia started coming out and i knew that at at um at conventions or autograph sessions that even if you bought a ticket and you wanted to get something signed by your favorite athlete there was usually a charge so i've always been aware that people were charging for their signatures it's never been something that. I've seen artists do at conventions because normally you're buying your sketchbook or you're buying a print or you're buying or you're getting you're 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 paying for a sketch or getting a commission. So if they're going to they'll, they'll go ahead and sign something you're bringing anyway. So it was never really something I came across with any artists. Writers, I can kind of understand because it it's not like they have a whole lot to sell on the spot that they have the books and and that either they publish or that their publishers comp them that they can sell. Um, or some writers will have stacks of scripts you can buy. And again, I don't know if that's really, I, I don't know if a lot of writers print a script one time and that's the only hard copy of that script in existence. Oh, I whereas, think so, yeah. So, so yeah, whereas Nick Tregata, he works East of West digitally, but you can buy, same thing with Giselle. She'll, she'll sell you that page from, from Jem, from Archie, from anything she's worked on, she'll sell that page one time, and and now you have it. it it's a one of a kind. It's the original art, more or less, from that book. So, um, you know, scripts are kind of. I, I I I'm not sure how I really feel on the whole scripts thing, but I, I understand writers wanting to charge for autographs. Some some writers, I I can kind of I, I, I give them the benefit of doubt, and I'll say, All right, you know what. I, I the the um, the co-creator of the Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider, who was who seems to always who used to have a table and in, in Chicago, and you know it he had the whole cease and desist where where, where Marvel you know it's basically 
you can't say you're the creator anymore. And but I knew that if he was charging for signatures, I, I think that's legitimate because I, I not too many people are banging his door down. We're banging down his door to, to, for him to write things. So I, I get it. You gotta you gotta eat. I'm I'm fine with that. If I had anything signed, I wouldn't mind kicking a few bucks his way. But there are some some writers, and in this case, you know, Chris Claremont. A, I didn't feel like waiting on the line, but it, I just he's somebody who's who's written a lot of stories I read over the years. I I don't know his financial situation. I'm not about to say, oh, I know he's not hurting, but there are just some times where I'm like, I think that I think I'm okay with me. If I wanted to, I shook his hand a couple couple years ago at New York Comic Con. I'm good, but I, I I didn't need to to memorialize a moment that badly where I had to pay five bucks for him to sign my X Men Annual, where he'd sign it, and it was a real assembly line because he had he had his. I'm, I don't know. If, I'm not. I'm not going to pull a Bob Layton. I don't know if it was his daughter. I don't know if it was his assistant, but <laughs> whoever was whoever was sitting there with him, it just felt very assembly line-esque where you waited online, you paid your money, you had your book signed, and you moved on. And and that, that seemed to be the way it was moving. So, again, there wouldn't be any sort of real moment I'd be connecting with the creator. And, and that's that that would be me just, just throwing five bucks away. And I, I really wasn't down for that. But Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of my thing. Is like, for me, I personally... I don't really, I'm not a, I've never been an autograph person. Like, right. you know, I mean, Same, it's not yeah. my thing, but that's, but also just like any, anything else, like I don't knock anybody's hustle. Like if any, if, if people have figured out a way to, to earn, earn a living and, 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 uh, the people are okay with it. Like, that's cool. Like, again, I'm not knocking it. It's really just, that's why it's like, whatever you're okay with, however you feel it is. And, 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 you know what it means to you. Like, you know, again, I, I get to go and I can do some drawings and, and, you know, make some, make a little loot there or whatever. And, um, you know, in a way that a writer can, I mean, you know, a lot of writer friends, you know, wouldn't go to conventions at all. Cause there was really no way for them to make it a wash, you know, or profit at all. So, I mean, yeah, there, I think this is, there's, I think there's great things about this. I think there's, there's interesting things about this. I think there's potentially, you know, is there, is there going to be a bubble? I mean, obviously every kind of financial situation that we see, there's a bubble. I mean, artist sketchbooks, you know, that bubble burst, right? You used to not be able to go to a con without, you know, seeing every single artist down the line have a, you know, at first a fold and staple book and then they had hard covers and, you know, that it, it, you know, now it's like, you know, it's, it's almost all gone now. Now it's enamel pins, you know, it's like there's, you know, there's always a new, there's always a new hustle in, in place. So yeah, I, I definitely, that's why, you know, I wanted to make sure like answering this, you know, I put out there like I have no problems with, with, with it being a thing. It's just a, it, it's a weird thing to wrap around my head for me. I, I agreed completely. We, um, it, it's Vince was kind enough to wait with me while the, those same manuals I had, um, Art Adams sign it. And one of them, you know, he signed my name on it. And then the other, you know, he, he, he did the date on it. But I mean, still, it was, it was a neat little moment. I got to shake his hand, thank him for his work. I got an autograph. And then he went back to, to, to sketching his, his sketch cover for, for, for another, another fan. So, um, that's just one of those things where I don't, you know, I, we would, I would have waited for Walt, but he had a nice long line and, and deservedly so. Um, but it, it's just, it really does vary. And, and 
I don't, I'm pretty sure it was Gary Friedrich that I'm, that I'm thinking about, but it, it's, it's one of those things where if, it, it really does kind of depend on how I feel about it. There are just some creators where uh, I'm, I'm going to pass and there are others where I'm like, you know what? I don't, I really don't mind spending this money on, on, on you for, for a scrimmage. Right. Right. Jason, the question I was going to ask you before was when did the status quo of uh, CGC grading change from a signature doesn't add anything significant to a book to adds exponentially to the value of a book? Like there was a time when if you had an autographed book on the cover, it didn't matter. The, the value was the same. But now it seems like that's not true. Yeah, I mean, I, I, honestly, that would be something maybe Scotty could speak to more because, as you know, I, I don't um, – I, I am – I'm never going to make fun of someone else's collection obsessions because um, <laughs> lords know we're, we're, we're obsessive and, and I, I spend it, it, it ungodly amount of money on my obsessions. So, But that said, I, I don't um, – I struggle with the idea of sketch covers and variants and CGC – uh, of modern books. I, I don't like, I, for me, it holds no interest. So I honestly don't know. I, I do agree with you though. I mean, for years when I, I mean, I do own a lot of slabbed, um, books, you know, vintage books and for sure signatures always hurt those not helped. So I, I don't know when this, I assume it's all tied up into the idea of modern variants and, and modern sketch covers. So I guess if you're going to take a sketch cover and you're going to get say Scotty to draw on your sketch cover, and then you're going to get him and and either the writer or the artist who worked with him to sign it. I guess that all adds theoretically to the rarity. But yeah, I, you know, I don't know. There's no. I, I really, honestly, don't think there's any formula. It's. I mean, I. You know, people will get any number of my books signed, and I don't think that it does that much for them. But if you get like a run the jewels, you know, a run the jewels Deadpool book, or you know, that like I said that 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 Venom pool cover that I did like back in 2009 or 10, um, which, you know, Rick, Rick wrote it. I did the cover for it. It was like, you know, it didn't sell that much. It was like before Rick had really like blown up at Marvel. Uh, it'd be, it was before like I was the, like a cover guy and it, so it didn't get printed that much and it's a rare book. So Mm -hmm. Like that, like anything else, it's usually it's usually the scarcity that that raises the things more. And at that point, then I think, you know, a signature. But again, I I, I don't know that there's any rhyme or reason to it at all. I have I cl- I genuinely have no idea how they work that stuff. I, I find it to be, like I said, I've never been an autograph person, so I've never been a collector of anything really. So I'd, I've never followed how any of that speculation game works at all. I just uh, that's that's probably why I also held out so long on you know, on, on, on doing anything with, with charging for anything like that, because I was just like, well, here, it's just my name. Who cares? Like just sign, I'm, I'm here to sign books, whatever. Without getting into the actual numbers, does Marvel like art, do you, they, do they pay you or other artists more for a variant cover than they would a regular cover? Like, are you aware when you're giving them a cover that it's a variant? Uh, I'm always aware that it's going to be a variant, but it's, de- there's definitely not to my knowledge at, I don't, I don't think at any of the companies, again, that, that, that might yeah, be. Yeah, I'm saying based on what you know. Yeah, based on what I know, I don't think that there's, there's a rate difference in variance and normal because again, that doesn't mean anything, right? Like, well, that's why I asked because I, 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 because of, of being in, involved in other things like, like the OA stuff, I, I did get, 
every now and then I get exposed to discussions about some of these other things. And I know I was floored a few months ago when people were discussing uh, variant covers and right. um, Gabriel Del, Gabriel Del Otto by mm-hmm. far and away has the his sketch covers are the most um, high priced. Um, his uh-huh. not his sketch covers, his variant covers are the most. And I guess it's because when Marvel puts them out, they're the rarest of variants, whether it's like one in a 5,000 or one in 10,000, whatever right, it is. Right. So I'm just wondering, like, literally, I mean, they're, his sketch covers gen- genuinely go for, I, mean, I keep saying sketch covers, his his variants right. gen- genuinely go for two, three, four thousand dollars $4,000. Which, what? again, it, it baffles me. I, I don't, it, it, I don't understand it, but that is, it's the, that's the reality. So I guess my question was because, like, he has to know that, right? So do, yeah. does, does, I was just wondering if Marvel's like, well, we're going to only print a thousand of these, but you're saying it pretty much, you get paid for doing the cover and whatever, whether they print a <sighs> well, million yeah, I mean, or a thousand, it's. Everybody has their own deal, right? Mm-hmm. With whatever company they're at, Marvel, whatever, like everybody has their own deal. And, um, you know, you might have, you know, for example, you might have a, a deal where you get paid a certain cover rate for an, Let's say an A book versus a B book versus a C book, right? And, and mm-hmm. so we're talking about, you know, books and that, that kind of like is about books budgets or whatever. So, you know, clearly book X is going to have a budget way higher than books Y and Z. And so, you know, your cover rate might vary, you know, hypothetically, your cover rate might vary for these, you know, you might have a couple different rates that get applied to depending on the book, maybe not necessarily the variant cover, right? Like, um, again, everybody's deals different and, and, you know, not everybody shares everything in this business. So, um, to my knowledge, I've not heard of, of many people that have, um, a different rate for variants, uh, because I'm mostly, you know, I've done so many variants. I just made sure that my deal reflected what I, what I wanted for that. So because of, you know, all the information that I have on, you know, what, you know, what variants I do and what how many units my variants would add to a book or whatever. So that's all cooked into the deal that I make individually. Mm-hmm. Um, and to my knowledge, you know, again, I, I usually just worry about what, what's mine. So, you know, to my knowledge, I think that's kind of how everybody rolls. It's just, you know, they make the deal that's best for them and, um, and they go with that because again, there's no predicting, you know, you might say like, Oh, give me my variant rate, which is higher, but that doesn't necessarily mean the variant, you know, does anything. The variant could actually, you know, you might do a. I know, I've done plenty of variants for books that didn't move any units, so it's not like it's not like it's a slam dunk. You know, like um, it's still you know there's 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 thirty five factors that go into something actually becoming uh, a hit or a valuable book or whatever. And again, while while Gabriel De Autos or Del Auto or, or or anybody who does a variant, and you might see a couple being sold for four thousand on eBay or wherever, it's not like all thousand of them sell. You know, maybe two. Or you, you know, people often confuse books being posted on eBay for a crazy amount. Meaning, oh yeah, I mean, yeah, no, 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 for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. But for sure, in this case, this is legit. They're selling for that, and I, and, I, okay. and that's what floored me because I, again, yeah. I to me, well, again, everyone has their own thing. To me, a a modern comic that came out a few months ago, regardless of what the cover is, is still a modern comic that came out a few months right. ago. Right. And everyone, and we all know the other thing about modern comics is every copy pretty much gets bagged and boarded. <laughs> so, so I, I don't get it, but yeah, I mean, to each his own, right? Uh, it, sure. Far be it for me to tell someone else not to spend their their own money on something that makes them happy. But right, um, yeah, for sure, I think Scotty said it best. Just worry about your own. 
That, that that's yeah. a good that's a good way to approach yeah. this situation and and life in general. Just just take care of your own and, and don't worry about it. If someone wants to spend two thousand dollars on a comic that came out a month ago, if it makes them happy, go do it. It's true. Yeah, like I said, yeah, I can't knock anybody's hustle, man, on right. either side of that line. So yeah, no, every, I totally agree. Like if if that's a significant contribution to your your monthly income, then then great. If you are popular enough where you can get a significant number of people to to pony up five bucks for your signature, then more power to you. But on the flip mm-hmm. side, we have scoffed at Neil Adams for the same thing. But but he's a <laughs> he's a um, he's a whole. He and and he is someone who I absolutely would say no. I honestly truly believe you're good. My thirty bucks isn't going to make your show this weekend. So, but th- yeah, but that's, that's not the point. Pathway. That's really not the point. Um, no, it is. It, the point is that he is always, always on the hustle, and he does not yes. care that no. you bought his right, books right. for the past 30, 40 years or whatever. Right, right. But yeah, but what have you bought today? Like that, that's, that's just foul behavior to me. That's that. That's all about the hustle and not caring about the person on the other the far side. Right, of the other right. Side and of the and we sh- weren't. This is not the let's shit on Neil Adams show. Oh. But but I can understand. You know the the say say if uh, Alexi Zirit is 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 signing variants and he's like, you know, do you mind contributing five dollars? Sure, I'm I'm all about that. You know, he's coming up. Neil Adams has been at the top and is has descended a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So. It, it's all about demand, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess I just think there's a fine line. Is all is because there is. Uh, I'm not going to blow up uh, blow up a dude's spot um, because this is secondary. But uh, I was told by several people that a creator that we all genuinely adore uh, went from being free all the time to charging ten bucks a signature at his table, and from several accounts, dude was clearly uncomfortable with it, and in essence was saying that he was doing it because his his rep, his dealer was making him. Uh, and I just call BS on that because you're a grown ass man. If you don't want to charge for your signature, you don't have to charge for your signature. Um, and it put a lot of people off. And so it just got me thinking like, I mean, Scotty said it when he was saying, I, I think charging for signatures with CGC, if someone's a slabber or for anything like that, like, listen, it's all good. But, but I think one book, two books, I mean, if it's literally someone coming up with one book to sign and it's just their copy, I don't know, man, it just feels like, this is a this is an industry built on fandom, um, and really kept afloat by fandom, right? I mean, let's let's be honest. It is a small, in terms of the the, the money, the revenue generation. Um, it is a small, devoted fan base. Um, as we've said a lot recently, I think ten to twenty times more people read comics every month that come out than buy them. But those folks aren't helping the business or get people paid either. So um, right. I don't know. You just want to, You don't want to hurt the fandom. You don't want to make people think that they can't be fans anymore just right. to be fans. That's all. Hi, guys. It's Sal from that one podcast that used to be cool, and uh, you guys listened to it one time or another. And then uh, then it went away and is, is gone now. But uh, I fondly remembered i think uh anyway uh, it's me uh i miss you guys i uh i just wanted to, to call in and say uh congratulations on your 500th episode that is amazing uh just uh just uh, think that that is such a cool accomplishment for you guys to have uh to have lasted that long and and still uh have such joy and love uh for for 
comics and uh, to, to, to every week, you know, just put out more and more content for people to listen to. I think it's just awesome, and, and you guys have done just a great job with 11 O'Clock Comics, and, and uh, uh, it's, like, it's like putting on an old pair of smelly shoes for me, uh, uh, and just uh, uh, like, like sitting around in an old pair of smelly shoes uh, and, 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 and holy underwear. That's what listening to Iran comics. Uh, whoops, I mean, <laughs> whoops. That's what listening to eleven o'clock comics. That that was a. I don't know if that was a brain slip or what that was, guys. That's what listening to eleven o'clock comics is for me. Is putting on, putting on an old stinky pair of underwear and and, and shoes and and uh, sitting around eating a tub of ice cream. That's what it what it is for me. And I, I just uh, I think you guys are awesome. And I love you all, uh, Vince and and David and and Woodrow. Uh, I miss you guys. Uh, hope to see you someday soon at a comic convention or something, and and hang out with you dudes and have a drink or two, and uh, and that's it. But congratulations on the 500 episode. Awesome job. Keep up the amazing work, and and nothing but but uh, but great things for you guys. I love you, and and take it easy. All right, all right. Well, in continuing with our episode 500 celebration. Uh, it seemed fitting that um, joining us uh, already with Scotty being our most frequent guest, uh, we felt it only right to welcome aboard for the first time, um, if you listened to last episode, the newest member of the EOC familia, the Circle of Trust, uh, a man who we have had the great pleasure of becoming fast friends with over the last year and a half or so. Um, many of you know him as the owner and proprietor of... Um, you know, arguably the best original art uh, representation in the world, Felix Comic Art, uh, our good friend and uh, both art collector and art rep extraordinaire, Mr. Felix Liu. Welcome to the show, Felix. Thanks so much, guys. It's an honor. Look at oh, that. Honor. I, th- I think the honor's ours, yeah. Yes. Congratulations, yeah. 500. That's, like I said uh, before, it's, it really is just remarkable how consistent you guys have been, and, and here you are, you know, 10 years later. Thanks yeah. so much. By the way, Vince, did you remember that we skipped episode 13? We did. That was because did. Chris didn't want to do episode 13. Right. Yeah. But there was an episode of Chris talking to B. Clay Moore and Seth Peck, which is called a 11 O'Clock Comics Presents. Yeah. So I think at the end of the day, it all evened out. It did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't even um, remember that. When when was no, that released? It, it, it did even. I remember. 2013. I remember Chris doing um, that. Yeah. Huh. It's, it's in it's in the 300s somewhere. I know uh, that... Uh, right before we, we left, basically. Was it a magazine <laughs> episode? I know that we didn't... We, we, we thankfully didn't do any of the, uh, the, the A's and B's and part 1's and 2's with 11 o'clock. I done uh, broke his ass up. Look at him. Oh, no. I love it. <laughs> oh, God. Y'all are playing inside baseball. You got Felix on and y'all are getting some inside oh, I'm sorry. That's right. Right. Yeah. No, let's... Yeah. let's oh. Go yeah. ahead, Dad. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Sorry, Dad. No, no, no. Or, or I'm, okay, I'm good. All right, so Felix, um, a couple things. One, uh, again, as we said last episode, but now that you're on, thanks again for the hospitality in New York. It was a blast, um, for sure. Um, but one of the things that I love about you is that, um, you, you know, your your rep game is strong, but I think in no small part because you uh, first and first and for a long time before were an art collector. Well, still are, but, but, you know, you, you've got roots there and, and so you understand 
the mind and the wants and the psychology and the mania of, of, of we collectors. So I know when we first got to know each other a bit, I went on your comic art fans gallery to check your stuff out and you've got some jaw dropping stuff. So congrats. And, and one thing I, I, I've been dying when you got on the show to ask you about, because it is a thing that is so near and dear to our man Dapp's heart is that you own the cover to mage number one. And I would love to hear how you procured that, um, especially because I would imagine it, it's 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 not that it, it probably was far easier than it ever should have been back when you probably got it. And uh, and it's going to make all of us who try and collect art now sick to our stomachs because long gone are those days when you could just get awesome art because you had some stick to itiveness. Yes and no. Um, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll just tell you that it's a horribly boring story. I I got it off eBay. Oh my god! God damn! Oh my god! <laughs> was, but but the circumstances were kind of interesting. It, it was a buy it now. Oh my god! Ah! So and, he was so he was just using eBay like a storefront. Unheard so, of. So uh, the the great buy it now stories are when the art is like incorrectly listed in the wrong category or the wrong description, and people have scooped up just amazing deals. I mean there. are there are lots of stories like that. Like someone got a uh, a Barry Windsor Smith Weapon X cover for like peanuts, you know, because the, the the owner just didn't know what what they had. Sometimes it's kind of a sad story, like uh, the original owner, the collector, passed, and so their family member doesn't know what they have and you know puts gives it away. Um, this this wasn't that. It was a buy it now. It was a it was a pretty high price, and they were just waiting for someone to bite, and that was me. Um, but, you know, it, it had actually been on eBay for a few hours. So it's not like I saw it and, you know, was the first guy to see it and jump right on it. Um, you know, other people had passed. But, you know, to their regret at this point, um, it was it was a high price for the time. Maybe not so much now. But I think of interest to you guys is you guys uh, are, are I, I know I know um, Jason, you're in New Jersey. Uh, yeah. How about how about that? Where are you? I am in uh, New York. Okay, so this came from a comic shop in New Jersey, and it had been sitting in their shop forever, and the owner had gotten it from Matt Wagner, because I, uh, I think Wagner was based out of Philly. Um, yeah, well, where, where Kamiko was yes, for a exactly, while. Exactly. So, uh, you know, this, this shop had, the shop owner had had it for 30-plus years. and uh, just had unheard of. Yes. <laughs> and I, I was the guy who got it. That is amazing. That is baffling. Wow. Wow. Well, so as a collector, um, you know, I feel like you, you, you know, you got the, you got the benefit of, of that, that legendary benefit of, of being at the game early enough to procure some pretty amazing pieces before, uh, this insane, um, you know, price inflation over the last decade or so. Yep. Um, you know, yep. but with, with that said though, um, you know, who, if any, who would you say are your, your, your top five, uh, artists of all time, and you can either take it from a tact of just your top five, or maybe top five of, of artists that you don't actually have a piece from. Um, but uh, but probably just maybe your top five. I mean, if you have them, like who I, are your I, goats? I, I like so many artists, so I'll I'll provide this list with the proviso that it is my top five for today, and on any <laughs> given day, it, it can it can change. Um, mm-hmm. Top guy probably is a is a is a permanent fixture. Uh, but after that, I'm going to go off the beaten path a little bit. Um, so my, my top guy would be Frank Miller. 
Okay. Because, uh, you know, just, just for what he meant to me as a kid reading comics uh, was my absolute favorite. Um, so there, there is a 20-year window where, um, you know, I, I just thought he was the best. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll, give the, uh, I'll give the top spot to Frank. My man. <laughs> uh, so you know when i say you know i like comics so i don't really separate the art from the comic it's the entire story that i'm into so as as a as a consequence i've never really been an artist centric fan it's it's the story the, the overall comic so if you look at my collection um, they're usually from comics that I enjoyed reading. So it's a combination of story and art. Uh, but there there are a handful of guys um, whose art I like so much that if they drew a cover to a comic they otherwise had nothing to do with, I'd probably still buy the comic. Mm-hmm. So that would include uh, Steve Rude. I love Steve Rude. Uh, again, another another favorite from uh, my youth and and uh, I think the, the guy hasn't hasn't lost a step. He's as good as he's ever been. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Then I'll go with uh, with Dave Stevens, who was mostly most cover artists. So that's you know, if you were into Dave Stevens, you were buying a lot of comic book covers. Uh, then I will go back a little further to someone um, I think was uh, was uh, you know woefully underappreciated, partly because. Um, you know, his work was so ubiquitous. I think people just sort of took it for granted. Uh, but I think he's one of the greatest uh, American cartoonists ever. And that's Jack Davis. Oh, yeah. yes. oh my man. Oh. You're pleasing nice. everybody tonight. Yeah. Seriously. You're hitting all of us right now. You're tickling each of us. So, <laughs> just give me a little tingle, Felix. Yeah, I think, I, I, you know, unfortunately, you know, uh, he's not going to get his due until, you know, you know, he's only going to get his due posthumously. So, but yeah. he he's he's an absolute uh, first ballot Hall of Famer to me. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, yeah, then I, I would die. I'm not even a collector, and I would die to have uh, a few Jack Davises. You want to hear a really quick story about Jack Davis? Um, there is a caricaturist that I am friends with, John Cash. Um, I'm sure you've seen his work somewhere along the line. He's a very well-known, well-regarded caricaturist. And I was at his house, as were all of the students of the master's program, which I attended. And he's and he's going, oh, oh, Vince, I have something to show you. And he goes, where did I put it? Where did I put it? And he's looking through all these flat files. And he, he finally pulls out a drawer. He's like, ah, here it is. He pulls out a gigantic baseball-themed Jack Davis illustration. Mm. And he's like, what do you think of that? He goes, I, I think you like Jack Davis, don't you? I'm like, like Jack Davis? I huh. love Jack Davis. And just to see Jack's work that big in the flesh and hold it in my hands. And I said, I didn't know you were a Jack Davis fan. He's like, eh, I'm really not. And <laughs> my heart, it just dropped. But yeah. uh, and, and but he doesn't want to sell it. That's the bad part. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, or I would have I would have bought it on the spot. Yeah. Does he still have it? I mean, are you still in contact with this person? Oh, yeah. I see him. You can work it out of him. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Would you be interested in it? Yeah, put put Felix on the case. <laughs> I was going to say, Felix, Felix will get at it. Um, and, you know, Jack uh, passed uh, last year. Yeah. And uh, he had just retired, and he was, he was well into his 90s. 
And, you know, it wasn't prime Jack Davis, but it's still remarkable, uh, you know, how skilled he still was and that mm-hmm. he was still working. If you look at the, the art he was producing uh, toward the end, uh, it was it was still solid. So, yeah, all, all the respect to, to Jack Davis. And, uh, I, okay, one more guy. I'll flash forward uh, to someone I consider, uh, you know, an, an heir to Davis in that uh, obviously heavily influenced by Davis, uh, but uh, a fantastic comics creator in his own right, Eric Powell. Nice. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I think Eric is, uh, is, you know, he's won multiple Eisner Awards, but he's still, to me, at least uh, by fans, uh, you know, un- somewhat underappreciated, a little bit uh, still under the radar. I think that has to do with the fact that, uh, you know, he hasn't done much big two work, which would have helped his profile. Right, right. That's his choice. Um, and, you know, he's, he is, of course, free to do whatever he wants. And, and uh, I, think, I think the goon, especially, uh, I don't know, the first three or four trays worth of the goon are just, just sheer genius. You know, the first dozen issues or so uh, with Dark Horse was when he really hit his stride. And every issue, he was trying something different. You know, he's tweaking his style. And just the story was like uh, just a blend of, of, of comedy and horror and, and, and pathos. You know, it was, it was, uh, it's, a, it's a real gem, those, those Goon comics. So for your listeners out there, if they, haven't, uh, if they haven't picked up any Goon comics, get the first couple of trades. Uh, I think I agreed. Yeah. No, no. I, I, I must admit, I'm 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 woefully uh, unread in the in the Eric Powell uh, bibliography. Mm. You seriously got to get on that that hillbilly. He's self publishing hillbilly now. He's got his own yeah. company now again. Mm-hmm. The Albatross. Check yeah. out uh, check out the first trade. Um, you know, it, it'll either be for for you or, or it won't. But you know, right. real, real influ- I mean, it had that. Uh, uh, mad uh, sensibility you know so yeah i dug it a lot nice now felix you say you're a, a dave steven fan do you own any dave stevens uh work yes <laughs> now let me wait 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 let me <laughs> yes, guess i i just okay <laughs> now i'm seriously gonna have a heart attack if you say yes to this question uh, do you own the cover to Airboy number five i don't that oh. is that that is a great one and I'm not sure where that is. It could that one could still be held by his family. His family, he did not sell that much art okay. in his life. I mean, he's. St- I mean, you know, I would guess less than half. So, which means his family still holds uh, a good chunk of it. But that Airboy Five cover, yeah, absolute classic. I did see the Johnny Quest cover in person about ten years ago. Really? And yeah, I didn't buy it, but that's that's another one. You know, from the same from that same period. Another uh, another perfect Dave Stevens good girl cover. Hmm. Uh, what Dave Stevens do you have? Um, well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll t- before I tell you that, I'll tell you one of my favorite <laughs> Dave Stevens covers is does not have uh, a girl on it. It's the Mister Monster cover he did. Oh yes, oh, yeah. He is just like that. <laughs> Felix is under the table massaging me right now. <laughs> yeah, with, like the little rascals, and um, that's actually something that. Uh, uh, Powell does really well too, you know, drawing like those little rascal type, uh, you know, right. the ragamuffins. That's uh, so yeah, that, it's fun stuff. Um, the the uh, the Dave Stevens cover I own is the cover to Rocketeer Adventure Magazine number one. <gasps> really? 
Yeah, so Rocketeer is my favorite uh, uh, Dave Stevens creation. It's one of my you know all time favorite characters. And if you know, I think I think uh, most people would want something with Betty. You know, I think Betty is the sure. you know top of the market for Stevens. Uh, but for me, it was uh, it was Rocketeer, and that's that's one of my absolute favorite Rocketeer pieces. You know, God my my. Personal, yeah, so I've been really fortunate to get that. Hi, guys. Uh, this is Templar, I guess. Now, this is Matt uh, Burden. I just thought I would call, uh, would ask for a page by page review of Cerebus. Um, and he uh, said that if we left the page by page review of Cerebus, we were guaranteed to make it onto the episode. So, page number one. Um, by kid, of course. Um, happy 500 podcast, guys. Um, you, um, you were the first comic book podcast I ever listened to. And, uh, when I typed comics into iTunes, uh, you popped up and I started listening to you from episode 16. And I listened every week and you were the first people to kind of make me realize that, um, you could have a voice and you could you know, you could interact with people and you could say stuff and um and people would listen sometimes and uh and thank you for having the voicemail, the hotline, uh, way back when I think episode forty eight I left a message for you guys. And um <laughs> for better or worse. But straight up thank you uh to uh, Vince and Wood and uh David um and Chris. Thank you all for uh, being there for so many of us um, over the last few years. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for what you mean to the comic book industry, uh, its creators and its fans. And a very happy 500th episode. Yeah, I was going to say, if you go to Felix's calf gallery, you'll see that piece okay. on display. It is uh, something else. Yeah, so that, that piece um, was uh, sold by the family. Um, it was consigned to a French gallery, and it had a it had a price tag attached to it. And uh, boy, it was tough. But I, I passed on it because it was too high. And but as it turned out, no no one else was willing to pay that price either. So then it ended up going to auction, where the reserve was the same price. So <laughs> you know, theoretically, you wouldn't be you know saving any money, except that in the you know three four months uh, between. It being at the uh, gallery and going to the auction house, the euro had taken a dive. So I saved about uh, uh, 25% or so, 20, 25% just on the exchange rate being so favorable to the dollar. Hmm. Neat. Well, yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's <laughs> fortuitous because you would have had no idea. I mean, obviously, you couldn't have predicted that. So Nope, nope. I, you know, I was ready to I, – I had already mentally let it go because I wasn't willing to pay their asking price. But uh, yeah. you know, again, l- later on when it did show up at the uh, French French auction house, um, the you know the conditions had changed. So one thing I think that it seems that you've been able to do is um, entice older nostalgia collectors that had gotten a bit um, not lackadaisical, but just ha- hadn't really um, been active in in the modern art market. It seems like you've been able to because you're friends with them and, and they respect your views, foster interest in some newer artists as a result of that. Did, was that was that part of the plan when, when you decided to do this for a living? Or, 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 or yeah, yes. what was? Okay. Yes, yes. Um, 
because I, I'd known so many collectors who were like me and in a similar position to me as collectors, you know, you, you pretty much everyone starts off just buying the stuff that they remembered as kids. You know, that's, that's the stuff that made the biggest impact on us. And for a lot of, uh, art collectors, those are the only comics they know because they never continued reading comics past their adolescence. So the new art really doesn't hold much interest to them, but there are also those old time collectors who, who do continue reading new art, but you know, have only bought new art. I mean, I've only bought old art, but you get to a point where, you know, you have your Miller example, you know, you have your Wrightson, you have your whatever, and you may even have multiples of those. And where do you go after that? And especially since the way, you know, the prices have been going, even if you wanted multiple examples, it becomes uh, cost prohibitive. So uh, I just wanted to show them that, you know, guess what? There, there, there is another way to keep feeding the dragon, so to speak. You know, there is another uh, avenue for you to be involved in uh, comic art hobby. And uh, yeah, it's, it's worked out really well. Um, you know, uh, I, I sell a lot of complete issues and a lot of those go to, you know, uh, longtime collectors. I mean, you know, like, uh, the idea of a complete issue um, kind of is more of an advanced thing uh, for collectors. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's really the kind of mature advanced collectors who, who've seen it all, done it all, and, you know, what's the what's the next uh, uh, territory to conquer? Well, you know, they, they they bought all the covers and all the panel pages, and it's a complete issue. So, yeah, that's that's, from that's, a, that's worked from out. A, from a creator, there's nothing cooler than, like, to know, like, there's a person out there that has, your, like, an entire issue. You know, like, it's something weird. I was even telling Felix, like, you know, when I send Felix art, when I send him, it's like it's not that like I don't I don't want like oh goodbye art I'll miss you I'll just like I'll put my art in a box it was in a drawer before now it's in a box, but like there's something about like Felix at the at the con like bringing over things like hey sign this real quick and then I'm watching it walk away with another like, <laughs> stranger and you're kind of like oh like watching an actual person because usually you put it in an envelope and you're like oh, I don't you know whatever but. But then there's a whole nother level to that when like the guy sitting in front of you has a whole portfolio and that thing is like. The entire issue, like, and I don't know about other artists, but I could almost tell you what was going on the day that I inked that page. Like, you know, I could tell you that, you know, we, that night we went and had, you know, Pinewood Derby races at, you know, at Baxter School. Like, there's a lot of weird attachments to these. I mean, this shit takes a long time, right? (laughs) Like, um, and so like when one person has like that that they they have a month of my life in their portfolio like a month like yeah yeah they they have five maybe six you know four or five six weeks of my life uh in one portfolio that's awesome like that's a super cool thing to wrap your head around you know what i mean i also want to say that uh, these are you know these are real fans who are buying this art i think some people wondered well you know are they buying a complete issue for the arbitrage in that are they going to then break up the issues themselves and, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, 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 mark it up and make a profit. And, you know, I've sold, uh, over 50 issues. I think I'm coming up on 60 issues and, uh, over 20 this year. And, and at least to the best of my knowledge, not a single one has been broken up yet. I mean, it will, it will happen eventually, but so far I'm pretty confident that the people who are buying it, you know, really just want to have a complete issue. 
Yeah. I can yeah. attest to that. Eric Larson will break up his damn commandy number nine for me. <laughs> but uh, listen, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like you said it right. It, it seems like the thing about fanaticism of any type is there's always a next level, right? So um, for me, buying a whole issue would be one of those things that I've not done yet. But if, you know, as, <laughs> as it goes on, it's, it certainly <laughs> yeah, like I threw like, a yet, you threw yet in there. Well, you no, because it, that, that is illogical. I mean, I can see how you get to a point He's where still young. He's still one. right. It's exactly. attainable. By the way, there is a lot of of of, of cosmic intertwining here tonight because not only um, did we have uh, Scotty on as one of our first guests and our, and our most frequent guest, but the first ever published comic book page that I purchased was a Scotty Young page. Yeah, that that actually blows my mind more than anything. I, I like to know what level of of uh, collector you are now. I can't believe that that uh, my that an Oz page was your first page. <laughs> like it's still crazy to me. It was a, re- a really weird thing because I had got, gotten some sketches, but Vince and I were chilling at CGS Super Show, and you were repped by another dealer at the time, uh, mm-hmm. and um, he was set up there, and we had become friendly. We had hung out at Windy City and a couple of other things. And you were doing Oz, and literally it was just a spur of the moment decision. He had your portfolio, the portfolios out, and it was an insanely cheap price, frankly, in retrospect. Although at the time it seemed like a lot of money because it was way more than what I would pay for like a head sketch at the time. And I bought it because my kids liked the book, and I dug the book. And uh, little did I know then that uh, <laughs> it was seven years, eight years later, it would, <laughs> right. it would be what it's become. But, uh, but what, what page? What page was it? I can't remember. I don't know the page number offhand. I'm gonna have it down in. in I have it somewhere what, in Excel sheet. What, what's what's on it though? It, it's them on the raft, like 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 rafting through oh, the water. That's a good one. That's actually like I was like <laughs> again like I can remember like I remember being proud of some like one of them was like yes. a like a tilt like a tilted angle like an upshot right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. See, I remember yep. that's that's a that's a damn near ten years ago. I actually have that <laughs> framed framed in a in a Oz green custom frame. Yeah, that's awesome. Suit to suit the artwork. So, yeah, and that was it. And then actually, now to be fair, I actually then bought a Gabriel Hardman page about thirty minutes later. <laughs> so, so it was a pretty quick. Yeah, it the ball from, started rolling very quickly. It went from zero to sixty pretty quickly. <laughs> hey, Jason, does your uh, does your wife curse Scotty's name? No, but funny story about cursing names, Felix. So, oh, oh no, he's going to bring it up. <laughs> so oh, he curses shit. yours. Oh. So. A few years ago, uh, we didn't know each other personally, really, but I guess I had bought a few things from you, and in, in, and in very professional fashion, you probably keep a log of people that buy some things from you, and you sent, uh, oh, I remember a, this. You sent us a holiday card, hand-signed, and my wife does this ornate thing each year where we get all these cards, um, and she makes like Christmas tree, like a, she takes all the cards and puts like, makes them into like a Christmas tree on our, on our kitchen French doors, and... So the routine is normally over the holiday season, I come home, and before she puts them up, I look through who sent us cards and say, oh, that's a nice picture of the family, so forth, so on. And I come home one day, and I guess this is maybe three years ago, four years ago, and she says, oh, we got a Christmas card from a, a Felix Lou. And I'm like, oh. And I read the card, and it was you just saying, you know, thanks for the business or what have you. And <laughs> my wife looks at me, and she's like, should I be concerned that an art dealer is sending you handwritten personalized Christmas cards. <laughs> and I was like, no, he's just a great businessman. He's just being professional. <laughs> you know what? I, 
Thanks for letting me know that. So the next card I send you will just say, thanks for all the great shows. I'm just a fan. No, 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 Felix, I want you to do the opposite. I want you to say thank you, and then I want you to send out a, an itemized. But I want it on like, a, I want it on parchment paper, like it's Santa Claus's Christmas list. No, pose pose in front of like a Bugatti or something. Oh, I was then, just going to say that. Yeah. Damn it. Like, thanks, Jason. I really appreciate it. <laughs> thank you for buying me a car, bitch. I want Felix butt naked on a Bugatti. I just had the. By the way, I just had the talk uh, last evening with the wife about the my misunderstanding of the word hiatus. Yes. Oh, yes. good for you. Good for you, I'm so glad. Felix. You know, I, I actually hope to do a show. This is no joke at all. With uh, with collectors I've known who have gone through divorces. Oh boy! Oh, there there wow. are some there are some stories there. For sure, it's getting dark over here, Felix. Right. Hey, I, well, hey, I'm hey. gonna I'm gonna bring oh. it up a little bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Felix, uh, Jason, and I perceive things in in very different ways. Uh, <laughs> th- I think I think that you know we all know that to be true. Jason's more clinical. He looks at the numbers. He looks at the business practices. I look at emotional content. And I gotta say, when I saw. Uh, I think yes, was, he likes it, me the best. Yes, I do. You know that. <laughs> when when I first um, met you, I believe it was at Heroes, and I saw your setup. I wasn't struck by your your business expertise or or any of that. Your booth, your your stretch feels like a family to me. It just all the artists like their their heads aren't buried in their work and they're 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 not ignoring people. It just seems like like they're engaged with the people. You're engaged with the artists. You're engaged with the customers. It just feels like to me being raised Italian. It feels like a bunch of people at a dinner table just enjoying everybody else's presence. That's that what- is you. Th- thanks for noticing that, Vincent. Thanks for bringing that up because uh, that's a huge part of the gig. Um, I, uh, that's the, I mean, you know, this for me is almost a glorified hobby, you know, because I, I love comic art, but you know, it has to be fun. And the fact that all the guys are cool, you know, everyone gets along. Um, it, it just makes it, uh, you know, it makes it so much fun. And that, you know, these conventions we do are almost like mini reunions. Everyone just has a blast. Right. So there's a very warm I'm, atmosphere. And, um, one, another thing that I like is, your your artists they're not scattered all over the convention floor like everybody's there in why are you laughing because i'm thinking about the weekend and other conversations we had yes, it's okay yes keep i going, love you going. i love you we're good everybody's there but um that said you are a businessman right and our art, artists are not no he's a businessman he's a businessman <laughs> artists are notorious by being moved by their creative impulses did you ever have to pull somebody aside and and say, "Look, buddy, you're just not producing. Let's let's get this stuff moving. Like you want to eat, I want to eat. Everybody wants to have fun. Like, do you do you have a Joe Maduera type situation? Have you ever had a Joe Maduera type situation where you know they're not they're not pulling their weight? They're just not producing. And how well, do you approach all, that? L- hold on, hold on. I wanted <laughs> I wanted you to change the premise. Of, of, I don't, oh like, boy! Don't throw Joe Mad under the bus like Joe Mad wasn't off doing exactly what he wanted to be doing. Dude, just he was, he was playing PlayStation like all the time. 
He was making he games. He was making games. He wasn't just playing he, he, them. He's but he wasn't he's known for making games. He was known for making no, no, art. No, but, I, that's, I, but that's what he was getting no, paid to do. He was that known. Was, he was known by you for making comics. Right. He, well, that's all that matters, made, right? <laughs> right. But I'm saying. You, you're making it sound like Homeboy was sitting up in his pajamas just playing uh, Zelda. Well, that's that's what Wizard would lead us to believe. Remember? No, Joe Joe went off, and he he was he was part owner in multiple video game companies over the last many many years. Okay. And actually, Battle Chasers Battle Chasers just came out. An RPG on all video game platforms <laughs> just came out just now. So like, so that the thing that we all fell in love with. He actually brought to realization in video games. Sweet. So anyway, I just wanted to I just wanted to like stick up for my boy a little bit. Oh, he's like, your boy. You know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> I just, so I, I just had to put it out there. Like, let's not throw Joe under the bus and act like he was a big. All lazy right, dude. all right. So let's just hand right. the baton back to Felix. Have you ever had a situation where you had to take someone aside and just say, "Come on, man, let's let's get some work going here." No. Um, and and I'll, I'll back it up to your previous point where, you know, you, you mentioned that uh, um, every, everyone gets, gets along. Uh, when I, you know, want to work with an artist, I, you know, I think just about every single artist, you know, in the group I've met with personally. I want to meet them. I want to get a sense of who they are. I want them to I want them to get to know me, you know, and I want to make sure that uh, there's a good chance this will this will work out. Um, and part of it is, uh, you know, I I kind of take a a, uh, a blue collar attitude uh, with the, with this job, and I think all the guys are are very similar. You know, right. hardworking guys. Um, and, you know, I I don't think there's anyone. Now, I don't know what Joe Mad's situation is or was. I I you know never really followed his work, uh, but there's there's no one <sighs> like the way you described. You know, there, I, I, I will name one guy who is uh, who's a, who you know is a mega talent, and I think amongst the people who know his work, um, you know, he's a top guy, but he's just not prolific at all. He doesn't produce much work at all, and that's Travis Charest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Very yeah. slow. Very slow. You know, so that would be that would be kind of a frustrating situation, but no, nothing like that. Nothing like that. Would be. So, well, you so got then, you have Daniel Warren Johnson. Like he is a powerhouse. He just keeps churning work out, and and he's that, a machine. He is that that kind of work ethic is is rare. But you seem to have cultivated a group that have the same work ethic. Like look at Scotty. The guy just never stops. Yep. You know, so it's a, it's yep. just amazing. I, nothing but I respect mean, it's, for it's, what you've built. Scotty, Scotty has, uh, you know, he's ascended the mountaintop, but he he hasn't let up. Um, you know, I I have I've said this before, and I don't mind saying it uh, on the show, but I think uh, any comics creators out there, if you're trying to figure out the industry and your place in it, uh, talk to Scotty. Uh, I think uh, you know more than anyone, Scotty has you know, really figured this business inside and out uh, more, more than anyone else I've talked to. Thanks, man. Yeah. Big truth. Now, yeah. kind of going along with, with Vince's question. So do you, how, how involved and, and if, if this doesn't get answered, no, no biggie, but how, how involved are you in what your, what your stable does on a daily basis. Uh, Scotty works on 
so many pages of, of I Hate Fairyland a month. Do you and and DWJ is working on Extremity and and Trad Moore has has his new book coming out. But are, are you are you in touch with what the guys are working on so that this way you know they have some time coming up where they can work on commissions? Do you know that you know you, you, they they have they they're running a little behind on what pages need to be done so so you know they won't be available for commissions is is there any sort of set well, when schedule it, when, it, when it comes to commissions uh i of course that's 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 on them to tell me when they're available um you know when it comes to their overall schedule and what they're working on uh i'm as hands-on or as hands-off as they want me to be so i don't it's you know if they if they want to talk about stuff or or pick my brain, or, or or just chat. You know, I'm 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 always around. If they want to be left alone, no problem. You know, it's it's whatever whatever they're feeling. Yeah, I mean, like like uh, a lot of the, a lot of the guys do a ton of commissions. I don't really do commissions at home. Like at home for me is just it's just family time. So any time outside of the studio is I I don't do commissions. So Felix knows not to. I mean, he does. You know, he's not even checking in on that with me, but. Like Felix is great because I like I love the a la carte flavor that Felix offers to everyone and what they need in in what roles that he'll jump in and fill. Like you guys know that I've been doing you know daily sketches for seven almost eight years now. Still waiting for that domino dog. (laughs) And and you know it's always been something that I I have sketched. It was sold and Casey has shipped and everything. And and just now you know in in the last months you know I was like you know what called up Felix. I was I know this is something that you usually do, but uh, you know, I've got my version of it. You know, I've been doing this for a long time and I still like to maintain that. So, you know, would this be, you know, cause the way that Felix runs sales and everything, but he was like, nah, we'll, we'll figure it out. You know? So now I'm handing that part of things. So now I'm collecting my daily sketches more into batches and then giving them over to Felix. So it's, it's really cool. Like he's great with assessing whatever, you know, whatever kind of, whatever thing that works for you and you know, whatever can work within his machine. Like there's always a back and forth. I mean, what, what's good for, for Paul Pope, what's good for me, what's good for Riley, what's good for Daniel, what's good for James, what's good for any of these people is going to be good for them. And he he seems to be fantastic with a la carding it for everybody to make sure that everybody does, you know, has the best outcome at the end of the day possible, you know? Thanks, Scotty. Yeah, um, I, I try not to have a cookie cutter approach with people. You know, it's pretty much customized to each guy. Every guy, every guy's different. Well, that was that was one of my big things. Like, you know, Jason and you guys know, like, you know, Casey and I kind of handled our business for the longest time, and that was kind of the thing. Was like, I was, I was like, I. Anytime I ever considered jumping in with somebody, it was always like the only thing that I didn't like is that was always like you basically had to be, you had to start fitting into some sort of template. You know, you had to start being a part of this, or you had to be a this or that or whatever. And I like, I like to, I like to be able to be nimble. I like to be able to change. I like to be able to like figure things out and suss it out. And so that was like really the first conversation I had with with Felix was when we met again. You know, backing up what he said was he and I met in person. We had a chat, and then the great thing was is Felix reps some of my you know best buds. So you know, there's not a day that goes by that Ryan and I don't talk about something. 
So Riley's the first call that I make and, you know, he has nothing but great things to say. And then, you know, then once you're a part of the group, I mean, you spend a little time and then, you know, Felix has somebody like Yams around. I mean, Yams is maybe the best person on the planet Earth, right? Like, it's true. It's ridiculous. He's the man. (laughs) I love that dude. I literally love that dude. So like, like right away, you're like, yeah, this is, this is a good setup here. Like, this is a good thing. I mean, Hey, it's Michael Whitehead from Mississippi. Long-time listener. This is probably my 30th or 40th message I've left for you guys over the years. Uh, Vince, David, Jason, uh, I just wanted to thank you for the hundreds, probably thousands of hours of entertainment that you've given me for free all these years. Uh, I, I, I really can't express how much this show has meant to my life. I've I've listened to every episode you guys have done multiple times. Uh, I went through very hard times over the existence of your show. Um, One of the hardest times that I had was I was having to work uh, a, a, basically uh, I was a night watchman for a place and I was working 16 hour shifts uh, six days a week. So, Needless to say, I, I listened to every episode multiple times throughout that those long nights that I was there, and uh, you guys uh, have have never never left me in a part of my life. I've went through numerous relationships, lost family members, uh, but you guys are there for me every single week, and I just want to express how happy I am that y'all are celebrating this huge milestone. Um, the things that you do on the show um, that you've done for free all these years have just been amazing, and it's getting even better. Uh, I'm happy to finally um, subscribe as a, a patron member. Uh, you guys deserve everything that you're going to be getting from this point forward. and uh, You're just three great guys, and uh, I hope to one day meet you. And thank you again for everything that you've done over the last uh, – getting probably close to 10 years i guess so but anyway i love you guys and and thank you again this is mike whitehead love you you know we went to rose city uh riley's wife my wife wanted to go to the the to the to the coast uh they were going to rent a car Uh, like in some sort of psychic mode yams just i mean literally our wives are walking out the walking out the hotel like some sort of crazy psychic yams pulls his car up and just <laughs> it, like as they're walking out of the hotel to go to the rental place and hands them the keys like no just use my car like they're like how did you even know we were doing this like it was, so like there, there's those kind of things you can't put a price on you can't start like that has nothing to do with Spider-Man that has nothing to do with fucking Batman or this cover or that cover that has to do with like people being great people, you know, and there, there's no, there's no trade in for that. There's no, there's no value amount that you could put on that. When you start to feel like, Oh, I, I'm being, I don't even, I don't even like to, I, I fucking, I don't even like to use the term repped because that starts to feel <laughs> that feel you know what i mean that just feels yeah. like so cold like ah right. you mm-hmm. know like ah you know like my pieces of paper are being shuffled around by this other human you know but like so i don't even like to use that term i just like to be like i'm with felix or whatever you know yeah, or, like i said I'll, it's family 
Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it really is. It, it's a unique special thing that, that I'm, I'm definitely a big fan of. And, and I feel like, uh, I mean, you guys know, Felix, I don't know that you know this. You guys know, I mean, cause you guys talk about Daniel all the time. And I know that you guys know years back when you guys asked me a question on this show, <laughs> the, an- the answer that I gave, right? Yes. 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 yes you know. <laughs> with the heavy sock. No, yeah, I, I have to like, give Scotty props. He was the first. He was on the ball with with Daniel. Felix, you you might not know the story. Years I, ago, years ago, uh, Ramon Perez was one of my good good buddies. Um, I came on the show once. Ramon was working. He was in the process of working on um, Taylor Sand. Uh, Taylor Sand. And I told these guys, I was like, you guys got to check out Ramon. He's about – like in about a year, year and a half, he's going to win every Eisner category there is. Uh, mm-hmm. it's He's blowing up. Jason – I was like, Jason, go get pieces by him. <laughs> like everybody – and of course, mm-hmm. a year and a half later, Taylor Stan comes out. He won like 12 Eisners. <laughs> he won every award you can imagine. And so I came on the show again, and they were like, you nailed it with Ramon. You, you killed it, you, you know, blah, blah, blah. All right, try like do it again. Like, who's the next? Who's somebody that we need to keep an eye on? And this was, I mean, I could arguably say at this time, I I don't know that almost anybody knew his name, right? Like, oh, definitely. I mean, Space Mullet was a tiny little thing. I mean, it just launched. It was yeah. pretty new. Um, and again, I'm going to give props to Jason Howard. Jason Howard's the one that turned me onto Space Mullet. Like, he found nice. the web comic. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. And then put me on it because we talk every day. So, and that's what I said. I, I, and I remember this because there was a there was a follow up to this as well. But I said, if he, I said, I don't know what this cat wants. I don't know what his goals are. But if he wants it, this industry is his for the taking, and it's Daniel Warren Johnson. Uh, and they were like, who? And I was like, he has this comic called Space Mullet, but he's got like he's a talent like anything I've ever seen. You know, like and and again, it was just a web comic. He was a completely unknown dude. Completely unknown. Um, and, you know, it's been awesome over the years to watch not only like people start to recognize him, but, you know, you guys love him and his commissions just are crazy and everything go crazy. But I will never forget, uh, because Jason and I, Jason Howard and I went and got some, some commissions from him at Chicago, which there's another story you guys got to ask him about. I won't tell it, but there's a story. There's like, uh, there's a Jeff Darrow story involved here that you guys got to ask him about. Um, but we got some sketches by him. And he asked me, he was like, you know what? I listened to you on 11 o'clock comics and you said this thing and I, I, I want to know what you meant by it. Like he didn't understand what I mm-hmm. said, you know, when I said, I don't know what he wants, but if you, you know, if he wants to, this is his. And really what I said was, I don't know, you know, I don't know what kind of comic creator you wanted to be. Like, you know, you could, you know, are you a fold and staple guy? And that's the, you know, are you an XPX guy that wants you do you want to do that forever? That's also really super dope. But like, I don't know if you want to be the Avengers guy. I don't know if you want to make, you know, and again, you got to remember like the image wasn't quite at, right, right. like it was at the time either. So like it really was saying like, I have no idea what this guy's goals in life are, but I feel like if he wants his goals to be to rule this industry, then then he's going to be able to do it because that's the level of kind of like natural talent that he had. It's been pretty awesome to to see everybody uh, realize that as well over the years. And he's so For humble sure. too. Can I say something about Daniel? Sure. Yes. Uh, 
you guys know Malcolm Gladwell's Outliers? Come on, yeah, yeah. son. Who are you talking to? Of course. <laughs> so uh, one of the central ideas is that uh, you you become a master at something after spending ten hours, ten thousand hours practicing. 10, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that that would be Daniel. You know, I don't know where along the that spectrum he is. You know, if he's at five thousand, eight thousand, or if he's even at ten thousand. But he is just working on comics for the sheer love of comics. Like to what Scotty said, I don't think he had a specific goal. Like uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to draw the next Dark Knight Returns. He just wants to do comics, and you know, everything that's going to happen for him is going to happen as a result of that. Well, that's kind of what I was saying. Like not not any specific goals, but saying like, oh, the other thing with the ten thousand hours is it also says it takes about. 10 years so i'd imagine that he's probably somewhere on that scale and if he's not then fuck him because he's way too good so <laughs> so if he's not anywhere near the ten thousand, then we should all go kill him right so we're almost about to become podcast masters <laughs> yeah yes. exactly nice. you know what's you know what's awesome about that fucking the malcolm gladwell stuff is like around the time around the time that uh uh, like when I started on Oz is when I started was the first time that I ever in my career felt that when I started to go to work, it was, I don't want to say easy, but it wasn't a challenge. Meaning like I wasn't afraid to work that day. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I get that. Like I wasn't look, I wasn't looking for anything else to do. Like, the, like in the years leading up to that, every day was a struggle to make myself sit down and to, to do it because the 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 imminent failure was in front of me, right? Like the, just being like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with this, and it's terrifying. And all of a sudden, around that ten year mark, it all it all fell into place. Like it all is settled. Now that doesn't mean that I'm like that I like hit my pinnacle. I don't. Again, I don't feel that becoming a master means you've hit your top. I feel that becoming a master of something means that you have you finally understand it, and now it's time to work. Right? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Ten thousand hours, ten years is you finding it, and once you found it, now it's time to suit up and go to work. And that's how I felt. Like around the ten year mark was like, oh shit! Like I'm not scared to go to work anymore. Let's go to fucking work and do this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Did it and, literally click for you right then? I mean. Could you feel? Oh it? my god! Oh my god! It, I, yeah, Felix, I cannot tell you. Like when I went to when I sat down and now you know the combinations of the time that I had put in, the material that I was working on at that point. Uh, you know, Oz obviously was much more suited for for the kind of thing that I like to do. But all those things, yeah, you, it was an absolute line in the sand. Where all I remember thinking, like, man, work is easy. Like, how am I getting these pages done so fast? Like things are happening where before I remember just like, it was such a struggle. And I like, even at that point, like uh, up until that point, there's books surrounding your, my drawing desk. You know, you're constantly looking for how somebody else did something or, you know, how did this person approach a, a building or how does this person draw cars or, you know, like, Oh fuck, I've never drawn this. Like, you know, so you're referencing shit all the time. And Around that ten year mark, like all the reference books just disappear. The table's no longer covered in books. It's just art materials and paper. And and then you're just drawing. And then you're like and then and whatever happened that day, you're like, 
oh, this might not be the best drawing I did, but I'll do a better one tomorrow and I'll do a better one the next day. There's something weird where it's just like you let go and you find a comfort. And again, I believe that's what, you know, I think that's what mastering something is, is, is you finding that place where you feel so comfortable uh, working at it that now it's about the work. It's not about learning. Right. You're going to learn. You're always going to learn. You know, and I know we like to say things like, once I stop learning, I'm dead. Well, like, look, look, every day we draw <laughs> or every day we do anything, we're learning. That's, that's, we're people. That's every time something changes, we learn something new, right? Right. So, but it's like once we hit that, like, quote unquote, master level, it's not that we're amazing. It's that we've mastered the, I feel like we've mastered that thing of learning it. Now we can go to those next levels and just work at it. Like now I've, I've, I've figured out. Yeah, exactly. So no, I, I, I reference that book 24 seven. Yeah. But it's a, it's a catch 22. I see it in my students. They don't draw as well as they would like, but they don't draw more, which is what they need because they don't like the output. So they, they need to. They need to draw yeah. more, but they don't because they're not pleased with the output. So they never get any better. Dude, I have the most unromantic answers for people who ask for drawing tips or tips on how to do this. What should I do? I want to do what you do. I want to do. I want to do this for a living. The most unromantic answer is just draw. Draw. Like, draw all the time. Draw shitty. Draw shitty, shitty drawings and draw hundreds of them. Yep. Like, you know, and and after hundreds and hundreds of shitty drawings, you're gonna be like. Oh, this drawing is kind of cool. Yep. And then a couple more hundred, you're going to be like, this drawing is actually really cool. And then somewhere along the line, you're like, you don't even care if it's cool anymore. You're just like, oh, this is how I talk. I talk through drawings. And then there's no, you know, there's a whole different level that you can on. But yeah, it's just draw. Just, just buy dozens of sketchbooks and draw right. all the fucking time. I you tell know? them to draw like nobody's watching. Yeah, man. You know, that's a good thing. And, and, and in the, in the, in the years where I've started to, you know, cross over onto the other side of the line and, and, and spend a lot more time writing, um, Jason Aaron shared something with me that his writing professor in college shared with him. That's similar to what you just said, but it, he said that you should write, you should write like your parents are dead. Right. And I know that sounds, no, I, know that sounds I, I understand that completely. Yeah. But because a lot of what right. we, a lot of what we are, a lot of what we are pulling for from is from our life, and we're going to tell stories, and we're going to tell stories about some of the pains that we had, and and a lot of times the things that hold us up. And again, you know, I'll I'll throw it out there is that, you know I had a story, and probably the next story that I write and draw is going to be this, but you know I came up with this thing about ten years ago, and 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 then about the time that I got ready to start it, it was about six years ago, and then my dad passed away, and I felt like oh, I really. I probably shouldn't write some of these things, you know, like explore some of this, this material because it's sensitive and, and he just passed away and people would care, you know, my parent, you know, all this stuff. And I had shared that with Jason and he was like, yeah, my, I had a professor that said you should always write as if your parents are dead because you shouldn't, you've got things to say, you've got stories to tell, you should tell them and not worry about, you know, your parents going to Barnes Noble and buying the book. And I was like, fuck, that's a really good that's a really good note to keep to keep in mind, you know. Yep. But uh, yeah, draw like nobody's watching. It's kind of the same thing that was sort of reminded me of that. They're so self conscious. Like every line, like oh, someone's going to judge this. What do you care? 
get it out, purge. You have to, it's like a long distance runner. You can't run 10 miles with this being your first day running, right? You have to break through that barrier. They don't have the stamina to break through the barrier. You do. Daniel Warren Johnson does. Yeah, it's just, I guess it's just that weird kind of like, it's like a mixture of like complete arrogance and fear and obliviousness. And it's like all these crazy traits poured in a bucket that let you just keep going, right? Because I look back. It's working. Right. Because you look back and you think like, holy shit, like I should have never drawn past the day that I drew that fucking, like I look at some human torch necks that I drew (laughs) and I'm like, holy shit dude like that neck is like four feet long like 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 i should have never drawn a drawing past the day that i drew that terrible drawing (laughs) but you know whatever whatever's in you says you know no no, do it again you know do it again yeah it's a learning experience gentlemen this is chris chavez equinox on the old forums chris chavez on the facebook group just wanted to give a shout out to you guys and big congratulations on episode 500. Thanks so much for all the great content over all the years, all the dedication, all the nights spent uh, with one another in hotel rooms, sharing beds at conventions, and being just basically the best comic podcast out there. Love the show. Can't wait for all the stuff in the upcoming uh weeks, months, and years to come. Keep it real. Keep it fresh. Congratulations. You know? Jason. Yes, Vince? You were going to say something. Oh, I was actually going to... No, well, I, yeah, I was actually... In terms of... Uh, I was going to say to Scotty that I feel like uh, the, the karma of the, uh, of the Daniel Warren Johnson was paid back by introducing him to Aaron Conley. Uh, oh, my so. gosh, dude. Yeah, yeah, for for <laughs> for absolutely short. That I love that dude. I love that dude on a personal level. I love that dude on an art level, and I love that dude on a soon to be my partner level because I'm I'm writing a, a, yeah, yeah. a series. Yeah, I'm writing a series for him right now. So, uh, or with him right now, and it's gonna is be it, fucking fun. No, I've talked about it. I've talked about it out there, but I haven't put out what it is. Publicly, but I've talked about doing a project with him. Um, uh, we've been talking about it for a little. In fact, we text a little bit about it today. Uh, I think again, I'm not, I'm not putting him, him on blast or putting him out. But I think we're gonna get kicked. We're gonna get started in March. So he's gonna start putting nice. pencil to paper and uh, pencil to paper in March for it. And you know, I brought, I brought. I was really determined to get him to do some Rocket Raccoon stuff. He did an issue uh, of Rocket Raccoon, but. And I just, I loved it so much. He's awesome. You guys talked about, you know, you know, to no to bring this back to you guys. See, it says it's your 500th episode. Oh boy! And, mm. and, and, and just to let people know, we're gonna, you know, you you've stroked Felix and you've stroked me a little bit, and and I'm sure we both agree that it feels very good. It's very right. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna bring it back to you guys a little bit on your 500th, and and say for real. You guys do an amazing job of of sharing this this craft and this and this uh, this hobby with so many people. No matter who you know, it's not just um, 
a random listener or whatever. Again, like somebody who spends all his days and, and nights consumed with making comics, I still I remember the day. Again, just like I can remember inking a panel while you know the day the, the you know the hours before I went and raced Pinewood Derby cars with my son. I remember I was. In the drive-through at Hardee's. Again, I, I listen to you guys a lot in the morning while I'm at Hardee's. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I was in the drive-through at Hardee's getting my breakfast on the way to my studio, and you guys were talking about this book, Sabretooth Swordsman, and you were just fucking popping off about it like it was, you know. And, and I was just like, "What is this book? This sounds so crazy." So uh, I just uh, again, it was a long line. I picked up my phone. I Googled it real quick. I looked at it. I was like, this is so fucking awesome. And so this thing was on the way to my house by the time I was leaving Hardee's. I had already ordered it. Um, so that is, you know, that's something that I love about your show that that has always, especially, you know, you know, we've talked about it. I've clowned you guys a little bit in jest because we're, we're such good buddies. But once once you guys got past the point of doing business talk, and right. you just you 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 know for those who don't know back in the day they were kind of business talkers but like and i don't think well, it was I they I don't it think was it was jason was yeah, yeah we yeah. don't care yeah. <laughs> listen don't no 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 don't put it all on jason, all jason all, but it, it pretty thanks, much bro. is yeah thanks, bro. Much. i got your back no 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 you guys all think you know what editors decided why this editor decided like <laughs> oh, oh boy the, the, dc's doing this because of not, i hate dc never gonna read it vince um you just went from bigging us up to, to blowing us up no, i'm, I'm so back i'm back i'm back i'll bring it back i'm bringing it back but like once you guys got back into a place once you guys found what's been who you guys are for the last you know three four hundred episodes is just a place that express like reads things and talks about what you like and it doesn't matter if it's from you know, some independent publisher or one of the main two or yeah. whether it's image or dark horse, you guys are great at finding these gems and sharing it and exposing that, which is what our business needs. We're this, we're a weird little business that has a bunch of weirdos like, uh, you know, Aesop rock has a great quote in one of his songs that, 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 that I love. And it says that, I believe we're just a bunch of weirdos on a quest to belong. And you guys are a great show that helps bond us all. Like all us weirdos on a quest to belong. You help us belong in that you, you know, you expose all the various levels of this craft to us and, and don't judge either one. You know, there's various podcasts that are all big too. There's various podcasts that are all, you know, fold and staple mini comic, you know, there's, there's such a level. And sometimes you always feel like if you don't like exactly this little pocket, then you're kind of on the outs of that group. But I like that you guys will talk about, you know, Vince will talk about some crazy ass dark demented, you know, stuff that I can't let my son find books, <laughs> you know, all, but right after talking about bean world, you know? Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, which is really cool, you know. I mean, yeah. I, I think, yeah, I really appreciate that. For I, 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 I agree with that one hundred percent, and you know, I, I can't follow that up. Uh, I'm, I, you know, I'm not going to be as eloquent as Scotty. Excited. Well, one thing is, I haven't been as long a listener, but in the time I have listened, what I like about the show is that you guys all keep it real, but you always emphasize the positive in comics, mm. and that love and enthusiasm for the medium is infectious. 
And, you know, it really comes through. Uh, I'm, I'm a 40-plus-year reader of comics. I listen to the show. still gets me jazzed about books. So that, I think that's all to your guys' credit. And, and uh, you know, here's to another 500 episodes. No, oh, we're done, man. I think it, it, there's, there's so many places where you can find negativity or it's very easy to complain about anything. Yeah. And we days. haven't been perfect. I mean, sometimes we. Oh think no. no, and we yeah, and we and yeah, when 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 we read something that's supposed to be you know, the new hotness, and we're going to dive in on it, and if if, and and we don't try to. I don't think any of us ever. We don't give in the peer pressure, so I, I don't think anybody, none of us will ever say, you know, if one of us didn't like it, one of us didn't like it. We're not going to all of a sudden change our minds. So it's you know three thumbs up from everybody. It's it's just it's. But no, there's there's plenty of places where you can go to see people, to read people, read what people say when they want to complain about things. But we read so many things that we we're, we're in contact with each other. Well, when when one of us is actually using Slack, but oh we we keep God. in contact oh with each God. other. <laughs> uh, uh, so passive aggressive. So we're, we're Seriously, always, we're always up and. We're we're always up and running and, and talking about things, but but for us to get together one night a week and and talk for two three hours, it, it's it, it's it's a special time where we just we 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 want to make sure that this is this is this is meant to be a good time. It's 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 a happy place. It's we we want to focus on on what's good because nobody nobody needs to hear us complain about shit for two hours. It's true, right? But. I mean, I got to keep it real as well. We we did tend to lapse into negativity over the course of the 500 episodes. The early ones, we would go down dark roads at times. Mm-hmm. But yeah. oh, the early yeah, the early ones got dark days. For yes, sure. and and I mm-hmm. I will be totally honest, and I don't think that this man understands just how much his words mean to me and 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 his 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 person means to me but i'll be totally frank scotty changed the way i approach this thing that we have here get out of here scott i'm i'm not kidding you have had a monumental impact on me that's why i got a little bit flustered when you didn't realize that it was me saying Bicello the right way because you told me to say it. I put so much weight behind everything you said. I know. Listen, I I told I I turned around that night at dinner. I I was wrong. I can eat my I can be wrong. I'm cool with being wrong. No, you you weren't wrong. It's just that it for whatever reason, but I just I, I, before I forget, I just want to finish this. But okay, okay. But back in the, back in the day when you first started coming on, you were so positive and you were so energized and so excited about everything, like from from this European graphic album to to this this mainstream thing. And I said, that anthology book you turned me on to, yeah. And and I just I took a look at it and I, and I said, this is the way to be. And that that has been. If there's one thing I can say about Scotty, this is the way to be. Stands for almost every aspect of his life. This is the way to be a father. This is the way to be an artist. This is the way to be a fan. Everything that Scotty does is this is the way to be. And I, I just, I can't tell you how much you mean to me. 
And oh, wow. you're about, ready, oh, about ready to make a brother yeah. cry. No, yeah, and, and, and but, that's the thing. And I have learned so much from you. And you're you're younger than me. I don't give a shit. Uh, I just I you, what you say makes damn sense. And, and well, thank I, you, man. But you know, but you know what? Just like you just said, that only comes from realizing. That only comes from realizing along the way that. Uh, you're doing it wrong as well, right? You know, you, you said oh, sure. the beginning, you find the dark days. You, you, I had those as well where I thought like the best version of things was just making sure that I could, I saw all the angles and I call out all the shit and that's my thing, right? Like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, this isn't very fun. Like, like this doesn't make me very happy. It doesn't, I feel like it doesn't make anybody else. Like, what is the point in just being negative? You know, what's the point in being the smartest dude in the room that like, right. and then you start realizing like, no, we can all, we all hate everything. Who's smart? Like, like being the smartest person in the room, there's no fun in that. Like, who cares? Well, what does that really like, get you in the end of the day? It, yeah. So, I mean, I like to say all the time, like, you know, anytime that I give art critiques or anytime mm-hmm. I give business advice or anytime that I give, you know, anything that has anything to do with is sounding like I'm handing down information, it's always comes from a place of like, I fucked this up before. <laughs> like, right, you know yeah. what I mean? Right. Like, it's never going like, listen, I was born with the answers. Here's the answers. It's going like, at one point, I didn't have the answers and I fucked things up and it hurt. If I can maybe say, yeah. hey, I tried it this way. Try to avoid like here. I'm gonna give you a couple traffic cones. <laughs> like try about this, or the same thing was like, ah, you know what? I used to just like like find the shitty things and like talk about the shitty things, and it's. But then you realize like that's really easy, you know? Like that's an e that's a, that's too easy. Like it's actually it's actually way more difficult and challenging, but ultimately more rewarding to figure out why you love things, you know? Like like how can you describe why you really like something without just going like I love it. Like right. when you hate something, you can talk about it for hours, right? You're just like, oh, well, they said and, and they should have said not, or they should they said <laughs> either, and they should have said neither. What a fucking dummy, you know? Like that's easy, but usually when we like something, we're like, oh, I love that, and then it's kind of it. But like yeah. to try to figure out, like, let no, let's think about that, and I think that's what you guys do a great job of is right. like figuring out that thing of like why do we like this and 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 if you didn't like something be like well let's not let's not waste our time with it too off too much you know right tearing down is easy it is tearing down so easy building building creating is a real deal that's my number one that's my number one thing that i say like i i don't think that we need to tear down to be able to build things up you know i think that recognizing why we need to build new things is important but don't think that we need to destroy things or, or be, you know, completely negative to find the positive in things. So, right. yeah. Well, I have yeah, a question right. for Felix. There we go. You have assembled a monumental group um, under the, the Felix comic art umbrella. Is there one artist out there that you would love to have that, that you haven't? Um, oh, good question. Mm. That is a good question and one I'm not going to answer. at least not on the air okay let's say say yes yes i mean there are a lot of talented artists out there um i'm just really happy to to have the guys that i have and uh you know we'll see what happens uh with anyone else awesome that's a good answer that's a yeah that's a good answer yeah can you get me some richard corbin art (laughs) (laughs) of course you can not not uh not an impossibility because 
Corbin held on to a good portion of his R2. And every and he his he's been pretty consistent about this. About uh, once a quarter, he'll have a sale, and um, his prices aren't bad. Uh, he's he's selling some of the more recent stuff. It's uh, drawn with Sharpie, right? Um, it's not like the prime Corbin, but even even recent Corbin's still great, and it's and it's pretty affordable. So I would suggest uh, that you get on his mailing list. Um, I think it's like Corbin. Art studios, something like that. You can you can you can Google it, but okay. um, yeah, you you can you can still get art from him. Otherwise, it's just uh, monitoring auctions and the the early stuff. You know, the prime stuff, the Warren stuff. That's the stuff I want. Yeah, that's that stuff is tough, and that stuff is very very pricey, mm. very pricey. Well, yeah. Jason, if, if I recall, well, no, if I recall, um, <laughs> Felix, the uh, the episode where you had. Um, where you had, uh, um, uh, I'm trying to think who was your guest, but you, you guys were talking about Corbin art. Um, uh, who was it? It was, um, it was, uh, Albert, Albert Moy. You had Albert Moy. And then I can't think of who the third person was, but you guys well, were talking I think, about, I think that was, I think that was the secret episode that most people didn't get to hear. Ah, um, okay. So I guess we can't we can't speak on that then. Sorry. Yeah, but go ahead. I mean, you know, we can speak in general terms about Corbin. That's not a problem. Yeah. So I guess you you did have an, an episode with Albert that I forgot it was a bonus content because. Uh, but, and we had so the, uh, just to give you a little more background, we had to yeah. yank it because Albert got some heat up for it. And yeah, I think it was only up for a few hours, right? Yeah, uh, it was on for it was it was up for about twenty four hours, and then we had to pull. And then he said, "You know what? Well, you got to pull this. I'm just getting too much heat for it." And I'm, I'm stoked that I got to hear it. Yeah, it's so yeah. It's, it's but just, you did you did speak candidly for a, a minute or two about Corbin because it sounds like Albert and I forget who your third was at the time. Uh, but uh, John, John Butler, John Butler's a big, okay. And actually, uh, Vince, um, the hot stuff story from Warren is getting broken up in the next Heritage auction. Um, and it still won't be cheap, but you can go to the you can go to Heritage, Heritage Auction site now and check out the scans. They've got like nice big scans for you to drool over. So it's oh. it's, it's free to look. Yeah, I don't throw much money at original art, but I would it's not. I would we very know. much consider it if it's Richard Corbin. You talk the game, but you don't mean it, though. All right, exactly. brother. Okay. Well, yeah, you don't though. I mean, all I right, I'll say, I'll say this. I'll say this, player. If if Felix does the <laughs> player er at the end of it, yes, because that's <laughs> the correct pronunciation of it. Player, Damn, everybody's jumping on me. I feel like Quasimodo. <laughs> I got you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If, if Felix does the the dinner with Paul Pope next year, I'm in. All right. I will right. get I will get a piece of away oh, from you. Mean you're in in? I'm in wow. in. Yes. Well, we'll have to be. We'll have to be <laughs> what, what, what would you want to get? Have you thought about that? I'm curious. Oh, I know we exactly what about I. That on the drive home. Actually. Yeah, I would get a, a Prince Tufton from Commandy. Wow. Yeah. That, yep. You know what? That's that is a great pick for Paul because he loves that Kirby stuff. I know. Yeah. And Dapper, what did you get say? I get a battling boy. Ooh, battling boy, yeah. right? Nice. That's what I, that's what I said, player. Actually, I said I'd get a. Uh, Aurora West because I'd love to get David Rubin to do Battling Boy and and Paul to do Aurora West. But I um, how much of this wine am I supposed to be drinking? All of it. No, I, I just drank a whole bottle while I'm on this podcast. All right, so I, I got half the bottle gone. Is hey, that North. like too much? You're slacking. Uh, no, it's not. Too, what are you talking about? I literally just it? I'm on the last two 
two sips of a, a complete bottle of wine on but this goddamn But you're taller than but I are, am. Are are, yes, yeah, true. <laughs> but are, are, are your complete bottles 750 milliliters, or, or are you talking about the one-liter jammies? Um, uh, who, me or Vince? Both. Where do you oh, see? Yeah, I'm, seven, I'm 750, homie. Right. Okay. It doesn't say so on the down, front down. how much this is. Uh, I I said because of because of all the lines, I, uh, I I'd love to see him go crazy on a uh, on a Spider Man. Yeah, no doubt. That um, would be a dope thing. Yeah, that would be. Yeah. This is Dallin Baumgarten calling in to say kudos, gentlemen, and a huge huge thank you for for providing a boon to my week each and every week for nine plus years. Bookum Dano, she's five oh oh. EOC is the show I love. EOC is a cut above. EOC is the show for me. EOC indubitably. Eleven o'clock comics is the very best. Eleven o'clock comics and fuck the rest. Eleven o'clock comics. Felix, what um who who don't you have art from that you would still like to have art from? Well, uh, because I'm also a big movie fan, I'd love to get something from Drew Struzan. Oh, oh that'd be awesome. Oh, 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 oh my God. You know <laughs> have you seen um, uh, John Higashi's collection, right? Of course, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. I used to clown on John all the time because John used to, you know, John, John was like, uh, I call it con bangers, right? Like all of us con dudes that just go to every con or just con out there con banging. But John used to go to all the conventions, but this he's, you know, John's not a, not an imposing dude, but he just rolled around with a portfolio and he's just carrying around the originals of, he's got like five, six Drew Struzans and not like, like these are commissions for him. Like, it's not like he just like picked up random sketches He's got like Travis pieces in there. He's just walking around at all times with this on his person. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> like, John, it, John is sort of uh, John is like, you know, is like an even crazier Jason, basically. <laughs> is, is that possible? Does he leave his portfolio it's places? So true. It's so true. <laughs> Dude, Felix, you fucking nailed it, dude. For as long as I've known Higashi, oh, oh my god. Also, Hagashi's like a legit. You know when you also when you say something. You're saying so I'm smart. not legit, dog. No, no. I'm saying, <laughs> you know when you say something. Well, player. You, know, you two are Stop. you two are similar in this way, which is like you know when you say like somebody's so smart, you're like, oh, he's like a rocket scientist. Like Hagashi is literally a rocket scientist. Oh yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> at, at NASA, uh, so it's kind of like you when you're like, ah, oh, no, 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 I'm about my business. No, like you literally, like that's your jam, right? You are literally about the business. Yeah, <laughs> like your sir. job is about that. So you guys aren't, you guys. That's funny that I, I never thought about uh, tying those two together, Felix. But I think you nailed it. That's you know, funny. He he is actually a personal friend of Drew Struzan's. That's how he got all that art. So is Struzan yeah, the only Don, one, Felix? Though I mean, are you pretty much good otherwise? Oh no, there, there, there are. You know, it's the, the list is endless. You know, there, but there are there are certain guys that uh, that you know whose work I admire and uh, I fully respect. You know, their their place in the history of comics. But uh, you know, I'll probably never get you know someone like Frank Frazetta, right? Um, all time great. Yeah, 
Yeah, just, well, just, I got to be honest. It, it frustrates me that Scotty is not more in L.A. because the thing that 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 uh, I'm super envious of are people like Larson or DWJ or others who do collect art but can trade their art yeah, for other yeah, people's yeah, yeah. art. And Scotty, Scott, I mean, real talk. Scotty could do that. Scott, Scotty could, no, I know he could do that. that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I you should you need to ball up. I, listen, yeah. listen. I would do that in a heartbeat for anybody who wants to trade art that I c- currently already have done. The downside is for me is every time that I want to get something from somebody, they want me to draw new pieces. Right, and oh, I'm like, right. I'm like, man, can I just can I just pay you? Like, right? I just, <laughs> like, like I just cash like, money, bitches. Yeah, can I just give you some loot? Because I do straight like, cash, homie. Listen, I got a goddamn two-year-old at home, dude. I don't – I can't I can't do this. I can't do this draw. So it's like right now I got a commission. I got a commission that's like a year, year and a half old from Andrew Robinson. It's like a dope-ass tank girl commission. Mm-hmm. But I agreed to do a trade, so I've got to draw the piece for Jason. It's like shit. I keep forgetting to draw the piece. So no, I, like, I'm open for trade for anything that I've currently done. And – and Felix will tell you, like, once I've done the piece, I just I let it go. I'm like, hey, whatever, do what you will with this. Like, it's not mine anymore. I'm done with it. I'm I'm moving on. I'm doing more pieces. So I'm right. definitely open for trade. It's not that I'm not a when I say that I'm not a collector, it means I'm saying I'm not a collector in that I'm not out on the hunt for anything that holds value or anything. Like when I see something like when I first met James Heron, James Heron was like 24, 25. Met him at Heroes Con. You know, he had kind of been around on the internet for a couple years. Uh, he had all these dope, like, sketch blog pieces. Yeah, and he yeah, was yeah. He was selling them for, like, 100 200 bucks a piece. I bought, like, 12. I bought, like, 12 of them. Like, because... Not because I cared about the value, because I was like, this dude is doper than anybody I've ever seen on the planet. And... And he's selling. And even when he was like, I was like, "How much you want for these?" He's like, "I don't know, two hundred too much." I'm like, "Nope, that's pretty good." <laughs> so I'm just like, "I want this whole stack," uh, because he's amazing, right? Yes. Um, so, oh, oh, and Felix to tell you what was it? Two Saturdays or two Sundays ago, Felix gets a text from me like, "Hey, Felix, what you know about Garbage Pail original art? <laughs> Garbage Pail kids original." <laughs> <laughs> now i'm listening i'm listening now because listen i'm a kid that that's where you get me right like yeah i am and you guys know my tattoo arm right like i'm a i'm a mad magazine kid that's why felix got me with the jack davis like i'm a sergio jack davis yeah. uh you know Duck Edwin, Duck Edwin, yeah, more like, I, I, yeah, yeah more uh, like anybody who did any any of the cartoonists who were mainstays at Mad Magazine from the, you know the seventies up through the late eighties and early nineties, like that was my life, right? And Garbage Pail Kids were a massive part of my fucking childhood. Like when I start thinking about the things that taught me how to draw it was garbage pail kids mad magazine calvin and Hobbes, peanuts like all those things so those are the those are like much more than any kind of superhero or or comic book page or anything like so you know like yeah i, I literally and i'm not kidding you at all it was what two weeks ago felix yep 
where I'm like texting Felix on a random Sunday at like 10:30 in the morning, like, "Hey, what? Uh, I just watched the Garbage Pail Kids documentary. I was like, "What you got on the Garbage Pail art?" And Felix <laughs> starts hitting me up, like, "Well, here's the best way for this." And I did find one of the modern day dudes that I was trying to get him to do a cover for me, <laughs> like out there doing the kind of the current stuff. But I'm very particular. Like, I'll get sketches from people. So I got like, uh, you know, Eric Kennedy's done a never-ending story piece for me. Um, I'm 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 a little bit like you, Jason. Like I'm less I'm less into collecting like published work, and more into like I want a piece specifically for me. That, yeah, you know, of of people right. that I love. I don't really care. Yeah. If you're you know, I gotta I'm, laugh. Like it, when I hear things like that, I do think like I have a major problem because. And Felix said this on when I was when I was on his show, like like you both just basically you you infer that I'm a commission collector, which I am, but like it just cracks me up because forty percent of my collection are published pages. So it just shows you that on top of the madness that is the commissions that you all think of me as, like I buy lots of published pages too. Yeah, I just what's madness is you know the exact notable. percentage of the your collection <laughs> that is published pages. Like that's, that's because of calf, though. I mean, that's yeah, well, because of you know, uh, of calf. I I have a. a I mean, I, I, you know, Felix could speak to this. I mean, a lot of the like baller, baller collectors, probably himself included, don't, don't have all of their collection up on calf. Um, you know, they they just have like like representative pieces. I, I mean, right. I just I have literally everything save for maybe there's maybe twenty twenty five pieces that are uh, framed, hanging on walls that I just haven't bothered to take down and figure out a way to scan uh, that aren't up. But I mean, ninety five percent of my my OA collection is on calf. So I have the I can I have analytics I can see so I just know that because I can pull up a, a grid that right, really sh- shows me. I'm a, I'm gonna flip the interview the interviewing script oh, onto onto you. What what part of you? Because now you are again I I understand this because of the world that I'm in, but what part of you was there any point during your collecting where it went from I'm grabbing pieces that I enjoy. And I like, and I like art, but was there a tipping point that crossed over into now I'm collecting and getting things to like secure my status amongst the, the baller collectors? No, never. It's never, never, because, it still hasn't happened for me. Well, okay. Again, I'm not judging either way. Cause that's yeah. a thing too, right? Like that's a thing, right? Like. Yeah, well, like, like Felix, you had um, and, and God, I, it, I'm terrible with uh, with recall, but but you had a gentleman on one of your episodes where he was talking about essentially this very issue where he felt compelled to own a Dark Knight page and compelled to own pages from certain representative works, even though they weren't necessarily something that were nostalgic for him, because he felt that no true collection could be without that. Um, but for me, I mean, I've I've never had that. I mean, I, I and I think part of it is driven by the fact that um, I just started collecting at a time where price inflation had already happened to such a degree. I mean, would I love what what art collector wouldn't love to have a Dark Knight page or a Watchmen page? But neither, well, Dark neither of those books. Well, that's not true. I mean, Watchmen I could think is the best comic ever made. But but I accept that that I don't love the art enough to spend what I would have to spend now to make it worthwhile. So right. for me, even to this day, uh, whether it's a published page 
uh, or commission. It's a hundred percent about, do I love the artist? And honestly, I mean, Scotty, to your point, although it's not this like this anymore for a long time, I got commissions from people whose art I loved, but I didn't necessarily love their published work. Meaning not that I didn't like the work itself, but I didn't like the, the content. So let's say like someone that just basically was exclusive to DC for years. And I don't really buy, I don't love DC the way I love Marvel. I would commission something from them. I mean, it's changed now where I, I, I generally prefer to get commissions, but, but any published page I buy is purely because I love the artist and the source material. Um, but no, I, I've never, that was a great question. Um, and it is very common in the hobby. And yeah. I'll say that the, the most pure collectors are commission collectors, in my opinion, um, mm-hmm. they're, because they're not looking to impress anyone. They're just buying art to make themselves happy. Right. And that's where, that's where my love of, of, of getting pieces from people lie. Like I, I don't know that there's a comic out there outside of, uh, I mean, I, I, I could very easily try to buy the entire seven issue run of I kill giants. Like I probably would, mm-hmm. if that mm-hmm. was a possibility, I would attempt it. Like mm-hmm. I would attempt to own all seven issues worth of art for that. Right, uh, right. That that's how important, uh, that three shadows is another, is another book. Like there's a few books out there where if I could own a piece of that because of what it means to me, but other than that, like, there's no real like interior page of any comic where I'm like, oh my god. For me, it's much more like, you know, I love, uh, you know, I love, you know, whatever children's books and Harry Potter and Neverending Story and things like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, if I get my buddy David Peterson to do me, you know, a a never uh, Neverending or a labyrinth piece. You know, I get Kennedy to do me an Everending Story piece. I've got some great, uh, you know, <clears throat> uh, Mike Huddleston to me an awesome uh, Max from the Where the Wild Things Are piece uh, painting, which is just amazing. Like th- those are that's way more. I don't know. It's something special to me because it's like you don't know what you're gonna get. It's so personal. It's something, and it's there's something exciting about it. That's more. And again, I don't really call myself a collector for those but it's just me like getting pieces of art and then then i'll go like i mean i probably haven't commissioned somebody to sketch me something well actually mike mike huddleston in 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 uh san diego maybe sitting now i don't even know where it was i don't know where the fuck we were seattle maybe but i got him to do me a, a couple sketches because he's amazing but yeah, I don't know. There's something there's something different about it for me than than just like running out and getting published work. But I would imagine that there has to be a, a collection of or a, a group of collectors out there that are about like, you know, like measuring, right? Just like, yeah. Well, like no, I mean, and, and Felix, you could again, you'd be able to speak to this more than 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 I could. But I know that just in the last few years of getting to know, um, I guess what would be considered some of the the, the better or more prominent collectors on, on some level personally, um, it does seem like a lot of them have curated their collections over the years where perhaps because they collected long enough, they had lots of pieces from different artists or comics and they've been able to over time, um, either through getting wealthier or more likely trading away lots of, of pieces have been able to trade up, so to speak, where they now have one or two brilliant representative pages or pieces from different artists or, or comics that, that mean the most to them. And, you know, would, I guess by most accounts pass muster and that it's like a pristine collection. 
you know, I mean, I mean, there, I, I don't know who Felix you would think would, I don't know who you would consider having the the best collections. I don't know if it would be like someone like Albert because he, he, his collection is also his business, but, or someone like a Dave Mandel, like, I don't know, who would you say, like, who are the people with the best collections? I mean, like, how would you? They, they tend to be people who've collected the longest. And, you know, to Scotty's mm-hmm. point about the measuring thing that goes on, it absolutely does go on. And, uh, you know, I curate my collection uh, like how you described, but I also realized just how futile it would be to, to uh, try to get in a measuring contest because of who's, you know, the, 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 the real big players in the hobby. I mean, you'll never come close. Uh, this will mean something to you. Because uh, you're in the finance uh, industry, but you know the uh, private equity firm KKR. Yeah, of course. Okay, so um, yeah, you know, Roberts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know about you know about the Roberts. I mean, he's yeah. You know, he's probably like the first billionaire in the hobby. So you can imagine the collection he has. So forget ever trying to uh, you know put together a collection that'll come anywhere close. You know what I mean? So he just. Just buy what you like, you know. It just so happens yeah. that I'm an '80s kid, so I, I like Dark Knight Returns. If I yeah. was an '80s kid, if I was a '90s kid, I probably wouldn't care. You know, I wouldn't get. You know, Felix Dave Mandel's really intriguing to me um, because he's a guy that was an OG collector long before he was wealthy. Um, and he and, had, and he had a head start. I mean, he was you know he was making well above. What no, other- no, no, no. I realize that, but I'm saying, but like. He's now insanely successful, like mega wealthy and mega influential. He he. My point is, he's wealthy enough now where he could be in there buying pretty much whatever he wanted if he if he really wanted it. But um, but he's but despite that, much of his collection is old school because he curated it before right. he's attained this level, and that's so, pretty intriguing. I, I mean, know, um, you, you know, know, how much of this? Uh, I mean, it's not really. I don't. Know, I, I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm trying to. Choose my words carefully. Uh, Dave has Dave has a great collection, and he can continue to add great pieces. Yeah. But in order to do so, he would, you know, leverage the equity, existing equity in his co- collection. He's not going to just write a check. Um, sure, but sure. There are guys now who are getting into this hobby who are just writing checks. There, there is crazy, crazy money coming into the hobby. <laughs> Yo, what up, 11 o'clock comics? This is Super Spell, a.k.a. Onomar, a.k.a. Big Ray in the Bay. Congrats on 500, dudes. I still remember the day I found Bullpen Bulletin and um, been with you guys ever since and lurked for a long time before I joined the forum. Glad I did. And um, y'all created a family, uh, a micro cosm of uh of coolness and cool people and and just glad to know everybody um thank you for what you do week in and week out much appreciated love you brothers peace well mark lazary um who owns the milwaukee bucks um but bought the bucks because he's a super uber successful hedge fund manager um, I just recently found out as a huge comic yeah. book collector. Yeah. I don't know if he no, buys right. art, but yeah. but he's got. I mean, he's got an insane. Like he bought uh, he bought Nicholas Cage's Action Comics number one as an example. Um, but like he's got many many millions of dollars of 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 comic book, 
And, you know, to your point, I mean, again, I mean, you know, I know these guys like to bust on me and say, oh, you know, you have money and stuff. And sure, no, I'm not going to argue that, that I haven't been very fortunate financially versus sort of the average person. But, but I mean, to Felix's point, I mean, there, there are literally guys that could buy you out of the room. I mean, there are guys that the writing, way, writing a seven, a seven figure check is not even a considerable problem for them. They a just guy, do what a, they guy, want. a guy like that just hasn't discovered comic art yet. Original art. I know. Yet. No, I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah, you exactly. talked about earlier, you know, how when you get into this hobby, you, you start at one place and you move up. Well, if you're starting off in comics, you're moving up to art. Yeah, yeah. Well, you were into comics, right? I mean, that was you, you did. Exactly. You bought you bought exactly. slabs and stuff, right? Exactly, exactly. And, and what happens for all guys who collect slabs is you end up getting everything. You know, and I, I, I didn't get everything, but at least for what I wanted to get, it wasn't that hard to put together a uh you know a late silver age bronze age collection i mean it took me about a year and i got got all the pieces i wanted and i realized that uh you know there are multiple examples of these out there at any given time i mean even if i want an af15 now it's just a matter of how much i'm willing to pay but it's attainable uh with art no it's not the same uh situation it's they're all one of a kind so if there is a particular piece i want and someone has it who doesn't want to sell it i'm not going to get it uh, yeah. But even even action number one, you know, if, of course, you have to have the, the ability to, to buy it. But theoretically, there's always going to be one available. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you still have your comics or did you sell them to start buying art? I sold I sold the bulk of I sold all the valuable ones and and rolled that over into art. I mean, all my, uh, you know, nostalgia comics, I, I still kept, you know, they, mm-hmm. they did. You know, there was it was worth it more worth it for me to keep than to sell. Yeah, I guess before we, we let you guys go, I mean, one, one thing we should probably roll back to is, is um, especially given that both of you are super busy, uh, one producing art, one wrapping and selling art. Um, do you guys still feel like you have enough time to do you still keep, you know, have you been reading stuff that you dig? I mean, because um, I don't know if it looks like I've been, I mean, I know you read some stuff, but do you do you read a lot of comics on a monthly basis? I thought I did until I started listening to your show. <laughs> you guys are crazy. I mean, you know, it's not just getting together once a week and, and talking for three hours and recording a show. It's all the lead up to it and, and uh, just just how much you guys consume. I mean, the scope of what you cover is, uh, you know, I, I don't know how you do it. But I, I uh, you know, I, I count on, uh, on on friends and, and, you know, listening to like you guys just to, for, for recommendations. You know, I, mm-hmm. I and, and unfortunately, I, I'll buy the comics. And I still don't have time to read it. But, yeah, I. I I, I still read a fair amount, uh, you know. Two, my my uh, unread pile is, is is bigger than it really should be. But I remember, you know, I kept hearing uh, Omega Men is really great, and uh, uh, I kept putting it off until I heard you guys just rave about it. So I have the trade, just haven't read it yet. Nice. Yeah, I I still read, but it's yeah, it's it's similar. Like uh, you know, it'll be. I'll, there's there's a certain amount of things that I keep up on. So like Black Science, I read as the trades come out. I don't mm-hmm. read it in singles, but I read as the trades come out. Uh, Jeff and Dustin Descender, I read singles. Um, I read Jeff's Royal City in singles. Jeff Lemire's Royal City. How good is that? It's really cool, man. It's so like good, creepy man. and weird. And yep. um, uh, so there's a you know uh, Eric Powell's uh, Hillbilly I support in singles. Mm-hmm. Um, I read in singles, um, and then there's things like, like Scott and Jock's uh, Witches, which I just read. 
Right. I, just, I just read on the flight to New York. So, you know, I have that sitting on my iPad for how many years has that been out? You know, three, four years, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just now read it and I really enjoyed it. Um, so for me, it's really, it's mostly catching up or, or, you know, I think maybe the funnest episode I ever did with you guys. And I'd actually, we should actually do it like an entire episode of that again. But my, my, my funnest episode I ever did with you was the, like our secret shame episode. Oh my God, dude. No, you were, you were the star of that because for each, each thing that we hadn't read, you had like five that we were jaw on the floor about. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I've not read almost anything, you know, like, like before a certain time, before a certain year and not a, not an early year (laughs) before a certain time, like I've read nothing, you know? So uh, a lot of, a lot of me is always going back and trying to catch up on a thing, you know? Um, and, and, and diving back into something. So right now I'm, you know, I'm still trying to make my way through Sandman, um, which, you know, is, is my secret shame that I've never read that being as like Neil's one of my favorite authors as far as books go. And, and collaborator. And collaborators. Yeah. So it's a little, you know, that there's tons of those, uh, secret shames that, but it makes it fun because I get to still go back and I, you know, I still have a lot of cool stuff to read, you know? So, yeah. So let's right back on. let's back this up. Yeah, bring it. Okay. Bring it, Vince. <laughs> oh, I said let's back this up a little bit. I never found out how the uh garbage pail kids thing came out. Did you <laughs> did you actually get a piece <laughs> of John John Pound art or or not? No, I mean uh, Felix Felix sent me some links to, you know, like very various things that were available that were available and obviously, you know, the the things that would be probably most important to me. Yeah, those first those first series and stuff like that. Those are going to be pretty rare. Yeah, like Adam um, Bomb. Some of the, yeah, some of those later series are available, and some of the more modern day stuff are available here and there. Um, but again, you know, and I even told Felix that day, I was like, "Oh, this is cool." But again, it would have to be a piece that actually meant something to me. Right. It's not just a matter of being like, "I like Garbage Pail Kids," so therefore I will buy any Garbage Pail Kids art that's out there. Yeah, it's really like. It would have to be one of those weird pieces that, you know, I remember, you know, like copying on a, on a sketchbook or whatever when I was a kid. Um, but no, yeah, it, the the early stuff is way – what what were some of those, Felix? Like some of those were out of control, right? Like twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars 40000 Yeah, I mean, and of course, uh, you know, the early series, series <coughs> – excuse me, series one and two, the ones everyone, everyone remembers, those are going to be the most expensive. But I don't know mm-hmm. – that, uh, you know, people realize card art tends to be small and, right. you know, like, uh, like Mars attacks cards are like three by five. I mean, they're, they're pretty tiny, um, but it, it doesn't matter. So it's, it's just, uh, it's not really about the artist. It's really about nostalgia. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Well, yeah. Um, hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, no, I, I, uh, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> it, it got derailed. It did, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm queued up. But I'm Gar- loving- I think gar- if you're going to talk about like uh, like values, I think garbage pill kids are, are they will continue to go up. Uh, like magic cards, something I have zero interest in. But mm-hmm. just looking at that fan base and you know how they're now reaching that age, yeah, those those are those are going to get a big bump too. Oof! There you go, Vince. Get on it. Yeah, nail it. <laughs> But I, I Vince think is a big magic player. I am. 
I think the uh, one of the best things I got out of this conversation is the uh, buy what you like, not what's hot, and and that that's always been my credo. I mean, from the books to the art, I, I would I would love to buy away. It's just that yeah. the the majority of the stuff that I see is not something that speaks to me. Sure, and I'm, I'm never going to get a Jack Kirby mm-hmm. because Eric Larson owns it all. Well, so, I mean, I, I think yeah, I think that's exactly the point, Vince. I mean, as you guys know, you I mean you I mean you adapt. Um, my, without, you know, putting, putting people's business out there, my, my partner at my firm's father passed away and he, his father was a prominent fine art collector. Um, I mean like a, like, you know, jaw droppingly, you know, significant collection. And, um, again, I won't get into those specifics other than to say that, uh, before he passed and, you know, in many ways he was, he was one of my mentors taught me really how to be an investor. Um, when I first went to his home where he, a lot of his art was on display and he sort of very proudly walked me through his home and showed me his collection. Um, I remember him saying, you know, cause I, I mean, it, it was, again, it was like a jaw dropping collection. And I, I said, how did you know what to buy? You know, like how were you able to curate this kind of collection? And again, this is sort of whatever kind of magnitude we're talking about with comics and comic art. This is that to the hundredth degree, right? And just as you alluded, Vince, his response was exactly the same, even though we're talking about like orders of magnitude more valuable and significant. He said, I never bought anything because I thought it was going to be a great investment. And again, this is a man who made his living for 50 years as a professional investor when he was a portfolio manager like I am. You know, he said, I bought art because it spoke to me. Right. And uh, right. over time, because, um, you know, I luck and fortune and I guess a decent eye over time, because I bought enough art over enough years, it became a really significant collection that had a lot of value beyond what I paid for it. But I never once bought a piece at auction or at a gallery thinking, well, geez, if I buy this now in 20 years, it's going to be worth 10x. You know, I just bought it because it meant something to me. Right. Exactly. And that could have been, you know, and that's, I mean, so, and that's, and so, yeah, I just think that's true of anything that you collect. You should buy it because you love it. And if it happens to have, value beyond that like awesome i mean that's that's great especially for you know your heirs if you're planning on just you know leaving it for when you die but but i think it's it's if that that's the best way to do it it's i think that is that's that's the only way i i think i look at it, it it's it i batman shadow wasn't exactly the greatest miniseries I read this year, but I I want that page not only because Riley drew it, but because it has Matches Malone on it. And and who the hell's looking for a Matches Malone page? I, I have a random page from Ren and Stimpy because Gary Fields was selling it for crazy cheap, but it's got lettering on the board. And and every page I have isn't because the only one that might be anywhere close to something that might have any forward thinking applied to it would be that first page from the first from the zero issue from the free comic book day issue of infinity and and i jason and i were at jim chung's table same time and both bought pages from from that series that day and i i wanted a jim chung page but the outrider was one of my favorite characters from from that series so and, and that's first appearance right there on the page and and it's so yeah at, at no point i don't even you know looking at what other collections other collectors have 
Um, I'm I'm totally in the camp of just buy what makes you happy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we've all seen how speculation works when paired with art. I mean, it almost destroyed the comic industry in the in the late eighties with the black and white boom. People were speculating on the next big thing and buying up tons of things that should never really have been hot commodities. It w- it was just a gamble. And and in the end, a lot of people lost a lot of money because they were they were trying to see what the next big thing would be and it it just never works because art is not a predictable medium. Right. Right? It's not like horse racing or or stocks or or any of that. It's it's there's so many different var- variables in art where it's just it's the one instance where it pays to play it safe and just buy what you love. You get you get both short term and long term gains. Long term gains, you get to enjoy this piece until you die. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I I never really art as a commodity doesn't sit well with me anyway. But I mean that's everything's a business, right? So play it safe and just just buy what you like. Now, for someone who. Uh it apparently is not uh, an original art collector. You, you have great advice. <laughs> you know, there's an original art collector living inside me. It's just that, <laughs> you know, I, 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 well, you I, got, you got, you got it figured out. So whenever you do decide to, 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 to get into the, the hobby, I mean, you know, you're, you got 99% of it figured out. Well, well you're the man I'm, I'm going to go to. So, hmm. And, you know, Scotty, too, uh, I was just thinking about a corollary to your question earlier about, like, did I ever make a transition to, like, buying things because I felt it was important to have them. I haven't. But I guess the one thing that would maybe kind of quasi fit into that, which is is that um, there are a few things that I own because it's just I want almost like a karma, like a cosmic thing to own something from that artist. Like, so um, you guys mentioned Jack Davis earlier. Like, I... Like I'm very soon going to buy something from Jack Davis because there is a decent amount that's always for sale, but I've never like none of the stuff that's usually for sale is something that, like really like it's like a subject matter that's drawn to me. But at this point, like I I just want something from Jack Davis because it feels right to have something from him. Mm-hmm. But like I have a thing from Kim Jong Ji that I bought like now this is before I had a chance to meet him and have him sketch in that book at New York Comic Con, but. Um, about a year ago, I bought something from his website that was essentially just a, a piece of page that he was, that he sketched random things on. And there was like a, uh, it looked like Rocket Raccoon, but it was more, it, it wasn't Rocket Raccoon, it was a raccoon, an anthropomorphic raccoon soldier type of thing. And then some other doodles like a violin just on a piece of page. And I bought that just because I wanted something of his. I own a Buscema Avengers page, but it's not, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a minor page in terms of if you're talking, parlance but i just i i wanted something from from john buscema from the avengers because it means so much to me and so like something like a kirby like i don't know that i'll ever have the the wherewithal to spend the money on like a choice kirby page at this point but i would definitely consider strongly buying what others might consider a minor kirby page just to have something from kirby right because just feels right Right. to be a collector and have something that means something to me so there are like pieces like that that i own where where again, it's like it's it's not necessarily a subject matter that I hold dear, but it's just the artist means so much, and it was you know an affordable or I guess reasonably affordable way to have something from them. So yeah, it's still yeah, that's different though than I what I was saying. Where mm-hmm. it was like you don't have those because you're going like you know it's not you're not wearing it as a badge. It's still more like 
it's still it's still fulfilling something in you that checks one of your boxes. Yeah. Not not that you're trying to check other people's boxes for sure. by by showing them that you own it. But by right. far and away the thing when it comes to collecting that I'm most proud of and that I consider my badge is is being like an A and R rep. Owning art from artists that before they blow up. That that's the thing I think like if I look at my collection, I think that is what I see in it. I see I, I've I've owned pages from creators, um, many dozens of creators before they were name enough that they you know charge quite high amounts. You know yourself included. I mean right. with that Oz page sure. you know, or uh, right. you know I was joking with Felix and I think half of Felix's roster I, I owned art from before they were repped by him. You know, probably, but like probably all of them. But how do you yeah. how do you find these guys is that is it is it just a trolling artist alley is it the it's art- our show it's no really it, our show it's it's reading it's reading a ton of comics and and always thinking about um the art first and then yeah i mean and then reaching out i mean for example perfect example so um declan Shavi. uh i mean this is where I, like collectors should should never like give up hope in terms of like yes if your goal is to have a frank miller collection that's going to be pricey but like with Declan, um, Chris Neesman, our old co-host, raved about 28 Days Later, the comic. He raved about it. He loved it. In fact, it was his his 11 o'clock choice for favorite comic uh, the year that it came out. Declan was the artist on it. I think that was the first published work Declan did, or at least the first that we had heard of him. Yeah, and we all we thought he sure- was nuts when he, when he picked yeah, it. Yeah, well, right, because it was just a licensed comic. But, but we then met Declan briefly at, uh, I think, C2E2, just yeah. briefly. He was in Artist Alley, not even set up. He was there you know, meeting, going to meet with editors and stuff. And, and because he had, because Chris had talked about 28 days later on the show, um, Declan had known of our show, listened to it. We introduced just, you know, quickly made a little, little, little chit chat, what have you. But then he moved on to Marvel that next year and he was doing uh, Thunderbolts and uh, he was doing, um, he was drawing, you know, characters that I loved like, like Power Man and Iron Fist. And just randomly because I had already met him, I emailed him and said, who sells your art? And he said, nobody. And I ended up being the first person to ever buy a piece of original art from Declan. And he just, he, I remember he at New York comic con that next year, he brought the one page from Thunderbolts that I said I wanted and he had it for me and I gave him money and I took it. Like he had, he didn't even bring any of his other art away cause he didn't assume anyone wanted to buy it. And you know, now it's like five years later. I mean, his OA goes for a ton and his commissions go for a ton. And so it's just like, I think it's just part like, being into that, like the gamesmanship of that, and also recognizing that 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 if if an artist is new, just reaching out to them and saying, "Hey, uh, I like your work. Like, is it for sale, or can I do a commission?" So, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Felix, it's also what I tell him to buy. So, you know, <laughs> you're, you're, it is. You're, you're the man well, yeah. behind. The yeah, he cool. likes. All right, right on. Yeah. <laughs> right on. No doubt, no doubt. <laughs> well, I I clearly need to. Uh, to talk more with Scotty about who who he's got his eye on, so <laughs> don't you don't don't reveal who it is, uh, Scotty. But I'm sure you you know who the next DWJ is already. Right, there's a there's a few in mind. Yeah, we'll have a chat. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> there you go. Hey guys, it's Gordo. 500 episodes and nearly 10 years of entertainment, knowledge, and hilarious conversation has kept me company during my postal rounds, and I can't imagine not hearing your voices once a week, sometimes more. 
I feel as if I've made lifelong friends throughout the community, been exposed to amazing art and stories, all because of a few fellow nerds decided to talk into microphones about their passion, and there was enough of us who wanted to listen and keep a steady, awesome community. Here's the 500 more episodes, and I hope to see you guys all soon. <laughs> all right, just as a little bit of fun and games to, to wrap this all up. If we had unlimited funds and the art mm-hmm. was readily available, mm-hmm. who are the five artists we'd buy from? Jesus. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Right? All right. Well, yeah. Jesus. Well, wow. I'll, I'll go first because I posed the question. Okay. If I somehow got Eric Larson drunk, I would <laughs> no doubt buy the entirety of Commanding Number 9 from him. I would buy a – Wait, so that doesn't count then. I mean the answer is Jack Kirby. Right, Jack Kirby. That's number oh, one. Okay. No, okay. Judger. Um, number <laughs> no, number two, I would uh, buy a piece of Mike Plugart, preferably from his Planet of the Apes run, but I would settle for a Man-Thing or a Werewolf by Night, maybe even mm-hmm. a Ghost Rider if available. Uh, three, mm, I would love a Mobius page. Yeah, like I said, unlimited funds. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a Bernie Wrightson, not from mm-hmm. Swamp Thing, but from um, the Frankenstein thing he did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that art. And um, number five is probably very readily available and easily attainable. I would, I would buy everything that comes out of Josh Bayer. Mm-hmm. I would. And Ben Mara. Oh, so I don't I, doubt it, yeah. That's six. So I cheated, as usual. <laughs> you did. Okay. Yeah, wait. <laughs> you follow your rules, man. Yeah. Lists are cool. Dap, why don't you go now? Um, well, you kicked us off with a whole issue, so I'll kick us, I'll kick mine off with a, uh, a complete Green Lantern story from Showcase 22. Wow. <laughs> a little uh, funds, I mean, hey. my man. So this, way, this way, I get the Gilcane edited away. I get the Green Lantern edited away. Uh, speaking of Green Lantern, I would also go for a Darwin Page from New Frontier. Oh, nice choice! Yeah. Um, I'm trying not to pick anything you did, so this way I can just go to your house to look at it. Uh, I make, would make sure you buy a DKR DK two piece, so I can come over and see yours. DK two, especially. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, colored even. Um, Stop. I will say, oh man, I, I don't. I'm gonna. Um, well, it's definitely gonna be Matt Wagner. I'm going to say um, probably from Mage Six. Uh, one of the pages there once the style definitely shifted and we had the Grendel backups and then the work was was a bit tighter. Uh so that's three. A Mazzucelli page from Born Again. Oof. And and I have the artist edition, so that's probably as close as I'm gonna get. Mm-hmm. Uh no no probably. That's as close as I'm gonna get. And I think I'll go with a um 
I'll go with the Burn Fantastic Four page. Ooh. Yeah. I was I was torn between Burn and Perez with 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 the new Teen Titans, but I'll I'll go with the Burn Fantastic Four. Yeah. As much as I would love I, I know. I know what I think you made the right choice. I, I I know you do. Yeah, no, I did there's especially from the Judas contract, I would love a Perez page, but I'll I I have that that burn fantastic four run is is definitely i you know what i'm gonna say it's episode 500 i've had some whiskey burn fantastic four is a is a top five run for me nice i would buy you the page with terax and the silver surfer battling it out with dr doom that's that's the pinnacle for me of his run i think i I like it all right i respect that yep who's next I'll, I'll jump in real quick. Um, I would just pick any five men magazine artists from the eighties. And I would just there just buy a piece from each of them. Jack Davis, Mark Jack Drucker, Jack Davis. Yeah. Jack Davis for sure. Uh, Duck Edwing is one of my favorites for oh, sure. Nice. Um, uh, Sergio for sure. Um, I'd throw Ow. in, uh, there's a, Feldstein. Uh, no, good. not Feldstein. Uh, uh, there's a, uh, oh, Al- yeah. Is it Joe? Is it Joe? Or there's a Coker. There's a Coker, right? Tom Junior. No, like, is it Tom? Yeah, no, Co- no, no, it's Tom, Tom Coker. It's yeah, it's Tom. No, no, it's not Tom Coker. That's a. He's another guy. But it's another <laughs> Coker Junior. I think um, that I think had a great card. Like again, these are you know these are. Shows you how much the art meant to me. That half of my, I, I probably couldn't still tell you the name, but the art is burned in my brain. You know, it's um, uh, Paul so yeah. Coker Jr. Yes, yes. Uh, loved his cartooning. Loved his cartooning. Um, you know, he got he he was one of the ones that would get you know his own little digest novels. You mm-hmm. know, back when they used mm-hmm. to collect, they used to separate out that stuff and do the little novels. Oh yeah. Um, I love so Coker's really, lettering yeah. too. Yes. So, oh, you know what? I'm going to lie. I'm going to say four artists from Mad Magazine, and then if money was no object and I could uh, plan a uh, Ocean's Eleven type heist of the Cartoon Art Museum in Columbus, Ohio, it, w- it would be to get at least uh, one uh, Watterson, Calvin and Hobbes piece. Oh, <laughs> now we're talking. Nice. Yeah. Now we're talking. Because I mean, if you if you've seen those in real life, you will just die. Like, yeah, it's awesome. It's fucking awesome. Like, it's <laughs> you just you're, you're touching it, you're looking at it, and you're like, "Am I fast enough to get out of this room?" Uh, like, yeah. It's, yeah, I love Scotty. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's mine. Um, I'll go. Um. As, as much as I like Jack Davis and I very much want something from him, I would have to say that uh, my one spot on this five funds being what they were uh, would be actually uh, a Don Martin strip. Nice. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, and Felix, I, I, I have always, I've searched for his work all the time and I can never, I, I don't know if his fat, do you know if it, like, has this stuff ever been sold? Like I never see any examples of it ever. It pops up. I used to own a cover, a painted cover. Oh, it it, it pops up. Uh, yeah, but for for as much art as he he created, uh, it's got it's got to be all held by someone somewhere. You yeah, know? 
yeah, so I would love that because I mean he was my favorite of the mad guys. Um, Jack Davis being a close second. Um, oh my god! Then then what? <laughs> what? Mar- Martin over Jack Davis? Again, just personal. I mean, yeah. I loved his. Yeah, okay. I just. Uh, Whatever, dude. That, that's Damn, cool. Right? I'm that's cool. On my parade. Shit. No, I'm not that's raining cool. on it. That's cool. Rumpy Gus over here. Um, <laughs> can I? Can I get here? Okay, good. Um, All right. Wow. <laughs> Getting late. Uh, <laughs> um, definitely, and I know who owns all these. I would love one of Rob's New Mutant covers. Mm. Um, preferably the first appearance of Domino. Um, I know who owns it. I know how much he wants for it, so it's never going to happen. But if this hmm. was to prevent his rules, no money or no money not being an object, I would definitely like to hit the bid on that and own that because um, for sure. Um, I do own a B- John Buscema Avengers page, but uh, it's from the later his later run with Tom Palmer. I would love to own uh, a great splash or a cover from his uh, initial run for sure. Um, probably the obligatory answer for a a collector of my age, uh, a, a great burn X-Men page would be awesome. Um, and, and that's probably within the realm of, of possibility over time, um, you know, versus all of these things. But, uh, and then last, um, probably the, the biggest surprise and hopefully puts a smile on Vince after being a grumpy Gus just now. Uh, <laughs> I would love to own, uh, one of the pages from, uh, fantastic four number 52, um, with the first appearance of black Panther. I would love a page of, from that issue with black Panther nice. feature prominently. So you always put a smile on my face. Except when I say that Don Martin's the bomb, I guess. Well, that's, no, I no, not when you say Don Martin's a bomb because he is. He's a firecracker. He's not a bomb. He's a firecracker. Oh no! But no, but no, no. compared to Jack Davis, come on. Okay, I, got, well, I, got, I got my list, guys. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you, Felix. I'm, yeah. And I'm I'm, I'm not going to name the people who've been named already, but because otherwise, you know, Jack Kirby. Mobius, Wrights and Frankenstein would absolutely be mm. in the top five. But uh, so for now, I'll go with uh, Richard Amzel's uh, poster art for Raiders of the Lost Ark. Wow, love it! I, I would I would go for Walt Simonson's Manhunter. <gasps> Man, Dap, you and you and Felix are like okay. Yes, because and I I I'm gonna let him finish. No, 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 no. Disrespect okay, Kanye, we'll, but we'll, just run, we'll just run through the rest. Uh, yeah. Wallywood EC sci-fi cover, uh, Staranko cap, and, uh, you know something, something, uh, something Struzan. Nice. I, I noticed on Felix's cap that that one of his recent additions from from San Diego, no less, this year was a Walt Simonson Manhunter bust, and and it is it's gorgeous, um, and and. I don't know if kudos is the right word, but I I, I do appreciate not seeing um, Vince Coletta's name on your list of uh, hilarious your collection. Hilarious. <laughs> All right, well, we have kept these two gentlemen for a long time, probably longer than planned. We told them both twenty to thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's how we do. By the way, this is endemic of the show. This is this is fairly typical. Yeah, I don't think show. I've ever. Yeah, even when you were like, I, when you guys said like, you want to come on for thirty minutes, I go, I don't even understand what that means. What does that word mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's but, just the intro. Uh, yeah. Um. I mean, but uh, but but with all seriousness, uh, th- thanks so much and, and much love to you both for 
for coming on and uh, and sharing in this uh, most splendiferous of uh, episodes with us. Uh, you know, I, I as long as Vince doesn't become a diva like he was with bullpen bulletins, we'll be around for another couple uh, hundred episodes. <laughs> Indeed, because um, David and I are always put in our we put on our, our our lunch pails and come to work. But um, but no, in all seriousness, thanks so much, guys, for uh, yeah for for coming on. It was super fun. Thanks for having us, man. That was it was it's been great. Thank you guys. Thank what uh, yeah. Felix? What what what, uh, what do we got? What's coming next? What uh, any more shows this year? No, I think uh, I'm pretty sure we're done for the year. Uh, right now, next show on the schedule is Emerald City in Seattle in March. So we have got about a four month break, which is nice. Should we do that show? You guys, you guys haven't haven't been to that show? Never. No. You should do that show. You should do that show. Oh boy! Uh, really solid artist alley. Seattle's a great town. Good food. Uh, yeah, do that show. If you any of you guys do decide to do it, let me know. We'll uh, we'll, we'll figure something out. We'll get together. Cool. All right, all right, gentlemen. I just have to say, you make all our lives better. Thank you for being you. Seriously. Hey, back at you, man. As do you all. Oh, uh, much love. Yeah. All right, all gentlemen. Right. Have yourselves a great night. You too, guys. Thanks again. Good night, Good night guys. <laughs> Hey, hey, awesome dudes. Wow, 500 episodes. This is Braxton from Atlanta just giving you a quick uh, embrace, digital embrace, you know, from way down here in the dirty south from A-Town up to you guys. Man, 500 episodes. You guys have been gathering in, in a, a, over the internet waves for a, a circle of brotherly con- conversation about comics. Man, you guys are rocks. You guys have been doing it a long time. I'm really, I'm proud of you. And uh, it's just awesome. It really is awesome. But, you know, I do have one small bone of contention. I'll be piffy. I don't want to cast a shade on this, but I, this is an opportunity for me to, to tell you guys. The uh, Demon Shirtless Yells, David Price does at the beginning of every episode, I think may be piercing the veil to fucking hell i i didn't want to say i i think i think that he may be getting close to cracking reality and bringing some lovecraftian horror into this world look i'm not saying this is vince b's intention (laughs) i'm not even saying that uh you know but vince is crazy you know vince vince is on wavelengths and, and frequencies that are not you know they're awesome they're avant-garde frequencies and you know he might be communicating with something and using david to as a tool to get it to open look forget that forget that congratulations seriously i can't wait to see y'all i'll probably see you in charlotte i'm gonna french kiss one of you it'll be a game we play you don't know who it's gonna be anyway i'll see you in charlotte this is Braxton from Atlanta. I, I genuinely love you guys. Huge, huge thanks for Scotty and for Felix for stopping by. Uh, but the fun's not over yet. We still have a ways to go with episode 500. So uh, two very dear friends of ours. Um, well, one. Who we've known a long time. Um before the show, before 11 o'clock comics, but uh, they have been guests 
in the past. Uh, we really, I don't, I don't think it was kind of unanimous when, when we were talking about who could stop by and, and, and we could chat with for a while. Um, two names pretty much came up right off the bat. Uh, and that is, of course, Mario and Zach. Welcome, guys. Hi. What's up? Hello. What's up, you jikes? Yes, sir. Good to have you. Welcome. How's it going, fellas? Just basking your own awesomeness. Apparently. No, not even close. Oh, stop. Now you're getting humble? (laughs) They they had to come with their list of 11 things that make us great, so it should be. That, that, I was going to say, it's, false humility is probably not appropriate this long into a mega episode, considering that the listeners have heard 20 voicemails by this point. It's, it's pretty close to 20. <laughs> yeah. Every, so, every 12 and a half minutes. So, Zach, your first yep. appearance on the show was way back on October 20, uh, in October of 2008, episode 28. Uh, that's right. I remember this very well. No, uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, do you remember? Do you remember the episode? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a Halloween episode, right? And we talked. We talked about horror comics, and uh, yeah. Tom Caters with was with us. Look yeah. at you. Yeah, and nice. I remember. I remember two specific things about it. One is I was drinking this just miserable drink that I used to make because I thought it was funny, but it was just not funny. It's just it's just <laughs> bad. Called Christmas cheer, and it had gin and peppermint schnapps. And Red Bull, and it was just disgusting. Oh. Oof! And uh, and Tom, I, I told him it was called Christmas cheer, and I explained it. And Tom said, uh, "You should have just called that the Masochist, really." <laughs> and um, he wasn't wrong. Uh, the other thing I remember about that show, though, is it was a real. Uh, speaking of squeezing each other's lemons, there, um, it was a real pick me up because I had just gotten the uh, sales figures back from Diamond on uh, the Contingent, that first right. comic that I wrote, and they were just. <laughs> fucking brutal like so bad and uh i was really bummed out about it and um i can't remember if it was vince or david um we were talking about it and and asked me to come on you know uh and uh, just to shoot the shit and you know be friends and that sort of thing so it was a real pick-me-up it, it was uh it was a high watermark in another time to- an otherwise like you know conflicted like really frustrating times so well nice. that's what we do we lift you up Right, that's true. That's right, it's our job. Now, did you unretire the Christmas cheer uh, spirit for uh, for this evening? <laughs> no, no, I did not. No, I haven't drank that since. That was pretty much the end of it. Um, so, no, I did not. I, I just have a regular old uh, Ichabod pumpkin beer from uh, New Holland. So, all right, well, that's yeah. seasonal. Yeah, that's what I figured. Now, Mario, do you remember your first appearance? No, man, I'm stoned every time I come on. I don't even know what the hell I talk about. Now, I, I went and looked up all the appearances we've ever had, and I have your first appearances much later than I thought it would have been. Okay. Now, the, the, Vince and David, you can tell me if you think this is wrong and there's a, 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 just a lack of denotation in the show notes, but I have Mario's first appearance on April 2012. That seems right, yeah. It was that long, huh? It was yeah, what, really? What's that, around uh, episode, 118, episode, something like that? No, episode 210. Oh, hmm. that's that's too far in. I, I would agree, but I yeah. have 
Our show notes do not mention Mario before that. Well, Dave, David like was, was writing him for that. a while. It, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, and then, uh, <laughs> well, see, it's probably because Mario's always a secret, so we want to surprise people. That is possible, because there were a couple times where I tried to catch it, but Vince or whoever wrote the notes would allude to having a, a secret or a special guest, mm-hmm. yeah. but not say the name. So that's I feel probably like I happen. feel like there was probably one... I think there was probably one time before that, but I don't really remember yeah. when it was, because I remember... I'm, ba- I'm basing it all on how old my kids are. So, like, right. that seems too old for Flannery yeah. to have been the first time I was on. You were the first of five weeks of consecutive guests during Chris's walkabout. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yep. <sighs> it was you, then Sal, then Ron Richards, then Zach, and then Scotty. Wow. Yeah. He's still walkabout. on walkabout. It's <laughs> a long, long damn walk. Long walk. <laughs> He's like Kane in Kung Fu. <laughs> Seriously. Well, rather, uh, Vince, I, I loved your idea for for a discussion topic. So hit it. Well, I threw out a question to the boys on the Slack today to see if maybe it would be viable for this episode. And I guess they liked it. Um, yeah, I didn't shoot this one down. Apparently. No, he didn't. No. Um in the 10 years that we've been doing this uh, show, who is the most important voice in comics? Now, voice could be visual as well as prose mm. or, or, the, mm. or the, the writing side. So um, all, all um, choices are uh, available to you. Who do you think is the most important person in comics? In the ten years that we've been doing this show, nobody can say Dan DiDio because I've claimed. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to ask uh, because I'm curious. Who should go first? I think um, I think Zach should go first. Oh, you're going to put me on the spot. Yeah, yep. we actually joked Zach that this is one question we could ask that you couldn't say Steve Ditko. Yeah, yeah, because I uh, I was I knew I, and I was as I was listening to the question, I was like I knew I knew I knew exactly who I could not say. Yeah, because I mean, <laughs> it's, as a, it's much easier to run down a list of people that are no way able to qualify for this. Yeah, uh, is to I wouldn't I say that. that. I was it, well for me. It was just every time I came up with a name, I just thought about the last ten years, and I'm like, well, that would have worked eight years ago, but not maybe the last five. So it's yeah, very... For, it, it's, for it's me, just, I, the second he asked it, I had my answer. Like, with absolute surety. Me well, too. I mean, well, then you two should go first. You're probably right. We should. All right. Yeah, you guys go, because I, I need to think about this. I think Jason and I have the same answer. I don't I don't know. We didn't discuss it. We didn't, and I, but I think we have the same answer. And I'm going to say Jason Aaron. Oh, no. No. Wow. Huh. No. I think Jason Aaron makes the most challenging, um, fulfilling, exciting, uh, just plain well-written, literate um, comics out there. And I think everyone – not everyone, but there are a lot of people following his lead. If you right. go all, all the way back to Scalped and look at all the things Jason has done, no matter if it's Big Two or his own things or you know his, his stuff at Image, uh, he'll do – one time he'll do Thor. The next time he's doing his own creator on stuff. The guy speaks in a voice that is always different. And it's just amazing stuff. He, he never falters, whether like he's work for hire or if he's doing his own little babies. I think he's 
And we look back at um, the past, you know, whatever years, I think Aaron's going to be like one of those guys way, way, way up the top that just changed the way comics are done. I mean, I've heard good things about his ghostwriter. He does do some... <laughs> he, he, he has... I mean, he is definitely someone who is consistent. I, I cannot... I, I can't say that that is... He's not he's not the person that came to my mind, but I, I'm, I'm not going to say that, that that's definitely anywhere near a wrong answer. I Looking at... Thinking about everything we've talked about, thinking about how often he comes up on the 11 o'clockers, it's, it's, oh. it's a very solid... Yeah, solid pick. I like why, it. Why? Why is consistency a factor? Because the way I look at it is, if and when I say consistency, I don't mean you know like someone who's got a book out every month. I just mean someone who has stayed uh, level of quality of their work. I think you mean. Right? Yeah, and yeah. and and I, I don't think relevant is the right word, but somebody who like it wouldn't be. Tony Harris. It wouldn't be Todd McFarlane. It wouldn't be somebody who you could you could say is strong today, and and wasn't ten years ago, or or vice versa. So it's just one of those things where, like, I mean, if if we were if we were talking about this five years ago, then then maybe you know you said Aaron, I you know maybe slot because with Superior Spider Man, I mean you know so it's it is one of those things where it's just it it's not it's not so much who's who's hot now. But just what has I'm, I'm looking at the past t- ten years, and and I need to make sure that you know that they kind of could, they can't take a year or two off for me to make mm. for, for me to think that in the past ten years they're the most important voice. Now, see, I'm not picking on you because I love you so much, but no. if it by that reasoning, Frank Miller would not be one of the greatest uh, comic creators of all time because. But According well, to other you people, for, but, but, no, 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 you no, didn't no, ask no. for who's the greatest. Com- you, I, no, I that's not. See, you're going your, in. A, your cr- I'm not. I'm explaining something right. that. No. no, listen. If if you take that ten year bracket and you yep. you say okay, he in the in the first two years he did monumental work, but then he shit the bed for five years. Mm-hmm. Based on the magnitude of that first two years, he should still be in the running. It. I don't he think. I don't think. The, I don't but think. Does it, I don't think. Well, I see what you're saying, Vince. But I, I mean, right. to me, he wouldn't be in the running for most, uh, most important voice of the decade uh, because because right. he would be an important voice from a period of the decade. But he wouldn't signify the decade to me. Um, he'd, he'd still be in a running, but then you'd have other people who, in the past five years, yeah. did do some great work, and it would slowly knock him further down the list. Plus, but your that, question no wasn't to me who's the greatest or who's your favorite. Your question right. was who. You're focusing on what I just said. That's not what I'm. I'm getting. I'm at. interested to see who y'all say, but to me, it's 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 Robert Kirkman, and it's not close. Right. I don't even think how it could credibly be anybody else to answer that question. Because uh-huh. first of all, we started the show in May of 2008. Kirkman was made partner in July of 2008 at Image, and the if we think about the way that the industry has changed. Uh, and the way that comics fandom has changed over the time of our show, it is he is patient zero. He is the reason that we have 47 comic book shows on TV now. He is the reason that every guy and and woman that has any book at Image or Dark Horse that gets modicum of critical success gets a, a first look uh, deal from a studio. Um, he is the reason that people like... 
so many of our favorites have decided to um, step away from Marvel and DC and those guaranteed paychecks to do their own books. So um, he's also easily the guy in comics who has sold more copies of his works over the time that we've existed than anyone else. There's, I mean, it's not even close. I mean, Walking Dead has the comics have sold, I'd say, twenty to thirty times more than any. So for me, the most important person in comics over the time we've done the show is Robert Kirkman, which is not the same if you would ask me who my favorite creator sure. um, would be or who I think the greatest creator would be. In fact, um, you know, I've never, I never, I've never voted for Kirkman for our eleven O'Clockers, which speaks to that. But in terms of importance, man, I don't. I mean, it's it. This was his decade. I mean, he I he is the centerpiece of comics in this decade. I think I have a feeling that we're going to be. I think I have a feeling that we should have at first defined what the meaning of um, most important voice in comics means. Because, like, like, because I, I think that we all think different things. I think that probably that's the beauty of the question, though. I think everyone, right, that's yeah. What, I mean, yeah. like, when you say that, I think artistically. I, okay. I feel like I feel that I feel that I don't feel that Kirkman is important to comics artistically nearly as much as a lot of other people. Because I, I think that he is important, like, as a mogul, of course, and as a voice of of the industry, you know. And and, and of course, he's you know his importance outside of comics. Um, well, right, and when I—that's why when I think of importance, I think of someone who has influence yeah. in the industry, um, and and that's why to me he's 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 the top. If there, I guess I took it to be like a power ranking. Yeah, J- right. Jason you know, and I right. were on the same kind of wavelength. With right, this. like if there's a power ranking, you're not convincing me that anyone sits bet higher than Kirkman. He's right. made more money. He's changed the industry the most. He's changed pop culture the most. He sold the most comics. He's made the most money off TV and film. Um, He's reshaped the way creators think about their own futures. Um, so to me, he holds the most important position, as I define important. But yeah, I mean, creatively, artistically, no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put him that, in that 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 spot. So who would you, Mario? Um, I would say Vaughn. Okay, I would I would say Brian K. Vaughn. Mm-hmm. Um, just because. That was let me think. If we go all the way back ten years, mm-hmm. that's that's when why the last why, man was wrapping up. That it was, was wrapping up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he was he was missing for a couple years there because he was doing Lost, right? Um, but then I mean, like in the last six years or whatever, you have you know Saga and Paper Girls mm-hmm. and Private Eye, you know, yeah. which and then Private Eye in and of itself to me was amazing and you know not just not just amazing artistically and as a story and as but as a new way of getting the material out there not that it was new but like mm-hmm. i mean you have these massive people like brian cave creators like brian cave and marcos martin and they're just like just pay us what you want you know you want to pay us nothing that's fine it, here you go we're putting this material out there you know mm-hmm. um but i think that I think that the story, like artistic, I think the stories he's he's telling since you know the early two thousands when he came back with Saga, and the early two twenty tens when he came out with Saga. I think it was like maybe twenty eleven or twenty twelve mm-hmm. when that came out. I think the stories he's been telling since then. I think that I I just I just find them 
I find them very fascinating and and very much speaking to where we are as a human race right now. Um, where we are, you know, as people, as we as we interact with people, how we are, you know, technology wise, you know, all that stuff. And I mean, if and as you said, if I was picking my favorite, I would not pick Brian K. Brian K. Vaughn. Um, you know, but I think that I think that he has definitely has a place there in the in the you know in this parameter of the last ten years of you know a, the strongest voice for me. Yeah. Okay. I, that's actually a good one. I, I agree. I mean, so far we're all coming at it from different angles, but I that's the, that's why I love the question, Vince, because I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I think it's all in the interpretation of what we mean by the word important. I well, I mean, really... there is not a right or wrong answer, but Robert Kirkman is the is a wrong answer. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I tend to agree with Mario. <laughs> the little fish. Those are, those, are, those are words Vince hates to say, too. No, 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 no. I agree with Mario. I do agree with you. I mean, he's become everything he railed against. Thank you. Yeah. But that doesn't change his... Uh, no, it doesn't. No, it, it does doesn't. Not, but no. It all, but it, you're right. No, yeah, it doesn't. Who's next? Of great, of great significance or value, likely to have a profound effect on success, survival, or well-being. Yeah, I've got that, one. That's synonymous with Kirkman. But. Uh, I, for me, it's Ed Piscor. Mm. I was going to uh, say that. I, and our most recent guest. And you know, and I, I think it's Ed because for a lot of reasons. Because unlike you know, so many other people that are producing comics now, Ed's done you know, has has seen, you know, to my mind, significant success at every level, whether it's working with underground people or web comics or uh, and now sort of moving into a mainstream sort of superhero type vein. I mean, he's seen success with all of it and he's changing the way that we're talking about comics um, and he's changing who's talking about comics and um, sort of the avenues in which, you know, people are receiving the medium. Right. I mean, for Christ's sake, I mean, through sneakers. Right. Um, and, and not insignificantly, not in anything that will be, you know, you know, uh, mocked or teased later. I mean, I, I think people are going to look back at Ed's work, you know, five, ten years from now and mark it as a significant moment in sort of this generation of creators as one of the more powerful voices. He's not doing, you know, he's not producing a ton of work, but the work that he produces means a lot. And... um and means a lot to a lot of different people and penetrates other media uh, in ways that uh, are kind of unusual, right? I mean, instead of having, there's not a hip hop family tree show, but there sure as shit are a lot of shows about and documentaries about sort of like the genealogy of hip hop. Now uh, I'm not sure that that's a coincidence that Ed mm-hmm. starts doing that first um, or Ed taking on, um, or Ed taking on this thing with the X-Men and bringing sort of those hip hop sensibilities to it. I mean, that's, that's huge. A- yeah. And I think, I think another thing that he's done that's really important or will be seen as important later is he's one of like the, or not one of, he's, if not one of the most significant voices in sort of, uh, reviving or, uh, the way that we talk about, you know, Rob Liefeld in 90s comics, right? I mean, I know that you guys, you know, we've talked about those things for a long time on podcasts, but, I mean, Ed's the artistic voice that's really championing those things and um, and making them not just relevant, but, frankly, palatable to people that weren't okay with it before. Yeah, he's validating um, them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I, 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 I think, I think exactly it's important 
to – and I agree with everything you said. I would just tweak one little word when you said he's moving into the mainstream. I think Piscor is bringing the mainstream to him. Uh, yeah, that's a much better way to put yeah, it. Yeah, because, I mean, it. you know he's not going to give up any of his – he's not going to – relinquish his artistic sensibilities just because he's working on x-men the mm-hmm. the main the mainstream recognized this huge creative fireball and said yep. you know hey i think it would be a good idea if you do something for us yeah not not because uh sales wise i don't think the majority of the people that buy x-men are going to even know who ed piscor is Right. right, I agree. But it's the people yep. in charge that you know. You know, we Marvel's in a in a tough spot. We need some some street cred. Let's get this, mm-hmm. you know, this guy who obviously speaks to a whole legion of people to do some X Men for us. Like, it's 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 actually a smart business decision on Marvel's part. Yeah. Guys, it's Cameron. I'm calling to wish you a happy 500th episode, and here's to 500 more. And when you get to a thousand, though. Please don't pull a big two and renumber the episodes. EOC Rebirth Episode One. I mean, and to me, it's not even about you know sales or selling the most or or anything like that. It's it's about who's you know bringing the most to the table and that who's who's doing the work now that we're going to be talking about later. Yeah, right. So there are people that will sell comics, you know, you know, eight, ten, fifteen times as many you know, copies of an issue as Ed will of say hip hop family tree or something like that. But they're not necessarily doing the work that's going to stick with us that we're really going to be th- thinking about and talking about later. I think Ed is true. True. Do you think that, um, this X-Men thing will be one of Marvel's only evergreen books once all is all said and done? No, I, I, I honestly think it'll be, Something we all love and adore and cherish and talk about, but I don't expect it to be a big commercial success. Hmm. Hmm. I'm not sure. I, I, I think. I think it has not by Marvel attention. standards. I, I don't. I don't think it'll sell well by Marvel standards. But I don't think it needs to. I mean, I don't. I mean, again, I wouldn't. I'm not going to judge the success of the book by its sales. But I. But I, I don't. We have a long history of square peg round hole comics and big two not. Yeah. Being commercial successes, it, it'll be it'll be a fan favorite. It'll be something that people will yeah. will talk about, like Strange Tales. Like, but it's not one of those things that people are going to. Um, or Omega oh, the you Unknown, know, right? You know, I or, mean, yeah, or, or, or Spider Man Fever. It's just right, exactly. So it's Wednesday almost, comics, right? But um, I mean, I would do, love it's, it'll it'll do well once the once the the big once a big like all encompassing collection comes out. It will do well. Oh you know, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a flop. I just, but I don't think it's evergreen. I don't know that big two have. I don't know that it's a good question. I mean, do are, do the big two have evergreens left in them? Left in them? Meaning, like, are there are there evergreens to come for big two comics? I think so because we've seen we we. <laughs> I think Tom King Tom is working on one now. Yeah, and and we we've. I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't call. Right now, I don't know if I'd call Omega Men an evergreen title, but I mean that's that that's a self-contained pretty. It, it, that that's a good story. That's that that standalone. Um, I think yes. I think especially now as we're Marvel and maybe they were dragging their feet, but kicking and screaming have kind of embraced. Um, well, embrace might not be the right word, but they've 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 done better. They've done a better job lately at um, because of all the. Relaunching and the renumberings that they can kind of the ripping uh, and the tearing. 
and, and and asleep in the storm, but they don't do the. Um, it's not like they're. It's not really the Hellboy model, but they, they still have like like Nick Spencer told his Captain America story, and 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 Mark Wade and Somnies told their Daredevils and and their Black Widow story. So I think I think you do have creators that have like you know listen I have I have this story for this character or this team, and I, I think there's there's more of a chance now for Marvel to start doing evergreens than there were in the post born again days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I hope you're right. Hope you're right. I do too. So Dap, who's your choice? Um, it's funny. I, I'm, I'm glad Zach finally mentioned an artist. I had, I, I, I quickly, um, once I realized who I thought about, I, I wrote down a writer and then, um, I was thinking about artists. So I did write down two artists. One of them, and again, because I was looking at, at their track record from the past decade, but um, the one that I was considering the most important for me, uh, I, I, I'm going with Brian K. Vaughan. Oh, uh, wow. All right. Yeah. That was, and, two and, of five. Was, yeah. It was it was because wow. I, I, I didn't. I mean, once once everybody started mentioning mm. writers, I was thinking about, OK, well, then I. I, I kind of want to give it to an artist just to mix things up, but I, I, I absolutely love Vince's Aaron answer. Um, but he stupidly did not, did not come to mind for me, but it was, um, but thinking about, you know, everything that Vaughn had, had done earlier and, and when we started and then, you know, recently to now he's been, he's been rather busy, but once, once I, thought about it and, and came to the private eye portion of his, uh, of his CV. It was very much, um, that, that, I mean, not that there's been a whole lot of movement with panel syndicate lately, but the fact that it, he and Marco started it, um, in my mind is, is pretty big doings. Um, but I also had, um, Mike Norton on the list only because he, he was doing, he was finishing up or he was, he was working on Trinity at the, um, when we were starting, but then after he kind of was done with the big two stuff, he kicked off revival and, and he's just been constantly busy now that that doesn't, because he's been busy, that doesn't mean he's the most important voice in the past decade, but he was somebody who, when I was thinking about what Vince's question meant to me, mm. uh, his name came up. Um, but no, I would, I, I, for, for the reasons Mario mentioned, um, it, it, it was Brian gave one for me. All right. I love that question, Vince. Why don't we, uh, you want to tweak it and, and, uh, real quick off the top of your head, most okay. important writer, most important artist. And let's not look at any of the business aspect of it or the, the, the pervasiveness of whatever this person put out there, like, like Kirkman, blah, blah, blah. Let's just look at the artistic side. Most important writer, yeah. most important artist. Well, then, so are you, are you really asking then favorite then? Cause I mean, the most like, important me, doesn't important, have to be your favorite. Uh, that's true, but see, but you're, but you're, okay. So you're saying just artistically important. Hmm. Okay. I mean, uh, um, well, well, I mean, for me, it'll have to be, um, 
for a writer, it'd have to be Hickman. And for artists, it'd have to be Opania. So, so. Hmm. For me. Neat. Oh, over the course of our show. I have voted for each of them for more awards in the eight years we've done awards than anybody else. So they're my choices. Mario. I'm going to, I'm going to say remender. He would be my second. And this is kind of cheating because most of what he draws, he writes to, but I'm going to say remender and Pope. Ooh, nice. Because there's not anything that Pope puts out in my mind that is not amazing. I agree. True that. Who's next? Zach, what are you thinking? Uh, so I'm going to go with uh, Mario and David on the writer side and say Brian K. Vaughn. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, on, the, on the artist side, and I guess, I mean, writer-artist, sort of like Mario's answer, is Dan Klaus, um, mm. who I just think is a genius. Yes. Um, and I, I've not, I'm yet to read anything by Dan Klaus that doesn't make me incredibly happy or feel some kind of way. Oh, wait, we're witnessing the butterfly effect right now. <laughs> yeah. We are really are. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I, 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 I was really leaning towards doing a echoing Mario again with Remender, but I think at this point, I'm taking uh, Vince's most important voice of Jason Aaron and making that my writer. Mm-hmm. Um, although I so wanted to um, pick Darwin, but um, mm. there were there, there were there were a few things of his that um, well there were some I mean the the important things like like New Frontier even the Spirit that had. before 11 o'clock comics but then you know there's the parker stuff but i didn't read you know before watchmen so there's some things that i I, of his that i haven't read so he kind of disqualified from that for me um and i it's weird it's it might just feel like blowing smoke but i I keep going back to Scotty because of because he was he was, he was doing the Oz stuff is wrapping that up when we started, um, and and of course Varian covers out the out the ass for for so many years, but he eventually ventured into writing his own stories and and with Rocket and of course with I Hate Fairyland and and he's just um, he. He has. It's a unique style. It's it's weird because I mean everybody else has mentioned some some really um, adaptable artists and different types of stories. And Scotty has Scotty has a style that 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 works for the stories that he's drawing. Um, but there's just something about that style that 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 for the past decade is kind of um, it it just. It's worked. It's been a constant, so I, I kind of I can't really tear myself away from that. Hmm. Good choice. 
It's weird. It is. I, I if it, and again, like everybody else said, you know, you asked me again in a few minutes, and it, it probably won't be Scotty, but it, it it's because something else will cause me to think about something, and then I'll be okay. Well, no, then it's it would be that guy. But I mean, we think about all the different books that we've been reading over the years, and and artists who have stuck with the stories, um, and I can always find a reason to make myself disqualify someone from the running. So it, it's, it's, mm. it's weird. I mean, I, 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 I going back to saga, it'd be like, oh, okay, you know, it'd be great to say Fiona, but there, there are shortcuts she uses it. Saga is really the only thing she's doing right now. And right. Yeah, I mean, but there were the few Archie issues. So it's, it's, you know, and, and it, it, I, I can't, there's so many other artists. I, you could just, throw out there and they would all have something that would just cause me to to lean towards a no. So that's what I went with who I went with. Nice. Vince. Well, you, I went into the writer. I'm sticking with Jason Aaron. Um, nice. But as far as art, again, I didn't say favorite. I said important. And I, I, I have to go with J.H. Williams, the third. Wow. For, for important. Mm-hmm. Because um, he approaches comics from an illustrator standpoint where every panel is a complete illustration, but he's also working the entire page or more often than not, in his case, two pages. Um, He, I think, revolutionized layout with with Batwoman and he brought it to everything he's done since then, especially um, Sandman Overture. Yes. He he works in a variety of media, watercolor, uh, acrylics, pen and ink. Uh, I think he's an incredible, incredible talent. But I just, to, to my eyes, he has elevated the art form. Like you can take an issue of um, whatever, uh, Avengers or something Opeña has done or something, an image, and, and throw it in front of someone. And they'll be like, yeah, yeah, that, you know, that's, that's very nice. That's cool. But when you look at a J.H. Williams spread, it, it looks there – are, there are sections of it that look like classic illustration. You, you can't come away from a J.H. Williams work not thinking that – Wow, maybe there is something to this this comic book stuff, you know, because he elevates it. It's elegant. It's visceral. It's it's uh, he's very learned. He's very skillful. So it just it, it would not be out of place in the pages of like say uh, a print uh, illustrator's annual, you know, like the best of the best in in anything, advertising, print, whatever. J. H. Williams is going to hold his own because it's just that amazing of of work i mean it's he he has a sensibility that i don't think a lot of comic book artists have where it's it's i hate this term but i'm going to use it just so you know what i'm talking about it's it's akin to fine art that 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 term means nothing to me but to some other people it does um i just uh i think he's pretty much in a class with a very very few amount of uh illustrators and if you look at dc's books in his wake look at the stuff that's going on in tom king's batman like where where um i'm sorry what's the illustrator's name the one the one 
No, the the one where when uh, they were going after Bane. Janine? And yeah, Janine stuff, where he's working two pages and he's uh, there's a flow to it and it's coming across and going back in. I think mm-hmm. that was instigated by J.H. Williams because Williams does that, right? And he did that on Batwoman. And he turns it into a cinematic thing that's that's about design, it's about illustration, it's about sequential art and storytelling. The guy's phenomenal. And I, I think I think a lot of um a lot of people, especially at DC, took note and and the their their uh at least the composition and stuff of the pages is is shifting or has in his wake. And look at the stuff on Promethea. I mean he's been doing this forever, only in different different yeah. approaches. But I mean he he his influence is I think is very strong. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I that is an interesting choice. I, I have to say that uh, you surprised me. I, I can't believe Josh Baer didn't come up in either one of your... If, 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 I, if I said that, y'all would have been like, I would have heard the groan. No, I don't think... So, well, one of the things I thought would be fun for, for this episode was I went back and I looked at um, all the O'Klosker choices for uh, a handful of the, the biggest categories. Favorite writer, artist. Favorite writer... Favorite penciler, favorite comic, creator of the year, and most important news. And it really was fascinating to put them all together because I got to tell you, I, I did not remember half of the choices that each of us made. And some of them, including my own, surprised me, shocked me. Like when I think back on it, that those were the choices that we made. Um, and like J.H. Williams, like that's an interesting one to me because he was – he only figured into the awards once, and that was in 2009, first year we did the Oscars. And I and Chris chose him for our favorite penciler, artist, and as did the audience. And uh, that would be around the time of Batwoman, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you chose Mark Buckingham that year, mm-hmm. and D- and Dap chose Mike McCone. Now, uh, Dap was the most. Dap has been the most varied in his choices. He, 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 he has definitely been uh, more willing to pick someone different each year. Vince, you and I are much more creatures of habit. We tend to be creatures of habit. Um, although you, in that category, you, you have some variety. You chose Buckingham in t- for two years. Then you chose Poppy Capullo. Then you, cho- then you chose Chris Burnham which is the one I really didn't remember you choosing. Then you chose John Romita Jr. Then Paolo Rivera back-to-back years, which I also didn't remember. The, the Valiant. Yeah. <laughs> for the Valiant. And, then, and, then, and then Bacello was your most recent pick. Yeah, for, for Dr. Favorite, Strange. Uh, yeah. yeah, favorite artist. For, now, Dap chose McCone, Mahmoud, Umberto Ramos during that whole Amazing Spider-Man love affair. Somni, Stuart Immonen, Adrian Alfona, that's an interesting one, uh, Joel Jones, and then Pat Gleason. Uh, and then I chose J.H. Williams, Jim Chung, Opeña, Fiona Staples, Opeña again, Dragata, Eminem, and then Opeña. So I've chosen Opeña three times. So that's why I say for me, I mean, I got to keep it 100, right? I mean, yeah. I've chosen them for three different, three different times for three different books as well. So... But uh, and then our audience was a little less prone to short change. They they did J. H. Williams, and then really shocked me. Francis Manipole. Why did they choose Manipole? Do you guys remember the Flash? Yeah. Okay. Or 
Yeah. Right. Uh, wow. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah, 2000. Yeah, because uh, 2010. 2011. Yeah. And then 11, 12, and 13, they choose Poppy Capullo for Batman. Yeah. And I'm I'm sure they would have chosen in 14 as well, but I didn't do the audience in 14. Um, it was just us. And then Latour and then Opeña. I realized why I went with Alfona. Miss Marvel, right? Yep. Yeah. But it's just interesting that you look back on it. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, it is because our 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 tastes are fluid. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Just, I mean, is Paulo Rivera worthy of of getting the number one spot for the Valiant? Yeah, but like, what has he done since? But so, that's why this question that you asked is interesting because it's this is true of anything. I, I think in the moment, like each the eleven of Classicers is who is our favorite thing for that year. And that doesn't mean that that's going to – when you extend – when you shorten or extend the time period of the same question, the answer quite logically would be different. Right? Sure. Yeah. So none of those answers were wrong at the time. No. But that doesn't mean that when you look back on it, what holds – because whatever – there's books that, that hold your interest for years to come that you remember. There's books that you loved but you don't even remember reading, right? There's books that you may have liked but not loved and then you've gone back and revisited them and then thought that they were treasures. So – um, that's why it's interesting to expand the time frame when you're talking about this. Sure. So props to you. Aww. Hello, this is Hassan, and I want to say thank you to David, Jason, and Vince for giving us 500 amazing episodes of 11 O'Clock Comics. Not only do they give us at least one episode of awesome comic talk a week, they have created a community which has allowed me to develop friendships with a lot of folks that I would have never met if it was for them. My favorite part of the show is when either David or Jason will recommend a book, and then two months later, Vince will bring up the book, and then, great, then get credited by the listeners for recommending the book. All kidding aside, 11 o'clock comics is one of the best podcasts ever, and I get a lot of enjoyment when I see the podcast ready for download on my phone in the morning when I wake up. Congratulations to David, Jason, and Vince on 500 episodes, and I'm looking forward to the next 500. Props to you on the Led Zeppelin. Right? <laughs> Good Lord. Right. That was fun. For sure. Yeah. we gotta, I, we got to send these turkeys packing, though. Uh, we do? Yeah. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. But we love them so much. I know. We do. We do. <laughs> I'm pretty well, sure they'll be back soon. Yeah, they will. Uh, guys, thank you for, for celebrating this with us. Your contributions, as always, are most amazing. And thank you. Thanks for having us. Yes, indeed. Right on, right on. Yeah. Come back when we can do this again for a longer uh, stretch. For sure. Okay. Anytime. Thanks, my, boys. My man. Yep. All right. Love, Love you. Guys. All right. Bye. Bye. Big kiss. Hey, what's up, 11 o'clock comics? This is Gabe, Infinity Watch, uh, from the group and longtime listener. Just wanted to give you guys a shout out and a big thank you, uh, for being the best comic book podcast show. Uh, I am from Las Vegas, as you may know, and as you also may know, Vegas is going through a rough, rough patch of sickness and disgust with the world. But me listening to 11 O'Clock Comics 
seriously brightens up my day and keeps my eyes straightforward, my mind focused on the happier things and a positive life. And I just wanted to give you guys a thank you for that. So congratulations on motherfucking 500 episodes. Keep it going strong. Much love from Vegas. Peace out. That was awesome. It's always great talking to Zach and Mario. So we were, um, I think we we tried calling a couple other people. Um, I'm looking at my contact list. Right? I just want to, I think it would be really fun to to just, just cold call someone, like off the cuff, like somebody important to the show with which we have history. I'm looking at my contact list though, because the the Skype thing will show you like who's on, who's not on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm looking at the list of people who's on, and it's just there's no. I can't I really mean, find a, someone that's gonna have the impact. Well, who, who would be who would have the impact? Who would be available? Because I mean, you know, a couple people we gave them a heads up and and they right. were to join us. Yeah. Because uh, look at look at we, like number three people on the said list. They were going to join us, but they. They couldn't have done right, that in the last right. second. We have p- pretty much the same contact list, right? So yes. look at the top. Like number three would have been cool, but it's they're not online. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there any you think we can get? Uh, one, two, three. What about number seven? Oh, geez. Are you seriously? Why not? I don't know. Brah, come on. <sighs> What's the worst that can happen? All right. If anything, a couple of people will probably get a kick out of it, even if it's a missed call, or if you know, if 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 if, if he's angry, then <laughs> that'll just be like, oh, all right, well, cherry, cherry on top of the evening, exactly. Um, well, go for it. Well, if it goes south, it's podcast verite. This is real you're, life, people. You're an auteur now. That's right. Fuck it. All right, here we mm-hmm. go. Fuck a tour. That's right, Jason Carnes, baby. Does nothing ever change? Mm-hmm. And pick up. Oh my god! Hello. <laughs> what? Who is it? Who is? Is this thing on? Oh my god! There he is. Oh. oh. At least, at least it wasn't a hola. Como hola, hola, como hola, como esta? There you go. The prodigal son returns. Same as it ever was. What's Hi, up, buddy? Boys. Hi. What's up, my man? <laughs> Do I sound, am I am I dulcet? Am I dulcet? Oh my god, you sound great. I you sound motherfucker. You're well rested, I anyway. I am. Yeah, I took a nap for like four years. Oh, nice. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so, what are yeah, you doing, man? I'm um, life behind the cheddar curtain, man. So we, by the way, let's just keep it real for a second. We we might need to make an introduction here because yeah, we, do, we yeah. do have probably a not yeah, insignificant number of like, listeners who only know this person by legend. This guy. So th- this is none other than one of the uh, other founding, well, the uh, the other founding member of EOC, uh, Mr. Christopher Neesman. Hi. Hello. Is this thing on? Hi. <laughs> Who am I? Why am I here? Oh jeez, <laughs> Jesus! He's he, he's, he's all lit up. Yeah, he's, he's lit. Well, he has 
you fucking hacks and your technical difficulties gave me like an extra 20 minutes of drinking and watching those fucking scumbag cubs get their asses kicked. So I'm in good mood and, and lubricated. Oh boy. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's yeah. So, so, woo, so what, what, what are you drinking, Chris? Um, I got some grapes tonight. Wow. Oh, times yeah. they are changing. Seriously. It's some stuff from, um, you know, I figure since all that shit's burn up now, I should crack into it. So yeah. Stuff from uh, Santa Clara that uh, is going down pretty good. So it's a right. tradition now. So, but I was actually at the curling club right before I came. <laughs> of course he was. Dang When's the next punch feel? It's, it, no, dude, I've played seven games already. Uh, and our season doesn't open up until Monday. So it was cleanup day. New club, I'm at curling out of Wauwatosa now. Yeah, I was going to ask. So again, so for our people that don't don't know the backstory, Chris was uh, almost uh, pretty much a, hugely associated with the city of Chicago. He uh, he would often call it the third coast, and was quite proud of being a Chicagoan. Yes, and he and his wife just recently relocated to Milwaukee. Yes, or, or wife, wife behind the cheddar curtain, dude. There was a national day, or not national. There was a state day of mourning. Um, uh, fucking Aaron Rodgers broke his collarbone. Oh yeah. If flags were at half mass, school was called off. People didn't go to work. It was front page in Milwaukee Sentinel web, the, the morning and evening news. It's a fucking cult. It's really fucking weird. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a cult. Well, I hope that you're going to learn as much as you know about Chicago about your new area. Because that, that the the one thing that impacted me when when we first hooked up, don't read anything into that, was that you <laughs> you, you have very soft hands. I know you drove me around Chicago and showed me all the landmarks and gave me all the history about everything. Now you're going to have to learn all that about Milwaukee. Uh, it Milwaukee's a cool town, man. What what I like about it. Uh, what I was afraid about, and and I think probably Jason might uh, have insight into this, is I ha- I was afraid that that Milwaukee was going to have kind of a Philadelphia to New York relationship. Sure, where, sure. Right, where I think like Philly kind of feels mm-hmm. like they live in the shadow of New York, and there's there's some animosity there. You know, it's kind of this big brother, little brother feeling. And so whenever we moved to Milwaukee, I was afraid. It's like, oh man, I don't want to go there and say, yeah, I'm from Chicago. And they're like, oh, so you're hot shit and all that. Um, it's not like that. Milwaukee, the, first of all, people in Wisconsin are insanely proud of being from Wisconsin. And it's, it's a good, it's a good, it's, it's a wholesome proud. It's not a, a chest bumping proud. I mean, people that are from Wisconsin sincerely are proud of being here. And, and people from Milwaukee, they don't feel inferior to Chicago. They, um, they actually like Chicago and there's no like big brother, little brother complex there. Milwaukee's a cool town. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of liking it. So, uh, yeah, it's maybe like episode like 600. You'll have me back on and I'll give you updates. Nice. Cool. Well, nice. you know what? The, the heck with, with the way Milwaukeeans feel. Are you happy? Oh my God. Uh, guys, I'm, I'm happier than I've been in years. Uh, nice. Yeah. I, you know, it's, um, Last time, last time we talked, you know, I was, I was trapped in a, in a job I fucking hated. And, 
And, and, you know, while I love Chicago, it was, it was not a real good time. And I was kind of, you know, down about a lot of stuff, but, uh, yeah, we, we, uh, have a, a beautiful, cute little house on the North, North side of, of Milwaukee. Um, Kerwin's going really well. Marta's doing good in her job. Um, I'm reading for pleasure again. I'm probably oh, nice. like the happiest I've been, uh, in like a decade. Yeah. Oh. But even more importantly, mm-hmm. are the dogs happy? Oh, fuck. Those spoiled motherfuckers. I yeah. bet. They're very, very happy. Um, uh, add to the dog collection now that you got a little, little extra suburban man, space. There's a dog we're looking at. And mm-hmm. Martin's like, no. And I'm just like, yeah, he's kind of cute. And nah, we need to keep it at three. Two dogs is great. Three is too many. Right. Um, Wood, what are you at? You're at two now? Two, yeah, yeah, two dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, stay at two. Three is two minutes. Vince has got two, right? Yep. You got two. I have two. And, and Dave, you got, what, where are you at now? I just We just have no the two dogs. cats. No dogs at the moment. No dogs at the moment, two cats. You can have like 15 cats. That's fine. Three yeah. dogs is too many. Because Renee wants to be the crazy cat lady. That's okay. <laughs> She's married. She can do that. You can have 15 cats after you're married. That's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Not at all. So I have a uh, I, one of the things that would be fun it was I made a list and you guys can add to this of <laughs> things that have stood the test of time, <laughs> things and, that haven't, and things that have not. <laughs> All right. So which which do you want to start with first? That have or have not? Oh man, that have. Okay. Things I, that hey, ha- I had a head start. Fuck you. Things that have stood the test of time. Vince's total control of the intro and outro music. Yeah, that will never change, my friend. Right? That's yep. uh, my showing up late. Oh, yeah. 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 Dap's woohoo. Yeah. If the woohoo changes, I'm gone. Give us one. <laughs> yep. Uh, the Drake roll call. Hmm. Yes. Uh, me calling myself a different name at the intro. And and missing the most important one from two weeks ago, but whatever. <laughs> Relax. Vince pick, picking on it. Uh, discount comic book service. Yoo-hoo. Good night, David. Mm. And the Regina pile. Yep. That's never going away. Things that have not stood the test of time. Chris. 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 Fantasy flashback. No. That's... That's still there. We just pull it out every so often. Okay. Okay. Uh, artist David, spotlight. tell him. I, top, I top of the stack. The artist spotlight. Yeah, that's true. We haven't, we haven't dusted that. Diamond previews analysis. On three separate occasions, we told people we're going to start doing previews analysis. Yeah, but you know what? They don't well, like I do, it. I do, love, I do love the sound. I do, this, is, this isn't a qualifier. See? I'm not saying whether we should have kept it. I'm saying <laughs> things that happened to the best time. Uh, the voicemail. God, he's the cantankerous. <laughs> the voicemails didn't stick. They will. And last, last but certainly not least, least, Chris. Yes, unfortunately. But he's happy though. I think if it, you know, like it or not, I mean, I I personally value Chris's contribution immensely because he got the ball rolling. Let's go back in time. Do you hear the time machine going? If Chris did not kick us in the ass to do bullpen bulletins, this right here would never have happened. Yep, it's true. It is. It's absolutely not to, not to say that I am Peter Gabriel, but it's. I mean, there is kind of a Peter Gabriel Genesis thing. Mm-hmm. Not to say that Vince is is Phil Collins. But. <laughs> no, let's not say that, please. I'll, I'll be Phil Collins. Yeah, you can be yeah, Phil. It's, 
Invisible so, so, so David, David put something up on the, on the Facebook group this week about, you know, what, what was the, the golden age and, and me being the, the narcissistic asshole that I am. It's like, all right, come on, come on, peeps. I know you're out there. And, <laughs> and what I wanted to say, but I did not say because I didn't comment on that because I didn't want to, to do that, um, because it's your guys' show now is that I think it is a, a fantastic, testament to to your show that you can ask that question because not that many shows ever get to ask that question of what was our best era if you have multiple eras that means that you have longevity and that you guys continue to have longevity is a testament to your love, not just for the medium, but your love for each other. Sure. And and I, I love you guys all like brothers. And it was one of the hardest decisions I've ever made in my life to 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 say, hey, I I can't do this anymore because I I it, it wasn't you, it was me. You know, that's 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 the breakup line. But you know, you, you guys are are wonderful people, and that that you're able to continue to do this and have a love for what you do as a testament to the show. And, you know, that, that the golden age is is whatever you want it to be. The golden age is everything. Right. You know, this this is the golden age, right. you know. You're, you, you're, you're absolutely right. But let's keep it real. Mm-hmm. Though, oh, really? For, for a long time, <laughs> I, I did not forgive you for doing that. <laughs> Oh, I didn't. I, I, I no. I did. I, I didn't. Get comfortable here. You know what I mean? Because like my my brother left, and I thought, you know, I felt I felt lost. I felt like a crucial piece of the puzzle was taken away, and it was that C two E two when I and all it took for me was to see you. Yeah, and I, and I'm like, fuck it. All that doesn't matter. You know, it's, he's, yeah. he is, was, and will always be our brother. So yes. whether, you know, you, you did what you did for, to, because you were, you know, let's not just get, let's not get into it. You did what you did. You had to do it. And now I'm at peace with it. I'm at peace with you. Um, I'm just, I'm just happy for you. I really am. I just, it, it does my was, heart I was, good. I was, I was getting angry. You were, angry. you were. It just does angry. my heart good. To hear yeah, you just just I mean, happiness doing, in your voice. I was I was doing the i fanboy stuff, and I was just like getting angry, and and you know just wasn't looking forward to anything anymore. And comics will do that to you after time. You know, it's you, know, you guys are you know a, a bad metaphor. You all are like cockroaches. You know, you we are everything. Yeah. You know, but there there's a point where you you know you get too close to stuff, and you see how the sausage is made. And you start getting surly about stuff, and you're like, "Man, yeah. I've been on, I've been on this, you know, I've been on this ride a couple times, or you know, I've, 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 I've seen this movie before." And you start getting angry. I mean, you guys get angry about stuff, don't you? Were you like, you know, yeah, occasionally, well, yeah. stop, stop picking my fucking pocket on shit. Yeah, yeah. I think the, um, I think the thing for us is that, uh, and and we had, we had Scotty on uh, earlier on the show, and and he, you know, he kind of said this about us that you know he felt like there was a period of time when we were sort of all about the inside baseball. And not only was it a focus, but we often not surprisingly got it wrong because we're not really inside baseball. No, um, and that he thought that the show got you're, much you're better. The, you're, you're the beat writers. 
Yeah, right. He thought the show got much better once we just got uh, got to enjoying comics. And I can say that certainly um, that I feel that's true. I mean, I feel like just not focusing on what's selling and the price. Of, like, it's just, you know, like, enjoy what we enjoy, read what we read. I mean, there's that stuff in the background. And sure, every now and then it comes back up. And, and you know, I mean, I, I, what was it, guys? Like, maybe a month or two ago, I had, like, two or three weeks in a row where I just, everything I read, I didn't like. And we got, like, a few interstitial comments, like, oh, man, is I think one guy was like, oh, is Wood having a Chris moment? Like, is he out? Like, <laughs> does he hate comics? And I was like, no. I'm like, I'm like, but, you know, we, we, we try not to, we try not to, you know, to be negative for the sake of it. But every now and then you just, you know, if you read 15 things and you don't care for the 15 or your headspace is in a bad place, like, you know, it, we're, we're, all, we're all human. And if you do the show every week, there's going to be times when you're just not vibing with, with what you're reading. But, but generally I think the good thing is that there's so much out there. There's uh, a lot of so, garbage out there. But, but there's a lot of great stuff. And that's the thing. It's yeah. like, it's like if, if you're not feeling something, put it to the side and read something else and chances are you're going to feel it, you know? Yes. And then, and I can't tell you how many times I've read something um, mainly because I knew we were going to talk about another show or one of the or one of the boys read it and we were going to collabo. And maybe I wasn't vibing on it in the moment. And then I'll go back and read it or read the next issue or read the collected edition and I'll, I'll love it. And I just think that your your, your mindset, sometimes you're just not in the you – know, look, save for maybe – Maybe sex, I guess. Like, there's lots of things you just don't feel like doing. Even if you love to do it, you don't feel like doing it all the time. Uh, even that sometimes, but it's. Eh. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's all. It's all. Yeah, a lot of it's a lot of it's headspace. But you know, there's a. Um, uh, so I'm a photographer, and what? there is a. You, you forgot a, damn good. I'm I'm okay. I'm oh my I am, god. I'm like the Sal Buscema of of photography. Wow, that's a hell of a compliment. <laughs> Not, I'm no John, but um, uh, no, I, I, so photography is, is kind of my main gig in design, and there's a, a really good photographer out there named Zach Arias, and he w- got really tied up in the um, the social media and blogging and the outreach part of of the biz, and then like three years ago, he came out with this mantra that said, more signal, less static. Yep. And and he and he said I'm not going to I'm not going to tweet 15 times a day and I'm not going to do a blog post every 2 or 3 days but the stuff that I put out is going to have meat to it and and it's about it's about more signal and less static and you know that's our world in general right now but I think the comics and and it really you know if you want to if you want to get historical and go back to the explosion of the direct market whenever I mean you look at at the origins of Marvel whenever they had like six titles and that people look at that as you know those silver age Marvel titles and they're very nostalgic about that it was easy to keep a cohesive universe with with six titles and now they have you know how many titles does Marvel have too many 20? Too many? 30, you know, More, what, what? Oh, 60, 60 at least. 60, what, you yeah. know, God, whatever. You know, that's a lot of static and very little signal. And that was part of what kind of started to grind me down is that the static was making me very, very irritable and, and a really good kind of lesson for me. And, and moving, moving's good. If you can move, if you pack up your house and move and go somewhere is a really good way to do this is you pack up all of your shit and you move to another house or another apartment 
and you have to take everything out of those boxes and you go, Oh, I, I remember that. That's kind of cool. Um, so I've got all of these, all of these books that I've had to unpack over the last like six weeks. And it's been this really grand, fun adventure to say, Oh, you know what? I'm going to reread that. Or, you know, I bought that. And because I'm a comic book collector, I bought this and I didn't read it. And so now I'm going to make time to, to do that. And so whenever you have a chance to look at all your shit and go back and read stuff, you can, you can pick out signal from the static. And that's a really, really healthy thing to do because this is a great medium that has a lot of shitty, shitty product that, that dilutes the signal, but there's still good signal in there. And, sure. and to take, to take that chance to say, Hey, I, I remember how much I love that, but I'm in my forties now, so I don't have great recollection of it. So I'm oh going to go back God. and read that again. <laughs> and, and it's it's a really fun adventure to say, you know what, I'm going to go back and read uh, Alan Moore and Gene Haw's Top Ten, because I remember it was good, but if you had to pin me down, I don't know why. And you go back and you read it, and it's like, yeah, it's really fucking good. Yep, yep. One yeah, of, I mean, listen. Okay. No, I was just One of the crucial decisions that made comics better for me was mm-hmm. when I decided to pull away from the comic book news websites. Oh, 100%. Yeah, that falls into not paying attention to the business. Actually. I have not visited CBR, Newsarama, and most importantly, Bleeding Cool mm-hmm. in at least a year, probably more. And just the – I don't need to know what goes on in the business. I don't need to know what's coming up in books. Um, and even the, the, the backroom stuff that Rich Johnson revels in – I don't yeah. need, I don't, I absolutely do not need to know that stuff. And more importantly, I don't want to be exposed to the average comic fans interpretation of said news, which what I'm talking about is the comment section. Um, no, yeah, right. it's just, it's, it's just a festering pool of disgusting negativity and entitlement. And I just, when you remove that from the equation, comics are awesome because you only focus on what you're enjoying, what with the positive yeah. stuff. You don't know that this publisher's not paying this artist. Yes, that matters in the big picture, but to me, it just drags me down. Um, well, you know, it, it's almost a separation of of art and artist, which you which you have to do at some point. You mm-hmm. know, it's you know Frank Miller, you know, perfect modern day example of someone that I probably don't philosophically agree with, but I'm doing my annual reading of, of dark Knight, mm-hmm. and it's still brilliant and will always be brilliant. And I, and I won't let myself be clouded by, you know, his current day, you know, musings on stuff. And, you know, it, it's one of the things of, of taking a step back from the industry and taking a step away because, I mean, you guys know with, with our show and around comics, you know, we, we got, inside baseball enough to, to, you know, see the moss around the flame. And, and, and so you feel close to it whenever you remove yourself from that and say, you know what, I'm going to stop reading the news sites. I'm going to stop talking to, to people that, you know, I would talk to on a regular basis to set up interviews and that kind of stuff. You start to have a clarity of, of what, 
of what the medium is from a um, from a wayman perspective or just the just the average everyday person and that 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 softens it you know the the hard truth is that most people just don't give a fuck you know it's just it's it's it it's viewed as something that's underneath tv and music and and all of that and so people know that it's there and they may have a comic laying around here or there or the the graphic novel of watchmen um but it's kind of it's it's kind of healthy to step back and and get into that realm and and see people that are that are exposed to it for a first time and see their the the light turn on say wow this is really cool you don't get to experience that enough whenever you're in the trenches with it and uh, my tr- marta made me join a fucking gym and so i go to the mm-hmm. gym every day at 5 20 in the morning i'm doing it for curling by the way so fuck off uh, <laughs> gotta work on my flexibility and leg i thought masturbation made those wrists strong enough for curling <laughs> no no it's all about leg drive and flexibility jason oh of course plyometrics chris <laughs> it's it's the yogurt you got to do the yogurt um and so um and so my trainer is is awesome great great gal and uh so i'm doing this tabata have you ever done tabata it's, it's it's fucking hell. The only Tabata I know is an outfielder for the pit, for the for for Pittsburgh, but I it's, don't. It's awful. It's I hate every fucking second of it. But we were doing Tabata the other day, and she was playing old school hip hop, oh, and nice. and I was just like, this makes this so much better. And after we were done, and I was huffing and puffing and 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 hating life, I was like, you know what? I've got a comic. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you that that you really need to to check out, and then you need to go to Spotify and and check out the playlist. And so I took her the second volume of Hip Hop Family Tree. Nice. And she was and she comes back like a week later, and she's like, "This is fucking amazing," and I loved reading it, and I ordered the other the other volumes and i'm gonna get because she's a big hip or you know early uh 90s and 2000 hip-hop fan she's like i'm ordering the other books and i downloaded the playlist and we're gonna work them into our workout and i'm like and and i just had that moment of this is why i started podcasting this is why i started telling people about comics is to take someone that had no real concept of the medium, but had an ancillary appreciation for subject matter and say, Hey, here's something that, uh, you know, will appeal to you. That is a comic. And, you know, I don't know if she's ever going to buy another comic, but I know that that comic touched her and, and, and made a mark on, on her. And that is how powerful that medium is for real. Yeah, it's true. Hello, Vince, Jason, and David. It is Raph, uh, Wraith Maker on the forums. I haven't been on the forums in quite some time, but, uh, yeah, I hear you guys brought the voicemail line back. Uh, I thought I'd give you guys a call. Uh, still enjoying the show. Still reading my comics. Still working endlessly into the night. Um, yeah. Best of luck to you guys on, uh, on your continued episodage and your continued work on the podcast, really. And, uh, yeah, I'm still listening, still out there. Alright, see you guys. But to, 
get back to what you were talking about, the negativity and the, the just going through the motions and doing it. Mm-hmm. And we have had um, very, many opportunities to interview people, um, very high-profile people in the industry, and we didn't Have you ever it. interviewed John Byrne? Uh, not yet. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> <laughs> no, a lot, a lot of big wheels could have fallen into our lap, but we didn't interview them. We didn't go through the motions just to sure. do the interview and get the, the ratings. We didn't do it because we weren't feeling it, which yeah, plays sure. into what we were saying. Like if we have someone on the show, if we, if we take the time to bring someone in, 99.9% of the time, it's because we love their work and we want to know more about their process and who they are and what makes them tick. So I think that translates into the whole 11 o'clock experience, which you helped foster is what I'm saying. Oh, well, oh, well hell yeah. You yeah. know, that, that was one of the things whenever we started AC, it, you know, it was, it was, you know, kind of that kind of dawn of the, we were kind of second wave, I guess, of the, of the podcast stuff. And it was just the natural, the natural evolution of it is that you, you know, you weren't going to go out and get Joe Casada. You weren't going to go out and get, um, God, who you just, I don't even know John's was, who, who are the big Bendis? fish? And yeah, like Bendis, you know, like 2006, mm-hmm. 2007. I mean, you weren't going to get those guys. And certainly the, the, the vets, I mean, you weren't going to go out and get like a, you know, Walter Simons and not that he wouldn't have done it, but you know, he wouldn't know who the, who the hell you were. Um, and so we tried to be smart about, finding people's work that we liked, which was easy. It's like, Hey, this is really cool. Let's go ahead and email them and, and see, see if we can talk with them. And so when we started doing that, you know, I remember, you know, our first interview was, was Phil Hester, which I will absolutely always love Phil for doing that because Phil had been around for a while and, and, and was, was kind of a veteran, but he was great. But then you look at the folks that we had interviewed and it was, you know, it was Fraction. It was Jason Aaron. It was Rick Remender. It was, you know, all of these, all of these guys who were basically doing image work at the time and, they were looking for for pub on their projects. I mean, we interviewed Jason Aaron before he did what was the the Vietnam sport? the other side the other we interviewed him before the other side was released, and you know Cullen Bunn and Brian Hurt and 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 all of these all these folks that we're we're kind of coming up through the through the ranks and now i look at the industry and it's like all the people that we were interviewing in 2007 2008 2009 are the the big hitter i i remember you know getting drunk and giving ryan stegman shit you know it's when when no one would give him the fucking time of day and you know and and ryan ryan's come good and you know a lot of those a lot of those guys and so you know you guys were you know, drafting in right behind that. And we were a part of it with 11 o'clock. And so it's, you know, hasn't it been exciting to, to see a lot of the people that we talked to at the beginning of this show that are now the people that get mega lines at shows and, and are kind of, you know, comics royalty. I mean, it's it's gotta, it's it's, it's gotta be cool to see that. Yeah. I think that the, Go ahead. No, you. 
I was going to say that's one of the. I think that's one of my favorite things, and not again, not from a um, like oh we're so awesome, but more like because these are real friends, and you, you no, know now yeah, we're, yeah, we're yeah, at the point in our lives where we're seeing real friends. Like like you know, I mean, and and the most I mean the most recent would be would be you know Tom King with 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 Batman. I mean. Well, yeah. uh, you, you know, look. I mean, you were there, Chris. I mean, we, you know, we had that loft. I slept on a floor with him. Yeah, exactly. He he literally <laughs> needed a place to sleep and said, you know, Chris Campbell brought him along and said, "Hey, do you, do you guys mind if Tom crashes in our loft that we rented from, yeah. from Airbnb?" And he slept under our pool table, and uh, we knew him because. But you know, and, and now literally, I mean, he's he's the guy. I mean, he's he's. I think he. Sure. I I would be shocked if he's not by many people considered the best the, the best writer in, in mainstream comics. So I so um, that's super cool. And like Scotty, he was a he was a member of AC for God's sakes. And and you know that's a funny thing because um, Scotty's been on as a guest for on EOC more than anyone else. And Scotty today is so different than the Scotty that used to be uh, on, on, or guest or that yeah. co-host on ac right and it's just oh, sure. it's just a case of we've all matured and the world has changed and uh um yeah you know I, I when i think about um the starting of our show and the, the impetus um you know certainly as as we've told the story many times i mean you know vince was the the catalyst in the sense of of he had this idea to to get dap back to, together and then bring you along and then me you know you being the the established guy you know the and then me being the no name um but but what you know the thing about you i remember before i knew you personally was that there was something about ac that was so different to me than the other podcasts and, and no disrespect because we've said many times if, if cgs didn't happen none of them probably oh, yeah. happened. Sure. but you know with cgs it was still always a colloquial show like they got big guests and they were professional mm-hmm. in the sense that they even did it every day for a while but but I mean, like you guys, because you did it from a shop in in a major city where there were a ton of creators, you know, that always felt different to me because um, it really did feel like you guys were part of the community in a way that a lot of the other shows never were, um, you know, because you just you lived it like you were hanging out at the shop and creators were hanging out at the shop. And then those creators ended up being, you know, things. And I think if, if you get to the core of of of, of 11 o'clock. And what it was when it was the four of us and then what I think it stayed with the three of us is that, um, you know, we've always tried to maintain that, uh, that dare I say, romantic idea of it being a bunch of comic nerds hanging out together, talking mm-hmm. about comic nerdy stuff like we used to do at the shop back in the day. Sure. And, you know, we and, had- and, and that's what we did. I mean, we were comic nerds at a comic shop with comic creators which was was different and i think with with eoc it was it was those four comic book friends that were sitting around a table having a beer having a candid conversation and which is brilliant and that's why it works and that's why people loved it and unfortunately what i what i see over the last few years is that candid conversations are so scrutinized and and you know you guys have felt it that um that it's it's hard to have a a candid conversation anymore and i'm and and some of that goes to political correctness and um and and I, you guys know me. I'm the biggest blue blooded liberal in, in the world. But it's whenever you throw something out into the world and you're you're stating your opinions, it's so easy to 
you know, step in a pile of shit that someone is going to be offended by. And that, that, that's part of the reason that I was, I was kind of fed up, you know, and, and kudos to you guys for continuing to do it and, and navigate that, but it, it can't be easy. No, I think one big element in navigating that is removing concern. Like, mm-hmm. I, I I think it's pretty safe to say, I mean, at least for myself, but I'm thinking Jason and David feel the same way. We don't care. We oh, don't, yeah. I mean, we, da- we, I mean, David's my favorite, too. Yeah. <laughs> you, and how many do you know out in, yeah. <laughs> in these days, anyway? At least four. At least four. You really... Wait, no, 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 <laughs> speaking of that, and this is a great... So, so I, I that that joke is a, is a perfect segue. Um, the, the bullpen bulletins... Um, uh, RSS feed was and and and, uh, and and podcast feed Libsyn feed was dead for many months, mm-hmm. and then on May second, two thousand eight, uh, one small thing popped up on that feed to those 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 loyal people who never unsubscribed, and it said, "Get ready for something a little old and a little new. It's the best of both worlds, and then some." <laughs> and that was Vince introducing the world to EOC. Nice. That was that was your that was your lead in Vince. I don't know if you remember that. I do not remember that. Yep. And then and then the and then speaking of the the joke about David being your favorite Jew and, and how things have keeping it real. The episode episode one recap: Vince B, Chris Neesman, and David Price talk about Secret Invasion, Wolverine, oh God. Wolverine, Fear Agent, White Picket Fences, whatever happened. Ah, never, never finished. That was a good uh, book. Queen and Country, shocking. Mm-hmm. Barry Allen. Jeff Johns, Final Crisis, Witchblade, Mike Norton, <laughs> DC, DC Universe Number Zero, John Byrne, Pat Loika, Scrolls, Jesus, Jewish people, and a whole lot more. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. There you go. Yeah. Kill him, David. But you, you re- David was, was David was Chris shocked when he first met you and you didn't have horns on your head? Was he surprised? <laughs> he was also looking for the Yarmulke. The, the, uh, uh, it, David was it, one of the first guests on AC. It was and it was about conventions and it uh-huh. was uh, and that's what led Chris to invite me out to Chicago for Wizard World. And Renee was like, "But you you've never met these people." I'm like, "No, but I, I know them online and and we talk." And she goes. Yeah. Yeah, is that I don't you're gonna be in Chicago <laughs> though? Are you sh- and I'm like, so we'll see what happens. But uh-huh. uh, which That's and of good. course, That's she good. she calls me because one of the cats got behind the the breaker downstairs and like because I can fix it fucking hundreds of miles away in Chicago over the phone. But mm-hmm. um, that weekend, Vince came and that was yeah. As Vince stated earlier, that was you know we were sitting at the um. At the Hyatt, next to the elevators, across from uh, Cullen Bunn, Chris Sandy, Mike Oliveri, and and, um, and and that was that was the old Hyatt. Where that was the old Hyatt. The, what's the name of that fucking bar? Um, not not Ruggles um, or something. Knuckles. knuckles, Knuckles. Yeah, it was Knuckles. Yeah, wow. the old Knuckles. Jesus. That's uh, yeah. Back no, that was that was the time man that was that was good convention because you could walk up and talk to anybody i remember that convention because uh um sal goes there and he's there on like a friday night and uh my old partner from ac and he's sitting at the bar 
and uh, starts talking to a guy. It's some English guy, and it's, and it's Paul Jenkins. And uh, and so they're talking for like an hour, and they don't even talk about comics. And uh, and and he ends up uh, uh, Jenkins is like, okay, well, let's go on, you know, you know, over they're buddies at this point, and it's like, oh, let's go over here, and that's when Sal met. You know, like Brubaker and Bendis and Omin and and uh, that whole Marvel crew of 2006, 2007. And he calls me that night and he's like, dude, I'm getting completely wasted with Ed Brubaker. And I was just like, oh, I'll be there tomorrow. And, uh, and that that had to be that show. That was it was it was insane. But that's I think, you know, a 10 years ago when there was an accessibility that probably isn't there today. And that's, you know, it's okay. It's nostalgic, but you know, just, it's different now. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, there are, um, I mean, there's some, sometimes things do happen, um, for strange reasons. I mean, that, that's, we've, we've had some fun times at, at New York Comic Con, and and I think because we've become friends with creators, that opportunities have have come up where, um, you know, we'd be able to. Ha- but I mean, just you know, going up the, ha- the bathroom the ha- and the happens the happenstance yeah. isn't as as talking to someone at a urinal isn't going yeah. to slow over quite as well these days. Don't but. talk about at urinals, David. <laughs> so the um, and then that's yeah, and and. Vince had the um, idea to have. To, he, he, I remember the the message he sent me because he goes, "Listen, I, 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 I want to do a podcast again, and <laughs> and we're going to get Chris because he was on the last episode of Bullpen Bulletins because this way it'll be it'll All be right, that, that'll be the connect- yeah continuity exactly so wasted. Dude, is uh, that what I fall asleep on? No, 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 no. No, that oh, was it. By the way, Wood, fuck you, because everyone everyone talks about me falling asleep on the podcast. No oh, yeah. one ever talks about the one where you took that gigantic fucking leak. For oh, like, of course they do. Oh, oh that's it up. That's, that's, many, times, that's many people's favorite moment. People say when I took a big pee. I'm oh yeah. Peeing. Oh, I'm peeing, brothers. Oh, that was. You know, it's funny. So, so I think one thing um, we've gotten some crap in recent years, uh, especially Vince and I mainly about. Uh, the many episodes where we're drinking things like water or seltzer or Pepe Mac instead of liquor, and we were uh, we were certainly more hardcore in the beginning episodes. <laughs> I listened to a few of the original episodes um, in just doing some little little episode five hundred research and uh, hitting the wayback machine, and uh, we got lit on some of those early. <laughs> like, oh my we, god, we, we got tore up. <laughs> so Chris hated his day job, and he was going to fucking drink on Wednesday nights. <laughs> we got we definitely got drunk. Um, yeah, and then uh, yeah. So the drink sure. roll call was not a goddamn mistake, people. It was not. That is <laughs> no, true. and I, I think the drink roll call was Chris's idea. It was. It was. Oh, absolutely. It absolutely yeah. was. Yeah. So I'm doing. If I'm doing this, we're drinking. Which yeah. yeah well, Chris was also writing that column for our fanboy where he was trying to pair a book and yeah, a drink every, every week. Yeah. Yeah. Comic yeah, shots. Yeah. That was some good. I went back and read some of those. I'm. I'm not a. I'm not a good writer. <laughs> 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 the other thing I'll say about you is is, you is when I think back of, of of you on the show, you know, every now and then you would get super passionate about a book and it would come up quite frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, but but 
I mean, when I think of the stuff that you were so passionate about, it was really you know, good. No, it really was. But I think about <laughs> it in the sense. No, no. I mean, so like when I think of three things, I think of, of fear agent, lock uh-huh. and key and hundred bullets. And, and oh, yeah. to this day, those are three of my favorite comics ever. And I just, you, I just you, reread you uh, hundred bullets. Yeah. I just reread a yeah. uh, hundred bullets. I was out in Denver, dude. It's, it, I was thinking about you because I know that I know that you want to live out there someday. Um, and so I was out in Denver for five days last week on a photo shoot. And, uh, and so I was reading hundred bullets, uh, between, uh, between shoots and, and that kind of stuff. And that, yeah. first of all, that book is still probably the best book of the oh, it's 2000s. Amazing. It's, it, it's, it's so that, that Azarello Rizzo team, those guys are, are just, they're made for each other. That book is is it's perfect. It's a perfect book. And the way next, thing I, oh, go ahead, mm-hmm. come, sir. No, 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 no. I was no. going to say next week we uh, we are going in depth in the uh, on the first volume of Lock and Key because our patrons picked it as their book of the month, so oh. we're revisiting it. It's a good one. Uh, uh, look up my comic shots article. I did a Blood <laughs> Mary uh, Lock and Key um, uh, article. Which I read and is one of my less terrible ones. <laughs> uh, yeah, but but Denver, um, that's a that's a weird fucking place, dude. It's it was like seventy seven, and I was walking around in shorts and t shirts, and then like the next morning, it snowed like six fucking inches. <laughs> a place is fucking weird. Right. It's yeah. It's yeah. Don't move there. It's frightening. <laughs> Duly noted. Yeah. So it's pretty. It's pretty. It's fucking dangerous, but it's pretty. How so dangerous? Vince. Yes, sir. Uh, no, go ahead. <laughs> no, I just said how dangerous is Denver? I went oh. to the Great American Beer Festival, and there were thirty six hundred brewers there. So it's that. It's that dangerous. Wow. Yeah, mm. it was yummy. Another thing I remember about Chris is that's good nun suck. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's remember? a Rick Remender quote. Yeah, I know. Is that so zombies. <laughs> So episode three, <laughs> right, May 15th, which uh, Vince is important for what reason? I don't know. I think I know. What? Are you serious? I I, I believe that's Jason's first appearance. Exactly. Thank you. Oh, Jesus. I, I knew it had something to do with him. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Vince, again, these are, your, these are your words. These are your words. The, the gang's all here. Our long lost fourth member, Jason Wood, finally drags his ass into the studio to talk about <laughs> to talk about crawl space triple X zombies, oh, Vertigo, Invincible Iron Man number one, David Lapham and Young Liars. That's not bad. That's not bad. That's Batman R. I. P. I'm with Chris, yeah. it's not bad. The Walking Dead, Kieran Dwyer, Jeff Parker and X Men First Class, Creepy and Eerie. That's yeah. Nice. Olivia Dabo, well, that's Randy. Mm. Wolverine for the third week in a row. We must have been all about Wolverine back then. And the amazing Immortal Man <laughs> and other tales. Nice. Iron Fist, Matt Fraction, Mighty Avengers number thirteen, mm. publishing trends and much more. Plus, oh wait, duh, oh my god, oh there's not getting right. Plus Mario Muscar and backwards Dave call the eleven o'clock comics hotline. Nice. <laughs> I think the hotline was a crucial part of the early uh, EOC. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Because that, that – I would listen back to every show. Here this is Mario. Calls. 
I'm calling from Wheeling, and I think that you guys are awesome. Wheeling Red uh, Man is Chris, cutting his grass Chris again. Is, Chris is really <laughs> sexy, and uh, I'm gonna go get some uh, bone marrow and uh, and a beer. Dude, dude come on! Yeah. as well. <laughs> My God. But, but no, yeah, it, he used to do uh, Marvel noise. He would do Marvel, the, yeah, the, yeah. the if you would like re, recreate a character or like reboot a character, bring him yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, the, the the calls kind of fostered that that community even before it's the website exactly ever did. Yeah. Well, it was more like the whack pack, like the like, the, like <laughs> whack pack. But it's a recipe for success, dude. It worked for Howard Stern. Sense. Mike Sims would replicate Chris's duck. Yeah. yeah. And I, and. and Back then, because it was, you know, Skype and headsets, and now it's Skype and actually freestanding mics for some of us, but it, it's... Uh, yeah, for a, the uh, ones uh, who care. Yeah, <laughs> I'm on the Yeti. There you go. We, were, we weren't saying uh, you, buddy. Am I dulcet? Am I dulcet? You are. Um, <laughs> and I remember... I just texted Mario and told him I totally fucking threw him under the bus. Mm-hmm. Oh, you spoiled it. We weren't letting <laughs> anybody know who... Uh, you didn't know you were coming on. Oh, <laughs> really sorry. I'll tell you to be quiet then. Text him and say, no, I, I, I'm not on. I'm really not. <laughs> I'm really not on. Um, and then, of course, Vince with the um, with, with, with the feedback and, and Chris would be giddy because he'd sound like Davros. I forgot you. Exterminate. <laughs> now, Chris, let's let's see how good your memory is. Oh God! Terrible. In the four years that you participated in the in the eleven o'clockers, mm-hmm. you you voted for four different favorite comics. Oh God! Can you name any of them? Uh, blocking, nope. uh, fear agent, uh, nope. queen and country. Nope. <laughs> Keep going. Watchmen, one hundred bullets. Uh, no, hundred bullets would have been done. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Um. Hold on, hold on. Let me think. Let me think. Uh, <laughs> so far, Neonomicon. I don't know. No, All right, probably so, wouldn't have been that. No, uh, Green Lantern. What? Oh God, what was I thinking? It oh, was, that really, was during the was, John stuff. That was dope. Yeah, it was, <laughs> good. It was good. It was good. Uh, Twenty-eight days later. Oh, I really like that. I actually found that in a long box today. Um, that Back was Javi's first work. That was Declan. Declan yeah. was fucking nailing it there. That was that was good shit. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, nineteen eighty nine. Of course, yes, obviously. And, and then and then you finally got one right with Scalped. Ah, <laughs> wait a minute. What about League? Uh, I'm kidding, dude. I'm kidding. I love League. Um, I'm actually um, once I was done with Hundred Bullets, I'm I'm rereading Scalped now. I got all the deluxe editions, and so that's my so I have so, of the so, TV show. So for the first time in my life, I don't care about the TV show. Um, for the first time in my life, we have a house now. Um, or the first time in my adult life, we had a house growing up. So first time in my adult life, I have a house, which means I have comics in like every goddamn room. And so I've got my, I've got my living room comics and my office comics and my bedroom comics. And so, and so my, my living room comic, is um is American Barbarian right now. I'm nice. rereading that. And then my office comics, which is where I've got my my music and and stereo and Alexa. Shut up, Alexa. Um and all that stuff. That's where I'm reading uh Hip Hop Family Tree now. So 
because I can listen to the to the Spotify playlist on that. But in the bedroom, that's where I'm uh, reading Scalped. So those are kind of like the three comics I have going right now. Love it. Mm-hmm. All amazing. They're all great. Yeah, and all different. All Absolutely. new, that's all different. Great. Yep. Because comics are awesome. They are. Mm-hmm. Awesome are enough. Reading? Uh, awesome enough to bring us together. Did you say what are we reading? Yeah, we're reading. Let's well, why why don't we Ooh. save that question for the in your travels? Because you're going to yeah. participate in that. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It's like, make, what what came out yesterday? Just make something up. Ah, uh, reading Watchmen. <laughs> I heard it's good. You might enjoy this. Mm-hmm. It 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 comes up on editors list all the time. So, um, so let's talk. Let's let's talk about TVs and movies and, okay. and all that stuff. I was talking to my wife tonight, and she was talking about Fifty Shades of Grey and how she watched that while I was gone. And I was like, "That's fucking terrible." And she's like, "You watch terrible stuff all the time." And I was like, "You know what? You're right. I watch DC Legends of Tomorrow, and I enjoy oh, it." Oh no! Wow. Are you serious? Yikes, dude! That's terrible, but I enjoy it. And oh, that's all that matters, TV right? I watched The Defenders, and it was terrible, but I still enjoy that kind of stuff. And sure. so there's – is there any – so here's the thing. With all of the comic stuff, and this is a signal static thing, with all of the comic book sourced materials that are out there now mm-hmm. in movies and TV, and I'm sure you guys talk about this all the time, but has the bar been lowered that there's just an acceptance of – B level material because I I enjoy DC Legends of Tomorrow, but it's fucking terrible. Um, mm, has there been an acceptance? I don't know. I mean, I, an, accept, I, an acceptance of mediocrity because let's let's admit it. Walking Dead stopped being good after like season two. No, I don't agree. No, it, 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 no, it had agree. it hit a low point, yeah. but it's it's bounced back now that yeah, showed that. up yeah. and and it's it found its groove again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Preacher, I hear, had a soft bounce after after season one, and I need to get back there, um, and 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 check it out. But I think there's, I still think that there is this feeling that comics are a lowbrow medium, which I embrace, and that's fine. I embrace the lowbrowness of it. That if it is a comic inspired, um. Um, entertainment, then there is a little leeway in how good it can be. Is I mean, do you guys feel that it's it's you know it's like you know yeah, preacher preacher was not very good, and, but it's okay because it's a it's a comic. Do you guys feel that? Hmm. I, I, it's hard to, it's hard to speak to this as a comic book fan versus what is required of a show to be popular, which requires a lot of non comic book fans to be into it. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, there's been no more commercially successful TV show of any kind than The Walking Dead in, in the last few years, um, and and I mean, I mean, literally, literally tens of tens of millions of non-comic fans love that show and think it's, it's their favorite show. Um, whereas, like you know, the the Supergirl, Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, none of them get particularly good ratings, but mm-hmm. they're done with a low enough budget that they stay on the air. Collectively, um, I think they've given CW an identity yeah. that 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 you know for you know good, bad, or indifferent. I, I think that they that they've thrown their lot 
and and they're like we're going to be a superhero network and you know they they you know put a lot of time and effort into it and i i enjoy that stuff and i think supergirl's fine you know i i i think flash is certainly entertaining arrow you know it's all splurge and and binge on it so i think that stuff is fine you know you see the 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 wider reach in, in, into stuff as we see different shows uh fox and have you checked out the gifted have you yeah watched? absolutely yes. yeah, yeah yeah i'm enjoying the gifted quite yeah, a bit I, I, yeah i i liked it uh, marty even was just like okay this is okay and i'm but just like, like that, now that's a show again funny. in terms of quality like, i mean ruined this for me um, i mean brian singer directed that that first episode so i mean yeah. like there's a case where you know big budget big director um well it depends uh, on if you like brian singer or not no, well, again, I'm, I'm talking about, but he's a big director, though. I mean, he, you know, they paid him quite a lot of money to to, to do it. Um, or, you know, I, I Dap, you could speak to it. I mean, I have I've only watched the first few episodes of American Gods so far, but um, but I think that was well received, you know, and that's that's got a much different audience, I think, than the people that are tuning into Gotham every week, for example. Um, I mean, I think the coolest thing about comics now is that they're so ubiquitous that there's shows of all types for so many different fans. I mean, I, I would imagine that most, a lot of people that are watching arrow aren't watching American gods, aren't watching preacher who aren't watching walking dead. Right. I mean, it's like, depends on what you're into, you know, you know, horror and, uh, you oh, know, so. yeah, it, when Riverdale came out, I was just like, well, this is, you know, brew Baker's story light, you know, it's, uh, uh, what was the, what was the, the criminal storyline with the Archie characters? It was, uh, uh oh, right, some, right. some of the innocence. Uh, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, which was yeah which was awesome and i was like okay well this is the white version of, of right the, right you know it's i would still love to see 100 bullets as as a showtime or um or an hbo show and, you know I, I don't know if it'll ever happen but you know that that's the kind of stuff that i want to see developed and scout so what's happening with scalped and I, I i'm out of the loop is it is it being developed yeah yeah it's um the it comes out on uh, wgn america oh. um, i think um it's like a fall i i don't know if there's a da- yeah there's a date set i don't know but it is coming soon in america interesting Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they do some okay stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so but I'm stoked for that because nice, you know, it better uh, be good. This oh, is a so subject where comes. where I back out, where you lose me. Why? Because I I don't care about comic book adaptations or series or like I still haven't seen Spider Man Homecoming because. For lack of desire, I just don't want to mm. see it. I don't care. It's all right. No, I. You, well, yeah. I, I, whatever the I, case, I, 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 I'm not. I'm not. I'm not like Dap. You know, I, I don't watch like all of them. Yeah, he does. Admit it. He does <laughs> watch, watch all of them. All of them. Admit it. Almost all of them. I see, I, I see your post. Well, Dap doesn't watch uh, Gotham. No, we're, we're we we watch that together. You do watch Gotham? Yeah. Oh shit. Uh-huh. We, have, we, have, we haven't we haven't started this season yet, but yeah, we do. Um, you, do you to watch Legends of Tomorrow or just tap out of that? I I record it and then I, I fast forward through it so this way <laughs> it, it's just not in the background. Just so I can see the <laughs> Easter eggs. Because the Easter eggs are awesome because you have Buana Beast, you have I mean they, they, they do some nods every so often. Um someone actually likened it to um the Bwahaha Justice League type humor. And to a degree it is, but not except for like Victor Gabor and I'm sorry, Victor Garber and um 
that's pretty much it. He's the only reason I would even bother. What about iZombie? Uh, that's not back here for this season. Yeah. But you do watch that. The fact that you I, know that is very troubling. Well, no, because it's because CW has Supergirl on Monday, um, The Flash on Tuesday, which is followed by Legends of Tomorrow, and then Arrow on, on Wednesday, wow. uh, Thursday now. I so just, I, zombie I just hope Aldred got a big bank for that. Let's hope. I do too. Uh, um, you guys, uh, did you watch the the tick on uh, on Amazon? Amazon? Not yet. No, no, it's not much no. I I kind of like the the '90s version. Was it '90s early 2000s? Oh, with Patrick uh, Warburton. Yeah, with Putty. With Putty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Putty. Uh, yeah. It it's, it's not better than Would that. You God bless you. So, yeah, it was uh-huh. yeah, it was putty. It was it was it, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's all right. It's 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 all right. I never watched the uh, the the powers thing on like PlayStation. Yeah, I watched like, that. I nope. watched, like the nope. first episode, and I was like, well, this is this is garbage. Yeah, we got yeah. Runaways coming on Hulu. Oof. Yep. Oh, that's good. Is it going to be like uh, Handmaiden Tale uh, quality, or is it going to be like you know powers quality? No idea. I, I, I don't know. No idea. Cloak and Dagger is going to be on Freeform. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's going right. to be on the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> I don't know. Probably. Yeah, that's a good question. Freeform. Is that fucking ABC Family, right? Yeah, it used to be. Yeah, but yeah. 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 But then they wanted to so put between Harry Potter marathon. Put a put a little, little, yeah, they wanted to put a little sex in it. We got, Pun- got the Punisher Mar- coming. Mar- Mar- Marta watches yeah. that show, Stitchers. Do you watch that pile of shit? No. <laughs> no. I haven't even heard of it. What the hell is that? It's, it's, I'll let my statements. It, it's huh. not good. It's not good. It's it's not as good as DC Legends of Tomorrow. We are. Oh we my are god. Big, we are big. Uh, we are big Riverdale fans in this house. Uh, you know, I I liked what I saw from Riverdale. It was kind of like Twin Peaks meets Dawson's Creek, and I was okay That's with that. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, we uh, yeah, and it is. Uh, it's one of the few shows that that all the family uh, that that uh, the kids and my wife and I all watch because you, you there's like three that. shows that we watch together. We Tops. do. We don't. We we do watch uh, Lucifer. Never seen it. That's, I forgot that even. I forgot that even. No, existed. it's. I I haven't seen any of this season yet, but I'm I'm looking forward to it. It, it's it's castle kind of meets your last dump, um, and that really do, you really do watch all the shows. I didn't realize you weren't kidding. You <laughs> really does watch all the shows. I didn't realize. Bro, I'm on Facebook. Oh oh, I'm on Facebook. He's like a goddamn Nielsen family. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, no, we 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 do we do like uh, Lucifer. It's it's um, Marta is a big police procedural person, and so it's got enough supernatural in it. It's nothing like the comic, but um, Mike Costa writes for it. Yeah. Okay. Which you know, uh, Mike has written one of my f- go back through your eleven o'clock comics oh, catalog, oh, and true. one of those years, my favorite single issue was the uh, GI Joe Cobra. Oh sure. Special. <laughs> which sure. Mike has written one of my favorite comics of all time. There you go. Mm-hmm. And and that is primarily well, aside from my my attachment to to the source material, but as long as I'm aware that the people responsible for telling the stories were actually also responsible for telling the stories in the source material, I, I got to give them the benefit of the doubt. I got to, I got to at least try something because we're going to have people in the Facebook group or 
someone is going to ask us if we've watched this, if we've tried this, if we've seen this. And and I'm not going to I'm I'm so over dismissing something outright just because based on a commercial, I think it's going to look like shit. And for the most part, yes, I can judge things by a commercial and say, okay, I'm going to pass on that. But there are some shows providing they are based or adapted on comic book stories I've 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 read. I'm I'm going to at least try it. And I really don't you know, it, it's funny for Vince to say he's going to tap out when it comes to adaptations because I'm really thinking that the spirit kind of just sapped the life out of him then because <laughs> dude, he's a I'm purist. Saying, he's a purist. He's a purist. He's I like, liked, I'm, I, not, I'm not going to go to the movie of the night. I know. I, I know. I know you love it. No, I'm, I'm on record. I really like the spirit movie. I know. And I, I can't. You really love the spirit movie. I do. I and, do. And, and yes, really, it really. Really it, love it. It's not. It's not Eisner, but it's its own little special beast, and I enjoy the spirit movie. I like it. Okay. You're such a goddamn contrarian. No, right? it's not. <laughs> I I enjoy it, but which I you like you like fucking Sin City two, didn't you? Come on, admit it. I have to admit, I've never seen Sin City two. I've seen part of Sin City. Same. Yeah, it's terrible. Right. Love I've it. never seen it. What I've seen is is pretty bad. But I, um, I don't, as a point... You love Holy Mountain, don't you? Do I what? You love Holy Mountain. I don't even know what that is. What are you talking about? Jodorowsky. Oh. Well. Yeah. <laughs> I, but yeah. as a point, I just don't... I, I don't... Well, I, I don't watch comic book themed shows. The only one I watch is Walking Dead. That's it. Okay. I, I just... I have no desire to watch them. I... Even like the whole Black Panther thing, I didn't even watch the the trailer. I I have to see you're going to see Thor Ragnarok though, because it's like no. fucking Kirby to the and it's it's Planet Hulk. It's Planet he, Hulk. He, he looks Kirby. hella good too. Yeah, yeah. I probably go. You're, 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 out there. you're gonna spark one up and go watch Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> spark and, one up. It's gonna, <laughs> gonna be all good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, but, you found me out, Chris. <laughs> you did. You got under my skin. Oh, man. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Eric Figueroa, and I have a question for you guys. If you guys were to write any comic book right now, which one would it be? Also, my best friend, Chap Yap, was to say hi. Hey, what's up, guys? Big Street. Hi, guys. Thank you, and stay strong, brothers. Vince. Yes, my friend. On March 18, 2010, you know what that was? Oh, I have a terrible memory. What What was it? It was episode 100. Oh, look wow. at that. The chat room was ablaze with activity as forum <laughs> members help us celebrate 100 episodes of Insanity, flinging questions at us while we talk about Siege number three. Oof. <laughs> Powers number three. Curses versus prayers. What? Deadwood, Ooh. Northwest Passage from Oni. Oh, I was looking at that today. That's good. Tom Fowler. Yep. Mysterious the Unfathomable. Okay. Mm-hmm. Survivors. Dick Tracy. That would the long the long box beta. Oh wow! Oh. <laughs> go back. Go back. Oh, that stood the test of time. Oh, what? Go back to the part where, you know, let's go back to the segment, things that stood the test of time and things that haven't. Hey, Lockbox oh, was going to be the shit. 
Incredible Hulk number 208 and Hulk number 21. That's probably me. Jeff Loeb. Probably. probably. Marvel versus DC continuity. Our second favorite writers. <laughs> Alan, <laughs> Alan Moore versus Grant Morrison. Alan Moore versus Grant Morrison, because we all agreed that they were one or two. Uh, Christopher Priest. Dap. C2E2. Steve Gerber. Hey, Vince. Stan Lee. Not Vince. It's <laughs> First wave number one. Ooh. Batman. The, the ultimate guide to G.I. Joe. That was me. Yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Ask. New Wave, the underground mini-comics of the 1980s from Fantagraphics. Wow. Hello. <laughs> Our obsession yeah. with collectibles. Yeah. The price of comics. Podcast regrets. <laughs> 100 and... This is one right here. <laughs> 100 and stray bullets. JMS and Babylon 5. Oof. Listener emails wow. and much, much more. Nice. Yeah. I gotta, you know, uh, you things that have stood the test of time. Uh, Babylon Five, eh, not so much. That would count? No, that would not be one of them. It's well, a good, probably a good read. Yeah, it's great. I th- everything up to series f- to uh, season five is really good. Season five's yeah. poop. So, um, uh, uh, Gabe Hardman gave me uh, a piece of insight. So the the. The finale, the final episode, which we can all agree was a fucking masterpiece, was actually filmed at the end of season four. Really? Oh, right, because so... he didn't know if he was going to get renewed for the the next yep. season, right? Yep. So they so they filmed the 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 series finale at the end of season four, and so season five was kind of a kind of a train wreck. But then they tacked that one on at the end, which actually fit and worked fine. But they actually did that at the the end. It, it's the let it be. It, it's the Abbey Road. Right. Right. Mm. I so. think the whole sidecore thing was just boring. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of like the last season of the X Files where they where they flipped up the uh uh the actors and put uh what is it robert patrick and yeah. who was the who was the female was it someone so what what's her fuck yeah it, it wasn't it wasn't julian anderson no. and so it was it was kind of like that where it's like the last season kind of felt like they were going through the motions yeah it's like it was, uh that 70 show once topher grace leaves it's like poop yeah it's like why why right you know, why on why yeah. go on? He's so, the focus. Um, what, what, speaking of uh, comics like that, Jason, um, tell me where I should stop reading fables. Never. Never. Is it still good? Yeah. Okay, yeah I mean, after the, the post-100 uh, little thing where he had to refine himself, it gets amazing until the very end. Yep. It's not It's not a money grab. They didn't want oh, no. Brown no, no. because it was doing okay. No, in fact, Vince, Vince would never talk about fables on the show, and then that last arc we actually talked about because it was... Yeah, no, no, no. I think it. it I think the spinoffs were, were largely not money grabs, but weren't as good. Jack of Fables. I, 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 I like Jack of Fables, but you know, Tony and I were were friendly, so I right. liked seeing Tony's work, and I thought it was it was entertaining, if not deep. If that, yeah. Makes. I mean, the Cinderella stuff was good. Uh, I, love I, I think Fables Cinderella. ended on a great note. Yeah, I thought. Okay. Yeah. So, so Fables. Fables, the core core story is solid from beginning oh, to yeah. end. Yeah, okay. once you get think, past the crossover, 
the, yeah, the, the, cro- the crossover is the, the low. The point. literals thing was not so good, but yeah. other than beyond that, yeah, that's right. Because they, yeah, they they did that, and that was with what Jack and Fables yeah. and. Was there a third title? Did they yeah. have a? Mi- it was a mini series, right? The yeah, they, then, right. Then there was, and then the later on they had a another offshoot called Ferris, which was good as well, but that was had nothing to do with any of that. Okay, so yeah. core, core core book, good. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, yeah. all right. Because I knew it was solid for like a good sixty issues. Yeah. No, way more than that. No, I. I think it's... plus sixty plus issues. Yeah. Okay. Minus the crossover, it's all great. If you I take agree. that 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 that, I think they were they were making a play for a wider acceptance and it just didn't work out. Yeah. But they're trying to ride a wave. Yeah, it was um, getting a lot of pub. It was. Yeah. You want to do your uh, an in the travels with us? Oh, we're done. Well, I'm just thinking we're pushing <laughs> as it is now. We're probably mm-hmm. close to five hours for this I episode. Uh- no one's going to hear this shit. No, oh, they no. will. Believe me, they will. Oh, no. Yeah, and uh, uh, I, I think we should keep it reasonably terse for a five-hour episode. So uh, <laughs> let, let's just uh, – we can ramble on the In Your Travels. Oh, what am I reading? Oh, will you think of that while I'm doing this? It, uh, as usual, this bad boy – has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you can get all your funny books and collectibles at a fraction of the cover price, such as, from DC, it's Lobo by Keith Giffen and Alan Grant, trade paperback volume one for a paltry $12.49. Dynamite is serving up a new series called Barbarella, if you are a fan of the original movie, and who's not? If you're not, stop listening. Um, get this. It's issue number one, written by Mike Carey, art by Kenan Yarar, uh, $1.99. And last but not least, the cartoon that Jason doesn't know about. It's Rocco's Modern Life, number one, <laughs> from Boom. Uh, $3.99 cover price. But you, because you're super smart and go to DCBService.com, are going to get it for $1.99. In your travels. We are going to talk about this probably uh, at length in the future, so I'm not going to get too deep on it, oh. but I implore you to read Maestro's number one from Image, mm-hmm. written and drawn by Steve Scrocci or Scrocci. 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 Uh, color art by Dave Stewart. The art in this first issue is a quantum leap. It is a sea change. It's beautiful. It's extravagant. It's gorgeous. It's excruciatingly detailed. Um, Dap said he saw some Glenn Fabry in it. No, I said <laughs> quietly. That was quite a. Uh, wow. No, I'm sorry. It's the that's the wine. That's the <laughs> wine speaking. Quietly, Frank. Quietly. In it, and I, I agree, it's quietly, but I think there's a little P. Craig Russell in it too. Yeah, I, that's good. It's like, yeah, it's like the bastard love child of P. Craig Russell and and, and yeah, Quigley. all of is, the um, there's a there's an attention uh, to fabric, like kind of some urban stuff. In Who? It's it's who'd you say? It's beautiful though. No, it's uh, gorgeous. Cool. Um, a, a more polished Chris Burnham. Yeah, I I, I co-sign that. Chris yeah, Burnham's gonna. Fucking cut you with a knife. But no, it's, if he listened, it's, right. it's, 
it's a I'm layered like, work. Um, baby. I, um, there, <laughs> you it's, miss me yet? No, I don't. I always miss you. But <laughs> it's a, the, 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 the line is exquisite, but it's, there's moments of very foul stuff. Um, yes. there's brutal graphic, uh, violence. There's yes. also a giant dick. Dude, I was reading the comic on the bus today. Nice. And I get to the page where he does the magic spell, and I was like, "Oh, one." There's an oil man in the in the issue that pays to have his member um, enlarged. Let's just say to nine and a half inches. I mean, if I could pay for that spell, I would. But um, right. So the. I, yeah. I, the universe has done me a very big favor by not giving me a big dick because mm-hmm. I either would be dead or in prison. That's true. <laughs> uh, I'm a little, you know, it's it, so we, we, we get to see homeboys magic member, but they're at a strip club and we see nary a nipple. I was, I was a little disappointed, but that's brilliant. No, right. no. What's more shocking in a comic than a giant erect penis. Oh, that's fine. I, I think no that I think they were going for shock value, and it works. It is um, October. It is October. Okay, but <laughs> no. Um, I, I well, pull, Stern fans out there. as as soon as I read this issue, I had to go on the Facebook and say, "Just take my word for it. Run out and buy this." I think this. I don't give a crap about the next big thing, but artistically, this is. A masterpiece from Image. And, and yeah, you I, weren't wrong. You weren't wrong. Yeah, I, I think you should get in on this on the ground floor. Buy it in single issues. It is absolutely gorgeous. Maestro's number one from Ski, uh, Steve Scro C and mm-hmm. uh, Dave Stewart. Go get it. Do it. Yeah. Dap, before you do your inner travels. Yeah. On February 16th, 2012, do you know what that was? Wow. February 16th. It, was, it wasn't our Valentine's Day episode. <laughs> did, uh, did someone just fart? Somebody just what? farted? I, I think I heard of Chris, did you I fart? Did oh, yeah. Dappy, it was episode 200. Oh, snap. 200 down and a lot more to come. Oh, this shit. week, we cram a whole lot into our bicentennial episode, including Criminal, Last of the Innocent, and Fatal. By Amber Breaker and Phillips. Great stuff. Dennis Hopeless and Kevin Mellon's Love Struck. Nice. American Barbarian by Tom Scholey. Yes. The Gary Friedrich Marvel Fallout. Ooh. Mm. Dap just talked earlier. about that. Yeah. I know. The Mask from John Arcudi and Doug Monkey. That had to be yes. Dap. Had to be. The John Severin. Me. Skinner, Every Man is My Enemy from Ginkgo Press. Hello. <laughs> Critical Hit. That's me too. Zero friends. Uh, I think that would be me. Jonathan Ross and Tommy Lee Edwards turf from Image. That was, that was all me. of us. No, I think that, that was, was, that was you. you had five. That was me. Smoke signal number one, which was Ben Mara, Michael DeForge, Bill Griffiths, Harvey Picar, Tony Millionaire, <laughs> Charles Burns, Sam Henderson, and more. I was a vocal motherfucker on that <laughs> episode. <laughs> Sleeper. Was it a solo episode? I know. Sleeper. It was Chris and Vince, clearly. Sleeper. Venom. Venom Circle of Four. That's where Dad finally spoke up. Peter Pounds or Faust. 
from yeah, Curtis Beebe and Tyler. That was me. And, and a whole mess more. So Dap and I talked at the very end. Yeah. And before you give your inner travels on, because this is easy, January 23rd, 2014 was episode 300. And the recap, the listeners have spoken. It's the 11 o'clockers. So short and sweet. That was, yeah, that was... Um... I'm always torn because I don't want to get too descriptive in the show notes and spoil it. But yeah, on the Oscars, every time you just say it's the eleven o'clock. Yeah, but but when when people do searches, they're not going to find us if we don't do just descriptive show notes. So I'm. It's true. It's always a a a gamble. It's true. Well, which is why we try to link to the sheet or yeah our 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 results. Right now, I'm wishing one of you writes the show notes for this episode because. I don't know how long it's going to take me to, to edit. Ain't going to so, be me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> how did Ed- Godland finish up? By the way, Ooh, should I buy that third that third volume of God Godland? Yes. Yes. Uh, okay. It's fulfilling. You know what's great about tonight? This is basically mm. the stuff Chris would be asking us had he never left the show like a week later. True. That's true. <laughs> yeah, come on, that's that true. Week. Like, like, Gosh, or so even if he so was rich. on that week, he'd say, "Did someone mention this last week?" <laughs> How was Godland? We're like, oh, we talked about it last week. Oh, cool. Hey, oh, guys, Ghost Riders, really good. <laughs> yes, see, that's what I was waiting for. Night Boom, Boom. Ghost Rider. Get it. All right, Dad. What do you got? Leave on a high note. Um, because we um, we got to talk for a short bit at uh, New York Comic Con with Robbie and Nate. I decided to um, finally finish Spidey, uh, which was the series. Written by Robbie Thompson, uh, originally illustrated by Nick Bradshaw, and it ended with Nate Stockman on art. And uh, the last, the last few issues, uh, or, or Nate's arc was uh, basically Spidey going up against different members, and then finally all of the Sinister Six. Uh, there is a, um, and if you want to see any of the pages just go to episode 499's show notes because i believe vince added them to last week's episode and they um there's there was a there was a team up with captain america which was great uh but overall it was a very fun it it wasn't the it wasn't untold tales of spider-man it wasn't marvel adventures spider-man it it was a very easy read comfortable telling of peter parker in high school with uh with his crush gwen stacy and who uh she has feelings for peter she uh they, they go to the school dance together it's there are some really really good moments uh throughout throughout the 12 issues of this entire run uh, i I thought it was a blast. It's a really cool scene where um, where Captain America confronts J. Jonah Jameson because even after Spidey and Cap thwart um, AIM and MODOK, uh, JJJ still goes and smears Spider-Man in the newspaper and, and, and Cap ain't having it. So he, he goes to the bugle, uh, confronts Jonah and... Um, there's a great, great panel where Cap mentions that he he knows he knows what a menace is. He's he's faced them in the past, and and in that panel, there's a nice close up of the word menace and just Jonah's mustache. 
and and the, the end of the issue, um, Jonah is actually clean shaven, but he has to also retract it, make a new headline, praising Spider Man. Um, it was it 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 was a lot of fun. It was self contained, and, and and the last page is a um, is is somewhat of of a transformation for for the title character. Uh, so it, it ends kind of where it, where it should end. It was, um, it was a lot of fun. I think everybody involved in making the series, um, had a good time doing it and, and got to tell and draw some, uh, some pretty funky Spidey scenes. And, and there is, there's rereading the issue where, um, I saw that page that, that I sadly didn't get to leave New York with from Nate's table. Um, in context with the rest of the story, uh, it was a nice touch, but even without word balloons, it, it's still pretty much self-contained on page and, and, uh, I, I still want it. So hopefully eventually, but no, in your travels, read Spidey by Robbie Thompson and company. Nice. So I tell you, strike when the iron's hot, buddy. Hey, Vince. <laughs> yes, Vince. my friend. Do you know what happened on December 24th, 2015? I'm Christmas. guessing it's episode 400. You are correct, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember what we talked about? Hell no. I'm going to tell you. Dark Knight 3, The Master Race number 2. Yes! By Frank Miller, Brian Azzarello, Andy Kubert, Klaus Jansen, Brad Henderson, Eduardo Risso, and Trish Mulvihill. Boy, you can tell Vince writes up the synopsis. Masterpiece. <laughs> Two Brothers by Fabio Moon and Gabriel Ba. That would be you. Nice. Ed Pisker. Me. Oh, maybe. <laughs> Fantagraphics. Me. Secret Wars. Not me. Marvel Orama, including Squadron Supreme number one. No. Uncanny Avengers, Deadpool, and Guardians of Infinity numbers one. Wow. Inhumans number two. Yeah. Venom Space Knight. Patsy Walker, a.k.a. Hellcat. Weird, weird World number one, okay. Sam Wilson, Captain America, and more. <laughs> Three from Josh Bayer. Yay! World's greatest, <laughs> the world's greatest living cartoonist, bloggers number one. That's true. Transformer 2 Death Trip and The Greater Good with Pat Alicio. Yep. Ivar the Time Walker and Imperium from Valiant. Oh boy. Deep Dark Fears by Fran Crosse. Uh, by Penguin Random House, that was me. Snowblind by Ollie Masters and Tyler Jenkins from Boom. That was you. No, that was that was Dap. Oh, that was Dap. Uh, Get Hero Blood and Sushi that. by Anthony Bourdain, Joel Rose, Ali Garza, and Jose Villarubia. That was Hero. Me. Uh, Hero, thank you. Star Wars The Force Awakens and a whole mess more. I must have been so, quiet for a good portion of that episode. because you were busy wrapping presents. It was Christmas Eve. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I was eating sushi, reading... You're <laughs> also, um, I, I was thinking about, uh, and this is going to segue into our other sponsors, uh, ways we've communicated with our audience over the years. Yeah. Obviously smoke, the show. Smoke, smoke signals. Smoke signals, semaphore. But we have the show, obviously. Um, the forums, mm-hmm. which, were, right, which were which were rocking for a long time. Yep. They, sure. were, they were a blast for a long time. Twitter. Close Facebook. Us, yeah. Facebook. Yeah. I used to write, uh, I used to write letters. You used to write letters. Slack. Slack. Yes. New, new and, yes. and for a select few, but the website. Yep. And last but certainly not least, in our newest form, uh, Patreon. Yeah. And uh, so, of course, the show is also uh, 
uh, brought to us by the amazing patrons. And I have to say that's, that's a, a new thing for this year. And, um, as we've said multiple times, we've been humbled by the, uh, reception and hopefully we're doing everything we can to make it worth y'all's while. Uh, I think we're trying hard. In fact, I think per Dap, who is the, uh, he's the uh, drill instructor around here. We've got another four episodes coming your way, believe it or not, <laughs> over the course of this month. So, um, so there'll be plenty more if this five hours wasn't enough. But uh, in all seriousness, thank you all so much, and uh, it's it's been great for us. So hopefully, it's been great for you. Ooh, can I be a bonus level? You sure can. <laughs> yeah, sure can. we're still waiting. Your uh, your 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 patronage hasn't cleared though yet. Yeah, we haven't seen, haven't seen we, your name pop up yet. I think we'd have to draw up a contract for that to happen. No <laughs> 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 oh, shit, motherfuckers! I I, I text David. I actually, I texted all you guys. It's like, hey, I I know the 500th episode's coming up. You know, I'm happy to 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 come on and, and chat with you guys if you'll have me. They're like, well, it's really just for Patreon members. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. That's funny. Oh, you're so cute. Oh shit. Um, and- <laughs> G'day, fellas. Congrats on reaching 500 episodes. It's rolling from down under. And in your travels, I will mention two Marvel books, um, mm. with, and I'm they're essentially re, not reboots, but they're new status quos, tying in with the new numbering. Uh, one is a thumbs down, one is a thumbs up. Ooh. The thumbs down is Despicable Deadpool number two eighty seven, uh, written by the continuing writer Mr. Jerry Duggan, uh, with art by Scott Koblish. Uh, just didn't do anything for me. Um, I, I think Mr. Kowish's art for me leaves a little something to be desired. Looked very rushed. Um, and essentially, I guess the new status quo is that Deadpool's back being a, an evil, unrepentant killer and bastard. Um, how's which, Jerry's writing on it? Jerry's run at, at the start with, with the presidents and stuff was awesome. I, I don't, I, I don't know why the switch up here, if it's, if there's a point to it, but it does seem to be a big change. And in I essence, just, I was just, I was just rereading infinite horizon, which was so good. And Jerry, I mean, Jerry's a good writer. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Um, Vince, this, uh, this story is essentially Deadpool trying to kill cable. Eh. It never happened. Uh, well, I won't yeah. tell you if it does happen yeah. or not, but, uh, but, but thumbs down for me. I will not be continuing with it. But, um, but the other, new status quo which i read and enjoyed quite a bit and it's probably going to be controversial with my booze uh the amazing spider-man number 789 i read that excellent written by dan slot with art which this goes a long way for it being a thumbs up by art uh stuart imminent and wade von grawbadger mm-hmm. um i have not read amazing in a long time mainly because i generally don't read it without some prompting and usually when you guys are raving about it, I know it's worth picking up. You guys have not been raving about it for a while, so I felt no, no, I didn't find any compulsion. Um, but I did jump in here, and this is definitely a change from, um, I don't know the whys and wherefores of, of, of how this all happened, but apparently um, we're picking up where Peter has blown up, um, figuratively blown up his corporation. He's no longer the CEO of Parker Industries, he has done so in a very shameful way. I guess the company went belly up. Thousands of people are out of work. 
but he's basically back to being a lovable loser. Um, he is crashing on Mockingbird's couch. And again, this is news to me. I don't know how long Mockingbird has been in the book, but, um, since, I would like since the, since after secret wars. Okay. Um, and he's feeling down in the dumps, feeling sorry for himself and basically gets out of the dumps by, uh, Mockingbird saying, you know what, put your suit on, let's go out and, and, and save some people. And they seem to have a love interest. Um, Harry Osborne is, is prominently in the book. He's married, um, I guess recently gotten back together with his wife. He has kids. Um, so again, this is a totally new status quo for me. I don't know how, I don't know how much this new status quo is going to make you guys happy or if it's still because it's still remnants of what didn't make you happy. I'm not sure where you fall on that tap. Maybe you could speak to it. But for me, um, I, I mean, this was definitely a setup issue clearing the decks of all that stuff that you guys seemingly didn't like. And he's back to kind of being, you know, Pete, he had an interaction with, with uh, with the bugle, it seems like they're leading to him going back and working there. Um, so I'm, I'm I thought it was great, and 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 Eminem and, and Raw Badger uh, look great doing it. So um, so I'm I'm in. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep reading it for a bit here. I'm definitely. That's not this just in. Right. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Are you, are, you, are you typing with your, your wrist? He's typing, he's typing with his dick. Yeah, Hold on. <laughs> I'm sending my dad a text about his How do you send a dad a text? Jesus. You have a Yeti. Hit the mute button. No, he's got the giant, he's got the giant <laughs> Toy Story text thing where he's got to jump on the letters. So, Dap, was this no, no bueno for you or are you, are you okay. intrigued? Oh, Spider-Man 789. Um... Yes, you were right. The art is absolutely amazing. Love, love it all. Um, especially, uh, Marta is the, um, is, is the colorist and, and, and that looks fantastic. Um, aside from the issue before this, which was Norman, uh, with the trying to, um, become the Green Goblin again, uh, this was, um, this was the second, Amazing Spider-Man issue I've read recently. So I am, I do not know what Peter did to cause this. I don't know if once we get to issue 800, everything will actually be the way I'm going to say the way it should be, but, but back to the way it was, um, before he became a light version of Tony Stark. Mm -hmm. But, um, the, the Liz Allen, and Harry relationship threw me for a loop because I remember during Superior when Liz was um, trying to, um, she was basically a a hardened businesswoman, um, taking over companies and, and Alchemex, and uh, so I'm not sure how that changed to this to to, to this kind of um, rage humping thing that they're doing. But but yes, I mean they've they've had. You know the kids aren't aren't a new thing, but um, the fact that I guess they're also trying to maybe stay together uh, for the kids might work. the The thing with the bugle was nice. I, I wouldn't mind seeing Peter back at at the bugle working for Robbie. Uh, there's a nice touch with all of Peter's friends and family at a party talking about Peter. One thing that did. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about it. Is yes, I mean the relationship with Bobby and Peter, or with Mockingbird and Spider-Man, that that's all well and good. But Vince, it reminded me slightly of when Black Cat hated Peter mm-hmm. and would only get turned on 
when Spider-Man was around. Yeah. And I'm not sure because, yes, Peter's kind of just mooching and, and living on the couch and, and wearing her T-shirts. So that could be kind of annoying and, and not a turn on at all. So I don't know if Bobby has a thing for Peter, but basically when he went to get him out of his funk, she told him to become Spider-Man. They went out, thwarted some crimes. And when they came back, that's when everybody was turned on. So I just, I, I just got that slight, slight, um, feeling as far as that old relationship. But overall, I thought it was, it was a really, um, it was definitely a step in the right direction for me. And it, I, I, I went through this issue a couple of times and I did not see a green glowing spider chest emblem. So I'm hoping maybe the costume actually mm-hmm. went away. Nice. Um, it looked like his traditional costume. It did, except for the um, the back spider slightly raised, but other than that, it, it it absolutely looked like you know what what you would expect to see Spider Man to look like. But no, every, everything Jason said is um is on point. I, I I dug it. I will at least see where the rest of this particular arc goes and see where slot. Um, I mean, I hadn't heard anything. Maybe eight hundred might be a time to to pass the torch onto a new creative team. I don't know. Um. Uh, but I'll at least see the rest of um, Peter's fall for now. Nice. I've made peace with the fact that I don't have to read Amazing Spider-Man every month. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I, I'm okay with it. I'm done. Mm-hmm. I can go back and read the Jerry Conway stuff if I want to read really good Spider-Man. Oh, Dan Slott did good stuff for a while. Oh, you guys he, fucking loved yeah. Slot for a long time. He did. He did good stuff, but I mean, yeah, he did overstay his welcome. You're right. It. I think it was time to pass the torch and yes, and, about two and, years no, after, ago. After, yeah, after Superior. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, I am genuinely or, interested to see if, if Aaron has a Spider-Man running him. Oh, I think he does. He does. Yeah. Mm. I mean, he's written him in, in, in cameos and other, other books, so yeah. he. Def- I mean, there was that... He wrote the... Um, that astonishing Spider-Man, Spider-Man Wolverine, right? No, so but is. he's such a versatile writer that he can he can successfully script I wanna, anything. I want to I want to see him writing stuff where people are like stabbing people in the neck with a shiv. Man of <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, I want to see Brian Azzarello write Deadpool. No. Why? No. Why? No, yeah. you don't. You don't know what you want. Let me tell you what you want. No. <laughs> why, don't, no. why don't you tell him what's in their what's in your trap? I want Garth Ennis to write Zombie. <laughs> Who is this person speaking? <laughs> you don't remember? It's, no, the person like what is like who's the, the, the comic book fan? This is three bourbons, Chris. <laughs> Two glasses of wine. I like I like three bourbons, Chris. Why don't we should write everything? <laughs> no. All right, go ahead, there, brother. Who, give us in your travels? The... Okay, in your travels. Uh, 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 in my travels. Uh, boy, that's hard. A lot of pressure. Um, so I told you I've been going back reading a lot of old stuff, which was fine. I leave it up to you guys to tell me all the new stuff to to read. Um, and it's, uh, you know, signal, uh, through the static, but you guys, I don't even know if you guys know this story, this, this here show, not that, not that I am responsible for this show cause I'm not, but, uh, but there were certainly some prodding on my end to get Vince and David to record 
bullpen bulletin. So there is some genesis there. Um, Around comics would probably not exist if it wasn't for a loser's poster that I put up in my office at, uh, uh, at the workplace that I met, uh, Brian Salazar at. And that's what, um, kind of prodded him to talk to me about comics. And so we started talking about comics, which kind of led to talking about comic book podcast and then we said hey let's try this out and so without uh without the losers and me hanging a losers poster up at my work then then this you may not be listening to this and so it got me to thinking about um what a what a good series that was in the uh in the mid 2000s and that was that was a time when um, I think we were seeing a, a, a real change in, in comics. We were kind of coming out of the, the, the widescreen that, that Warren Ellis and, and Miller and, and those folks who kind of pioneered, uh, at, at Wildstorm. And you saw Vertigo was really doing some, uh, exciting, fun comics. And you had a lot of new, exciting voices that were coming out of that nineties you know, pit and really, um, uh, establishing themselves as, as a new generation of, of comic book creators. And Andy Diggle and Jock were two of those people. And, and the losers was, was a series that, um, felt like a really good movie. And, um, uh, I think that that was one of those things in the, in the early and mid two thousands that, uh, that comics established themselves as as feeling like contemporary entertainment. I think that a lot of that stuff got twisted as the decade went on, and everyone was trying to get a a movie deal or a TV deal, or they you know they're trying to get options. But uh, you know, the losers right out of the gate felt like something that needed to be on TV or a movie. And as most of that stuff, the movie didn't live up to the source material, but the comic was still really good. So if you want to get some, you know, origins of, of podcasting and, and shit that kind of, uh, um, uh, morphed and evolved and turned into what you're listening to now for better or worse, uh, go read the losers. Nice. Right on. Excellent. So there you have it. There you have it. They have the massive 500th episode celebration. Did you what? Did I offend anyone? Of course, anyone? You, of course you did. That's that's the nice. beauty of Chris Neesman. Nice, nice. Um, in closing, uh, <laughs> I guess this is the part where we all let loose oh, yeah. with yeah, with with what this this show has meant to us. And I'm just going to keep it short and say it uh, began and continues to be the very best part of my life. Um, I have found three people with which I have identified with and I call them brothers because that's what I think they are. They are part of me. They will always be a part of me and I love them all for um, whatever they bring to the table. I just got, this is, this is what I think I was meant to do. And it's amazing how fate has thrown us all together. 
but gosh darn it, I'm I'm glad that it has. It means the world to me, and I and I will continue to do this. I will be the last man standing. <laughs> when all when all is said and done, I'm going to be the one to shut the lights off. I'm yeah, telling you. But will you have, uh, will you have any pants on? We'll Probably not. But that but that's okay. There were solo Avengers. There'll be solo EOC. Mm, I, I, I can't do it without all you guys. You and your goddamn commandy fucking romance. I, it's the best comic ever. I know. It's Gotta close. be the last man. Gotta be the last man. It's close. But um, it, so just, just, just for me, in closing, I, I love my brothers unconditionally. And uh, thank you all for listening to this Dog and Pony show. The EOC boat has now pulled into harbor. We have replenished our stock of whatever it is that keeps us going, and now we're heading back out to sea. So I hope that you will be with us for the next 500. And I'm going to hand it off to my brothers to uh, do what they do. Hey, guys. This is Alexander McKenzie calling in from uh, Arkansas and the Facebooks. Uh, you're coming up on your 500 episode soon. That's amazing. Um, I haven't been with you guys for the whole ride, but I've been with you since well into the 300s. Look, you guys have created a place for us to come and, and listen to amazing commentary on comics and the community. Uh, you've opened up a space for us online to jump in, give our own opinions, and make some really great new friends, meet together at cons. Uh, that's awesome. It really is. You guys have created something incredible. That's really all I've got, man. Uh, in your travels, read some indie comics and look up some unknown artists. It'll do you some good. Appreciate it, guys. Keep it up. Bye. Oh, I mean, it's it's a lot of it echoes what what you just said. There are um, there aren't in this day and age. There aren't a lot of things I look forward to every week. Um, this is definitely a uh, a high point for me. So, uh, I, I do enjoy the get togethers talking to you, but it's also, um, knowing beyond that, it's, it's, it's the, it's the, it's not just the conventions, but it is, it's, it's, it's meeting aside from this and, and there aren't, um, there aren't a lot of people that um, that I take a bullet for, but it's definitely a um, it's it's a list that definitely includes my brothers. So it's um, um I don't know what else I would be doing almost midnight on a Thursday night. So it's it's um, I'm I'm glad I have you guys in my life to keep me on the straight and narrow. Well said, well said. Uh, well, I live in How come I didn't life, get it so, well said? So this is the only thing I'm looking forward to. It's not really <laughs> um, I, love, I love my life. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I do love my life. I'm not kidding. But um, No, in all seriousness, though. Uh, you, uh, I mean, you guys know this, but but uh, when we started the show, it was uh, um, more of a curiosity than anything. Uh, like, I was like, oh, this could be interesting. Um, you know, and fast forward to, to today... Uh, other than my, my wife and, um, you know, perhaps my best buddy, Craig, who I 
went to college with. I mean, there's no one in my life who knows me better than you, you fools. Um, there's no one, there's definitely no one else other than Beth that I talk to every day. Like I talk to y'all. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean the thing and extending it to, to David's point about the community. I mean, um, you know, I find as you get older, especially if you have a profession like mine, you're constantly interacting with new people, um, people that either you in some way are trying to curry favor from or vice versa. Um, and that's just being an adult in human nature and business. But, but w- what comes of it is that you can't, um, I don't want to say you can't be yourself, but you're always trying to be a version of yourself and trying to perhaps suppress another part of yourself to fit the moment. And the thing about when we do this show or when we set foot at a con or when we get together for drinks with our peoples that listen or that we just know through the show. Um, those are the only times in my life uh, that I can just be me uh, and not feel like there, you know, that there's a judgment there. Like if I get shit, it's all well-deserved shit from, and it comes from a place of love, but nobody's, I'm not worried about if I'm saying the right thing, doing the right thing, you know, I can just be me. And, uh, I'm eternally thankful to the whole community that they have supported us and fostered a place where we can just be who we are and not have to fucking worry about what that means. And never, and I'm probably never been more appreciative of it than over this last year. Um, again, not to get political, but you know, our listeners know where we stand. Certainly any of my Facebook friends know where I stand. And, uh, you know, on a personal note, it's been very tough. I mean, laughing aside, it's been tough. I mean, I, you know, I, it's, it's had a material effect on my personal, uh, you know, in person, real, real life friends circle and my wife's friendships with people. And, uh, it's, it's, it's been legitimately harmful, uh, in that regard. It's, it's, it's cost us a lot of social, uh, acceptance and mainly because of my very outspoken views. And, uh, and so I love that, uh, again, this is a place to escape and just not worry about all that crazy shit and just enjoy the parts of life that we do enjoy. And, you are uh, making me tamp so much shit down right now. No, I mean, listen, <laughs> but, no, but I'm saying so. So, uh, you know, I love you guys. You know that. And, uh, yeah, this is uh, this 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 started as a curiosity, but it being a life changing thing. And I, I really can't we joke, but I can't fathom what it would take for me not to show up every week to chat comics with you nut nutballs i can't i can't picture what that would what kind of thing would have to transpire for that to happen so well you are very welcome jason wood yeah i miss you guys <laughs> well hey you? you know you're part of the the inner circle and yeah, and I mean, you, you always will brother, be so I miss, you. I miss you and i well, love you the door is always open you want a guest yeah you sure. are welcome <laughs> like, whenever yeah. Me along every fifty or hundred episodes. Yeah, you yeah. ain't getting in on that Patreon money, but you can guess. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, really? What's the Patreon? Twenty bucks an episode. Nah, nah, son. That's that prenup shit. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting a third. No way. We love you. We we do. By the way, speak, speaking of guests, I will leave you with one more stat. What's this? In 500 plus or minus one or two episodes, because the number's a little more, like 502, but we have had guests on 
Mm-hmm. 87 times. Whoa. That seems kind of low, doesn't it? See, I think it's high. I figured we were about one in every 10, 12 episodes, but we're running 17.4% of our episodes have had a guest. Wow. You run out of shit to talk about, you got to bring people in. It's true. You're right. You're right. So number one on that list would be Scotty. You mean in terms of number of times? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, di- I didn't, yeah. Well, if you need to fucking fill time, there you go. Yeah, he's yep. He <laughs> certainly will fill time for he, you. <laughs> but the thing about Scotty is he Love fills time. He fills time, but he's entirely captivating. Scotty's we, been on nine times. Yes. Oh, okay. Out of five hundred episodes, that's yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Who's nice. number two? Do you have a number two on the list? Um, I can quickly tally it, but it has to. I'm, I'm thinking it has to be either Zach or Sal. Yeah, Sal's been on a lot. Has he really? Yeah. When's he been on recently? Oh, not he hasn't been on he recently. He hasn't been on recently at all, actually. It's been a few years, but yeah, I think when the last you time were on he, the show he was on quite a bit. He popped yeah. up around episode what, like three fifty was the he last time he was fucking on? Fucking bored. It's like I'll talk with you guys. He's been I'm on like, six times. Yeah. Yeah. He was all upset because I was dating somebody else. He wanted to like go to the movies with us. <laughs> <laughs> play play the fifth wheel. Yeah. But you know, the thing I love about Sal is that he's imposing when you in in real life he's an imposing person, but Sal is like a puppy dog. He he, he just sweats love. And he doesn't it seems like he, he's at a crossroads where he doesn't like to show it, but sweats that's something. No, you know what I mean? Like he's he's just a very lovable person, but he has that hard <laughs> exterior that he likes to present to people. But sure. it's all it's all a ruse. He's just he's a very compassionate, loving guy. Yeah. Uh I think Zach has the number two. He's been on seven times. Wow. He's a smart cookie. No that's kidding. Time. No kidding. Yeah. Yep, he, right he was did he meet Ditko? Did that ever happen? He did. Yes. In fact, uh Lucky I, I, I still, Vince, I need to unearth those 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 audio files because we discussed that uh, that evening when when I recorded with with Zach and uh, Alan and and Daniel. So good for him. I'm 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 happy for him because I know that was that was kind of a, a life goal of his was to was to to actually meet Ditko face to face. So that's cool. I'm happy for him. Yeah. Absolutely. All mm-hmm. right. So in closing. We hope you have enjoyed this monster of an episode, Business as Usual, next week. We'll be back to the comic talk. Um, we thank you for bearing, bearing, bearing here. Yeah, we thank you for... I was bearing here. I know. We thank you for being here in uh, I Did the DCBS. Let's bring it on home with the usual. Come back next week because if you don't, you know, David's going to get his panties in a bunch. Oh. He's, he's going to be so walking so. funny and bitching and complaining. Nobody wants that. <laughs> Say goodnight. Good, 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 good night. David. How do we do this? It's in the meantime. You don't listen, <laughs> do you? No, he good night. He's got a life. <laughs> in between time. And a yard. David. Nice, my brother. Well done. Yes, come back next week. We love you so much, and we'll be doing the same old thing we've always done for you. And bonus episodes, two or more extra episodes a month, bitches. Well, let's let's get two out. See you in a thousand. Woohoo!
No, you'll be back before that. <laughs> F that shit. <sighs> not like this. Yeah, remember that? <laughs> no, not like this. <laughs> God damn, Drunk Chris is God. funny, Chris. <laughs> Drunk Chris is the best Chris. Yeah. Uh, fuck Marvel. Fuck him. Fuck Marvel. Fuck ben, no, ben God, is... God, God, yes, yeah. Fuck him with Lucille. <laughs> <laughs> We're out of here. Shake comics. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, let's have Chris have the last word. I think that's appropriate. Not to put you on the spot, Chris, but take us home. Go, go. Go to the gym. Go stop reading comics. No, please. that's terrible. <laughs> oh my that god, is not good at all. I'm editing that right out. Make sure to vote. Fucking idiots. <laughs> oh my god. Right. No, that's <laughs> good. I like that. That's good. Fucking idiots. No, it's not. It's yes, staying. It no, it's not, dude. It's not. Yes, it and no. Yeah.